TheNext.com Show. Brought to you by BTOSports.com. Broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. And now, introducing your hosts, Steve Mathis, the OG K-Dub, Kenny Watson, and the Tweet at Tits Legendary Q&A segment brought to you by BTOSports.com. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, welcome to the Pulpa Mech Show presented by BTOSports.com. After one week off, we are back. Back to talk about Southwick, back to talk about... Uh, everything that went down over there, as well as uh, give you guys some cool prizes and uh, and help some people out. My name's Steve Mathis, as usual. Uh, with me, as my co-host, as my partner, as my friend, Kenny Watson. K-Dub, what's up? One out of three is good. One out of three, Steve. You put the wrong headset on. It's okay. No, no, you're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Can you hear me? Yep. We're good. One out of three. Which one? Co-host. Not your friend and not your partner. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. I'll take the. All right. I'll take, 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 take the can, one. It's, take uh, what you can get from me tonight. It's good to dude, see you, buddy. Because um, tonight's uh, I'm not on a good one, but we're oh, gonna, we're gonna make it. Do we go. need you to pump you some coffee, or what do we need? Because you've been good lately. You need the the Kenny uh, techno song. Do you need a song? I don't think the song's gonna pull me out of this one. Oh, there's only one person in this world that's gonna pull me out of this one. And Ivan Tedesco. No, and she's in San Diego right now. I've had a bad one. Oh. Man, I'll tell you what, that's, that's, yeah. But hey. Town population, you, bro. That sucks. It, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so uh, how's your weekend there, guy? Good, good. Uh, before we get to that, taking before, your calls. Before your weekend? Yeah, taking your calls. Who's that? Running the show, running everything. None other than the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? That is the sound of an ice cold yeah. Red Bull being cracked open. And we got some voicemails about Paul Lindsay and Kenny Watson <laughs> uh, uh, verbal sparring from the last show we were on a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, Kenny, I can't believe Tits. Tits, happy birthday, by the way. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Last Saturday. Last Saturday. Uh, do you want to yeah, tell happy, everybody? Happy birthday, buddy. Do you want to tell everybody what Kenny did for happy you? Happy birthday, bud. I'm glad you enjoyed your birthday present that I gave you. I did. I enjoyed it very much. Do you want to tell everybody what Kenny did for you? I uh, asked Kenny if he could get me some sunglasses. Yeah. And not only did he fall through, he got them the same week. Incredible. It, yeah. When you told me about it, uh-huh. I put the over-under at three weeks, and I took the over. I was going to say Incredible. That, Incredible. Dude, the, the key was it's Tits's birthday. Yeah. And what did, what, did, what did I tell you the last thing when you left? You said happy birthday. Exactly. I didn't yeah. say hey, these are for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't think I knew. But then I said, "Tits, happy birthday, bro! Hope this goes as long far as the the iPad did with you." Uh, Pulled through big time. Let's uh, let's pay some bills here right away off the hey, top. Hey, you know what? Let's just watch the Moto Show. You want to talk about the Moto Show? Let, let's, Dude, let's, the Moto let's talk, Show. Hold on a second. God, BTOSports.com, X Brand goggles, JGRMX, FMF Racing, AGV helmets, Works Connection, Vivint Home Automation, Tech One Designs, Fly Racing. Tech One Designs, as I said, Free Gun is on board with us. Kicker, uh, thank you guys, all you guys, for coming on, and we hope all of you guys can help out the show. Um, 30% off X Brand Goggles, X Code 2010. 20% off um, Works Connection stuff by using Pulp Mech Show as a code. And, uh, and also, too, don't forget the Live Fast Cup, which is coming up. We're going to talk more about that uh, exciting race uh, up in Reno coming on as we, as, as we uh, follow. Um, 
Justin Barsha, Kyle Chisholm, Jimmy Button on the show tonight. We're going to have a, a, a cornucopia of information tonight. I think it's going to be a good one. Don't forget, uh, you can get the show on archives on Stitcher. It'll be up later on, on, uh, on our com as well as iTunes. For all you Apple people, there's not very many of you, I know. Uh, we got free gun underwear to give away. Tits, can you please monitor that? Yes. And we have uh, the 15th caller tonight is going to win a Pulpamex shirt, courtesy of at the Circle Jerkies, who I don't really know what the deal is there with that, but they're at the Circle Jerkies. 15th caller, you win a free Pulpamex shirt, courtesy of them. So they, they're, they're buying it? They, they bought it. They purchased it. I circle jerkies. I don't. There's a bunch of guys in it. It's just a pulp and neck shirt. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought they already had their own shirts and stuff like that. I was, I was one step really, ahead of the dream I was going to be yeah. impressed. Yeah. Um. I guess right off the bat, Southwick came and went. Um. What a race it was. But let's let's get to Kenny's beef this week right off the top because if you do, my you beef, don't get the how Kenny. How do you know I have a beef? The Moto Show. Jim Holly, Lorette Nicole, and Paul Carruthers. It's on the internet show. I don't uh, have a beef with them. Uh, no, no, but okay, not a beef. Uh, what do you want to talk about it? You brought it up, man. Yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really. Uh, I, I'm not a. I mean, I, I like Jim Holly. I like. We all we love I, Jim I don't, Holly. We love I don't, Jim. Holly. I don't know the other guy. What's the guy's name? Paul Carruthers. Paul Carruthers and Corette. I think she's super cool and rad. I've known her forever, and I think she's <laughs> awesome at what she does, but. I'm not, I'm, I, I shouldn't say I'm a fan. I mean, just like some people like white and I like red. I just don't. I'm just not a big fan of the of what they do and how they do it. I, it just seems like there's no energy behind it. It's super boring to me. I right. mean, I think that they might be into it, and I know Jim Hawley has a lot of enthusiasm, and and it just seems like when he talks, it's like peaking, and it's like a dyno going up, and then when they, as soon as the, those other people start talking, it just flattens out. Uh I like it. It's it's put together by the same guy that does the MX Files and, uh, and and Todd Huffman. He does a great job with a lot of a lot of stuff. It seems to me that they tranquilize Jim Hawley before he goes on because that's not the Jim Hawley that I know and I've worked with before. Um, so I don't know. That's all. Um, but hey, whatever. I, I, Kenny, you wanted to bring that up, and then that's what we do here on the show, Pulpamex Show, presented by BTOSports.com. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, Monster Energy Cup is coming up. We're going to have some free ticket giveaways for that. Um, why would you even say that, Tits? It's my way of keeping track is putting it on there oh. that way. That's – sorry. Yeah, he's not going to get it. No, I know. Yeah. He already hung up and everything. Some guy just called trying to be the 15th caller. Hey, but let's get something straight. I'm yeah. not trying to diss their show. I mean, yeah. they might not like what we do, and that's cool. I mean, this is America. I don't even like what we this do. Is, this, this is America. Is, this is America. You could do what you want. These callers don't run. Exactly. So they could say they hate our show. Hey, right. that's your opinion. My opinion is I'm not a fan. I, I watched it one time, and – I really wasn't into it. Maybe it was just the first show jitters. Who knows? But uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, so do you think we do you think we could do a better show if we had that studio and it was just me and you and Tits in there? I don't no know. Doubt. Yeah. I, I, I think know. it's a lot. I think it's a lot harder when you have a camera and you're fo- focusing right. just on video and you know interacting well, and also too like uh, our show is is three hours, three plus hours. Maybe they are trying to get everything in, in in an hour. You know what I mean? So they have to hit their the, marks. The show's only questions. like 20 minutes oh, or is that something it? like that. Yeah, because it it's all on YouTube. I know yeah. it's not more than 40 minutes. I, th- I thought it was you know 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Or Dude, and their like commercials, that. they play the same commercials. Well, and, so and, do we. And, Yeah, but you're, you're not watching them, dude. You're listening <laughs> right, to them. Right. 
And I was kind of bummed that, you know, there was, there was a brand on there that sponsors us. That we're supposed to be like one of their top guys, and it didn't even mention us. Well, so, that's, that's your beef with them, not yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, not but, the show. Um, uh, hey, this past week, Watson, uh, uh, I was going to call you um, to chip in, you know, for a little bit for, for, for out of your pocket because um, uh, the Nate Davis, the guy who won the contest, the SA contest, yeah. I booked his flight, yep. his hotel, yep. his rental, everything Perfect. this week. So. Okay. So, what did you want me to pitch in? For? Well, because I had to pay him. You know, I had to pay. That's him, fine. So, yeah. And you take it out of the people, take it under uh, free balls underwear, whatever those things are called. Free gun. Free gun. <laughs> free balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, Nate That's Davis good. won the essay contest. He is coming here, nice. and uh, he's going to stay. Nate, they offered me Circus Circus. They offered me Excal- uh, Excalibur. I tur- I I upgraded you from those pieces of craps to the Luxor. <laughs> wow, that's yes, huge. yes, Nate. You're welcome. You're hey, welcome. Nate, and if they, you they really want to go, go to Excalibur, you can just hop on the tram and go right across the right yeah. across the deal. It's right next door. I would not put anybody at the Circus Circus ever. No. Oh, dude, they get to go to the Adventure Dome. Oh, geez. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Last week or the weekend off, my Friday night was spent at GameWorks. You ever been to GameWorks? On the strip? strip? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. First Not, time I've ever been there. I don't there. think I've been there since I lived here, though, to be honest. Yeah. I, that's where I spent my Friday night. GameWorks. It was pretty uh, pretty amusing. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna maybe try to get video in our show. Um, it's not going to be where we're going to look at the cameras, though. It's just going to be what we are right now with just cameras on us. That's fine. I don't know if we can afford it. I don't, uh, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Whatever. We just on. keep doing what we're doing. People um, seem to like it. Yeah. So. Hey, this and week, if you don't like this it, week suck in it. Southwick, man. Uh, you know what, Tits? Uh, screw you. Wait. And screw. Swiss core and screw everybody okay. who calls me a uh, a cat because this weekend I was broing down dudes in the rain from the show. People were ex- we got a lot of a uh, lot of comments this weekend about the show and how people loved it and the podcast really? and yeah man it was crazy. Uh the New Englanders they they love it. They uh some I talked to one Did dude you for- call them New Englanders? New Englanders. New Englanders. Yeah, okay. I talked to I talked to one dude for like twenty minutes about the show, and he's listened to everyone, and he had like some really cool like criticisms and thoughts of the show, and like what he loves. Like he, you could tell this dude, he showed me his phone, his Stitcher phone. It was all he said all uh, Steve Mathis content. It was like two hundred twenty seven hours. Wow, what a so. loser! <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! That guy's nothing better to do. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, and you know who else I had a good talk with too? Uh, Mark Pellegrino. Wow, he's coming back on. It's coming back on. Hey, he said we, to me, I said, you coming on? You want to? And he's like, yeah. I said, uh, Monday? Ah, we got some stuff, to, some workouts, some final contract stuff, some kind of papers going back and forth, but we'll be on. I can see it. We got the papers going back and forth. But. <laughs> yeah, as soon as, as soon as everything, all these papers get back and forth, he's coming I on. I have documentation. As soon as he gets the documentation. Right. That's going to be awesome. He is coming on, and he sounds like. Is he fired up he again? He sounds like he's got some, some some things to talk about. So yes, uh, we're, yes. we'll look for Mark Pellegrino on a, on an upcoming show. Um, did you happen to uh, uh, watch Southwick, Steve? I didn't. Okay. No, I did. Oh, I did. Okay. I, well, which is it? I watched the replay of it. I watched enough of it yeah. to know what happened. But uh, I was planning on going to Southwick. I had a flight. I had hotels. Yeah, I, I got asked where you. I were. had a meeting in on Thursday in Connecticut, right outside Hartford, and. Uh, the meeting got canceled, thank God, and I was like, okay, so do I go or I don't go? And then I made a couple calls, and I realized that I didn't have to go, and I made the decision not to go. And it seems like 
you know, it looked like the racing was kind of cool, but all the other bullshit that went around along with travel, I, I kind of ditched. So uh, I didn't. Yeah, I, it, I didn't it, go. it was it was insane. I mean, the the talking to pits was like, "How are you getting home? What's going on? Where are you going? What's going on? When are you leaving? What's up?" Everybody's flight got canceled out of Hartford. Um, I I moved my flight to Albany. It got canceled on Saturday morning. Then I had to drive to Pittsburgh, which a lot of people drove to Pittsburgh. Ryan Villapoto didn't even go to the news conference, press conference after the race. He left for Pittsburgh. It's a nine-hour drive, and that's about the only place you could go. I left Sunday morning at 7 a.m., got to Pittsburgh with two hours to spare with my flight, got on my flight, got home, got home at 11 o'clock. West Coast time, 19-hour travel day. Everybody, other people were still there. They're still there right now, Monday night. Really? I mean, to me... And, I mean, they told me, uh, hey, you can st- we'll get you out Tuesday morning. And I'm just like, I'd rather cut off my balls than sit here till Tuesday morning. Like, there's no way. Like, I'll drive Pittsburgh. I'll drive. I've, I've been there, dude. You know? I, I mean, I went back to New York for Christmas, and that happened to me. I got stuck in yeah. a snowstorm. Yeah. And I was like, no way. No way. I'll, I'll, I'll train planes, automobiles. Yeah. It. And that's right. what, sometimes you got to do it. But and thank- that's, thankfully, that- Hertz, uh, Southwest only charged me a little bit. And Hertz, for a one-way rental. Hartford to Pittsburgh, I put 800 miles on their car. They only charged me $120 extra. So they came through too. But uh, everybody was, I mean, Weimer was driving RV's van back, and an RV was maybe in a rental car, and uh, Christian Craig was trying to hit me up for a ride. I was leaving too late. For, I mean, everybody was scrambling. It was a nightmare. Some guys, I could have left 1.30 Saturday afternoon. <clears throat> that was, but you're a goggle guy. You can't leave. Wow. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, especially in the rain and the mud. I'm like, hey, I can't leave. You're you know? a goggle guy and a, and a paparazzi. And a, a paparazzi, exactly. There's no way I can leave. So um, that might have been the biggest mistake of my but, life. But I heard some rumors that some other people that had pretty prestigious jobs did say, screw this, and just left. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. A manager and a suspension guy uh, from one of the pretty good teams split in the morning on Saturday suspension guy in the sand uh manager in the sand and and the the riders were pissed i mean they were not happy and another guy another manager left too like me being a manager no matter what it's your responsibility i feel and my how my boss tells me it's your job to make sure that truck shows up at the track is set up unloaded mechanics have everything they need they need for the weekend and then also when the race is over that everything goes back in that thing, and it's your job. You can leave the track when that back door is shut and everything is is in there, and the driver's ready to go. So I think that's a big responsibility to just say F it and let someone else worry about it. I mean, I know for a fact that uh, my job would be in jeopardy if I did that. I, 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 uh, I, I tried to get a hold of one of these guys today to, to, to talk to him about it, and find out what their side was in case I brought it up on the show or in my column. Or, I, I can't believe it's brutal. Both guys I like, but it's brutal. I can't believe they would do that too. And there's some good riders riding on that team. And, uh, and neither guy got, neither guy got back to me. So um, maybe they got fired. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, I would think you wouldn't leave unless the owner. Well, you know what? There you could to. be other, like, I'm yeah. just telling you. Who knows? Maybe something else was unless, up. I mean, unless there was other circumstances or whatever, but I do know the guys on the team, we're cracking jokes about it and not in a, you know, in a nice way. Well, you know what? It's, it's at the end of the day, it's called being a team player. Yeah. And it's just like you're abandoning the ship and you're jumping off and you're leaving your crew behind. 
It's like, you know what? We're going to get through this together and we're going to work through it together and we're going to get, we came here together, we're going to go home together and we're going to make yeah. it work. So if you guys get stuck there the next couple days, hey, I look at it this way. If the mechanics and the suspension guy get stuck there for an extra two days, less, maybe that's when they build their bikes and they don't fly in a couple days early. You know, stay there and build your bike and, and get it done. Yeah, you got to make the best out of it for sure. I mean, <clears throat> there's there's a way to work it out, but yeah. that's that's just kind of crazy to me. Um, tits. Yes, sir. You texted me, please, please get Ryan Dungey on the show with sugar on top. Did you say that? I did. Yeah, that was the end of it. Very, very excited about his guy Ryan Dungey this weekend at South. Again, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I text Ryan. He declined. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, bud. It's not over. <laughs> Nothing is over. <laughs> um, he declined the show. He said he couldn't come on. Did couldn't he give you a reason, wouldn't. or he was just no? Uh, my personal opinion wouldn't come on the show, but maybe couldn't. Okay, um, but we'll keep trying. But um, what he I'm, was, I'm going to get a Twitter revolt going on until he comes. Did on. you read? <laughs> hey, let me get this call. It's, it's Chris Beaker. Oh, right now it's Chris Onslaught from Fox. Let me. Do you guys want to hear the phone call? The yeah. way I talk to Chris. <laughs> Let's get it. What up, Beak? Uh, nothing. We're doing this uh, little radio show that we do on Monday nights. Where's speakerphone? It's great hearing one side of it. Yeah. Push the BlackBerry button. And... Can you give me a phone when you're on, on the show? I usually don't take calls, but anyone but from you, guy. <laughs> How's your trip? Uh, it was awesome. When did you get home? Uh, actually, I got home Saturday night. Oh, really? How would you pull that? Were you one of the guys that left early? That's okay. A gear guy can leave early, but team managers, I don't think, should leave early. No, what team manager left early? I don't know. I just heard some guys did. I was just... I, Make I was, sure you tell him he's on the air. Yeah, you're on the air right now, too, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, I was just calling you because I need to get some gear ordered for my uh, couple guys, and Is this I, I wanted radio? to know if it was cool. It's not? Yeah, just hit me up tomorrow. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night, Chris. You too. Later. All right, later, Beak. Thanks, Beaks. Um, I was hoping for a little more uh, excitement than that. But well, hey, we could have got more uh, out of him if you didn't well, tell me he was on with the a, air. With apologies to uh, to Ryan to Brett Metcalf, who great guy, nice to see him win. Dungey was the story, right? Um, and he was not happy after the moto at at Davy Coombs or MX Sports. To who? Uh, Ryan Dungey. He lit into into that into Davy pretty good. Why? He was upset about a couple things. One. He was packing his gate as the first gate pick because he won the first moto in a, in a great ride, by the way. And uh, you know, you got the new rule two years ago. You got to be there with your bike. It's not like the old days when you were a mechanic or me. Um, so that happened a couple years ago. For, and so they said, "Hey, if your bike's not here, you're out. You 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 get 40th gate pick. If you're not here when we call you, does it have to be your bike out. and the yes. rider? It can't be. Uh, it might be able to be the bike and the mechanic." Okay. Without a rider. But okay. they have to pick a gate. They can't wait. They got to right. pick a gate. But the rider without no bike cannot happen. Um, so then he got bumped to 40th because they had problems with their bike. Was he freaking out at that point? I wasn't down there to see that. And then uh, then they there's no two-minute rule anymore. Remember the old rule? Hey, put your hand up because Billy Bob's Kawasaki fouled a plug and we got to yep. wait. Well, that rule has gone now with the TV, the advent of TV. They got to get that thing off. Gate drops when it has to drop. And, uh, and so that rule has been changed. Well, Dunge didn't really know. And to be fair, I mean, you know, who knows? these rules weren't exactly announced or whatever. They're old or fairly new or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, so he thought the gate should have been held. 
and he didn't like losing his gate pick. And for those who didn't know, I mean, Dungey got on his bike, right? The gate had been gone. He was 10 seconds away from being lapped. And they finally got his bike running. It was an electrical problem of some sort. And he was not happy with, with, uh, with MX Sports about that. But once he explained the rules and everything, he was calm about it. But I was amazed because he went from full-on raging against the machine to 10 minutes later being on a podium and handling himself, you know, great. You know, Pretty well, actually. Right. And, uh, and he was, you know, flying off the handle earlier. So uh, very dramatic day. Like, his ride was amazing. It was incredible. It, it, Ryan Villapoto only made up one point at the end of the day, and Dungey didn't even start the second moto, you know? Um, what, a, what a day. But, you know, uh, since we did – I don't think we've done the show since Andrew Short crashed. Have we? No. Andrew Short went down testing KTMs. Oh, he did? And, and what happened? Broke both arms. No way. Broke a wrist, yeah. Both wow. elbows and a wrist. Both elbows and a wow. wrist. Wow. And so, well, here's the thing. Dunge is mad, you know, Dunge is not happy with Suzuki, and they've had some issues this year, no doubt about it. Very strange that Mike Webb, Mike Gossler has had these issues that, that aren't necessarily their fault. But, uh, you know, KTM's not exactly perfect either where Dunge is going. So, there's a lot of people in the pits going, well, look at Suzuki, and you know, hey, obviously well, they, they've let Dunge down. Was there a press release for uh, Dunge going to KTM? No, there was not. Well. Then we cannot talk about it. Okay. You're right, I'm sorry. Can I ask you a question? Yep. What happened to to uh, why did uh, Shorty did was it mechanical that made him crash or does anybody know? No. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, yeah, uh, it's just, it's not it's not a good deal, not not at all. Poor Shorty, what are you laughing at? Just the look on your face where it's like, no, but that's not really what you're wanting to say. At least it doesn't appear so. Anyway. Uh, bummer for Dungey, but incredible ride to come through the pack. Um, it, you know, And then lo- I think it overshadowed his teammate, Brett Metcalf, winning a little bit. And it's too bad because that was Metcalf's first ever win. Yeah, I was, I was pumped for Brett. Yeah. I was totally pumped for him. I thought he, he, he Is there won- anybody you think that doesn't like Brett Metcalf? No. In the He's industry? A good dude. Like, I think maybe did, Mitch Payton. He should have. He should have won last year. Yeah, the first moto for sure, and then who knows what would happen in the second moto. Yeah. But I, I really think that the, yeah. I think he's good, dude. I yeah. I, I mean, I did, I was kind of skeptical on him riding Supercross this year, mm-hmm. but he was before he got hurt. He was a solid top five guy. He was right there in the mix, top five, seven guy every week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, actually, right before he got hurt, he had had his best finish. And oh. it, you know, like just listen to his interviews and stuff. He. Has kept his head down and has worked his ass off to get where he's at. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, you, could, you cannot like, you cannot not. No, like people Brett applauded Metcalf. in the press conference and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was really cool. He was a little emotional about it. His dad, first race for his dad, in three years. Awesome. That's and, and his dad's name is Steve, and he's a cool guy. He likes my stuff. I, I wouldn't know his dad if he walked up to me, but I'm I'm right. pumped for them. He deserves it, and oh, you know, I, um, Justin Barsha, our guest tonight, winning the second moto. What happened in the first moto? He broke? Him and Reed's bike blew up within a lap of each other, almost in the same spot. They don't know why? Was it a blow up or was it some other? Uh, actually, as Aaron Bates reported, a mechanical gremlin uh, was, yes, was yes. what caused Well, you poured water on it. They poured water on it. It got these bumps on it, and then other gremlins <laughs> spewed out, and then they attacked the movie theater. Mm. Um, can you believe that, though? Bad day for Honda. Wow. Bad day. Uh, motor problems both both t- Reed Reed had issues both motos so 
Was that the problem for Reed, the second moto? I know he, uh, he crashed. I don't in know the if it was the turn. same problem. No, I, yeah, he crashed in the first turn, but then he had a he had a electrical problem, not electrical problem, electrical air quotes. Okay. Problem, but uh, I don't know if it was the same issue or not. Okay. So uh, um, between Suzuki and Honda, it was a tough day for. Dude, that's that. I mean, I've been to that track quite a bit, and I think that. Uh, if you're going to have a mechanical, you're going to have it there. If you're not, if you're not on point and, and you prepare for it, and I'm not saying those guys did because those guys are factory teams, but when you when you go into that element where you have sand and then mix in a little, you know, rain mm-hmm. and all that other crap, and it gets wet, it's hard to prepare. It's yeah. hard to keep your bike running, and it's hard. Or uh, goggles for that. Yeah, you know no matter. I mean? There's, like, there's yeah, so just... many different things that can come into effect at Southwick, and that's what separates, you know, yeah. guys that do good and the local guys. Even a look, like if you look at John Dowd, he was probably buying a bone stock bike and and hammered those guys because he knows what the bike's going to do. He yeah. know, like his mechanics. They know how to set. You got to you got to set your <laughs> bike up for that track. If I would say more than any track on the circuit besides that. Yeah, yeah. Know, Southwick no, has to be the number one. Well. Reed told me that he was his bike was detonating on the on the third lap um, in the first moto, so you know just uh, just too much compression, too much heat. You know what I mean? And and you got the wet sand dragging the motor down. It's you crazy. Got, like it's, you could have like you 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 can use that wet sand dragging the motor down, water, rain, sand. You know all that whole thing. But then you could take all those away and go where it's hot and humid and shitty and your bike's running out of gas. And just, yeah, yeah. It's just, there's just so well, many different variables that you have you to start, go when you're You start that thinking about Carmichael, you know, going 24 and 0 twice and all the things that could break on your motorcycle. And exactly. All the problems that you could have on your motorcycle, all the moving parts, all the rain, the mud, the heat, like you said, the humidity. And it makes it even more amazing, you know what I mean? Like it's just incredible that he never had that, that problems or those issues over those two years. It's an incredible, incredible uh, streak, no doubt about Can it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think I look like Ron Jeremy? No. Why? Because some guy in the chat room said I got stop, third place. Stop reading the chat room. I like to read it. It <laughs> stop makes it. It makes it, it makes it fun. I don't feel like we're connecting tonight. I don't feel like we're connecting. Not a lot of energy. And it's going It's called on. an engine, not a motor, <clears throat> Thank you. Steve. Thank you. I don't feel like we're connecting. It's called an engine, not a motor. All right, engine. Um. Hey, what about John Dowd? Hey, Keeping can I get some coffee? Yeah, when my wife gets home, we will get coffee. All right. Uh, what about John Dowd? Nine eight junkyard dog keeps dude. his number. Always. You know that that was what he wanted to do. And let me tell you what, he was picking guys off at the end. Forty six years old. That's awesome. Um, he was get, he was catching dudes. Like where was he at? Like ten minutes to go. Was he like fourteen, fifteen? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, somewhere around there. Did he start right there and just no and first moto? You know, first moto he didn't qualify well, so uh, he had the, like the twenty second gate pick or twenty seventh gate pick, maybe even worse. So uh, first moto his start was terrible, terrible, and he just uh, the old junkyard, you know, put his head down and, and just worked his way through. He's forty six years old for God's sake, Kenny. Dad's dad's. What can you say? Yeah. What can uh, you say? Colton Fasciati, fifth. That? Who's that? Canadian champion. Shows up, gets fifth first moto. Really? Yeah. What happened second moto? Second moto, he fell in the first lap. He was up there and fell in the first lap, and then he fell again and bent his shifter and DNF'd. But it looks like he's going to fill in for, at the TLD Honda team for the, for the last two. See so ride Hondas right now? No, he rides Yamahas. Not over there, up there. Okay. Uh, he, rides, he rides Yamahas right now. But Christian Craig broke his wrist. So Craig's out for the last two. 
Uh, I heard a little rumor that he might have signed with Valley Yamaha for the Metal Militia Lights team. Really? Already? That's what I heard. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would think that team would probably pay more than the Troy Lee team. You know, I don't know what the Troy Lee team pays. but Yeah, you know what's crazy? If you think about it, like I heard uh, that uh, on on the the back end of something that – did you hear the story with Bach Tickle? No. Did you, did you call Brock him Tickle? Bach Tickle? Yeah, Bach Tickle. Brock Tickle has lost his eligibility. He has, yeah, to, yeah. Ride a, he yeah. has to ride a big bike. Right. So saying that, uh, I think there's a, a lot of things that are going to shift. You know, they, they, he has a contract with Kawasaki, yeah. so who knows what's going to happen with that. But I think that well, they, uh, could they put a third guy there? I don't know. JT don't brought know. that up on our show a couple weeks ago. I don't know what they're going to do, but just saying, like you know, for a fill-in, it's like, what do you what do you do? What do you do? And you have they're oh, going to uh, they're going to come to you and try to put him on your team. Uh, I'm full. Hanny Tedesco. Someone in the chat room is saying maybe that Brock will ride for Valley. If he's got a contract with Cowie, then it. he's not going to do that. Unless they pay him off and then he goes find a ride. But, the, I mean, the OEMs don't fool around with contracts. It's not like, uh, you know, something that they, uh, that they don't honor, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that Valley Metal Militia thing done, happening? Uh, I'm I think pretty so, sure. right? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like <laughs> I talked to some pretty good people that are involved yeah. in it, and it sounds like it's going to go through. I'm, I'm, I'm and uh, you know what? I'm pumped. You know, f- for militia to come involved in in racing. Um, you know, that's Brian's roots, yep. and I think that it's just Brian another should ghost ride the bike for the first time. Like, yeah, he just, should. Yeah, but I just think it's another team that's coming in, and I think that's awesome. That's always good, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. What about uh, what about Fasciati getting fifth? I, I don't, I, dude. I wouldn't know that guy if he sat down next to me. Whatever, dude. You'll know his name next year when he's out in front yeah. of all your guys. That's cool. Um, what about uh, what else about Southwick? Gareth Swanepoel, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to get you need to get better. We need to get you some coffee because you need to get better tonight. I don't like your performance so far tonight. All right, I'll work on it. Okay. Um, what about Colton Fasciati? Dude, I don't know who that guy is. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you keep asking me what about him. Well, aren't you happy that he got fifth? Aren't you impressed? No, I don't even know the guy. I don't care. He's not. I mean, if he, if he was Canadian or European, I don't care. Okay, all right. But Here. I see him Purcell won the Dutch the Dutch Championship, huh? Oh, I didn't know that. the The local thing he won. Yeah, he won. He You're not beat. talking about the GP, are you? You're talking about a different race. Yeah, it was like last weekend. Okay, all right. Why? Well, he won. Know. He beat. He beat. Uh, what's that guy's name? Hurlings. Oh yeah. Hurlings on a big bike? Oh, maybe it wasn't Hurlings. Stop reading the chat room, please. Stop. Look at look at me. Look, we need to connect. Look at me. Hey, look it up. See who <laughs> look he at beat. Me. He beat some good dudes. He doesn't know how to look it up. You don't think he knows anything about GP riders? Uh-uh. He doesn't know anything. Fuck. Um, you've got to be kidding me. David Pingree's calling me right now. He knows I do this stupid show. <laughs> on I hate when he does that. You should answer the phone on the air. Yeah, it'll that's be, so hopefully compelling. It'll be as, as riveting yeah. as uh, um, Ken's call. What... Uh, how about uh, Doug Shapinski in his new role as team manager at Star Racing? Not happy about it. I like Doug, but Swanepoel I think... though won won the first moto. Dude, what a what, what a, a turnaround! What, dude, that was all, <laughs> that was the best decision that they made for that, and that it was all because of Doug. It <laughs> <laughs> was everything that Doug work. did during the week. What do you think would happen to Doug if he left early? Could, uh, Doug's a good guy. I like Doug. Right. I like Doug. I wish him all the luck in the world. Yeah. Well, uh, what really pissed me off a little bit as I kept hearing all weekend from four different dudes. Bobby Regan's pissed off at you. 
he's trying to control you. He doesn't like what you've been saying and writing about his team. And I'm like, my phone works. He sees me all the time. Hey, you want to know something funny? What I heard from a really good source. Mm. When Allen was there, he called another guy and told him that he was in the clip Allen, and he wanted to know if he wanted to become the team manager. And he offered the guy the job and told him how much money it would pay. Oh, yeah, wow. (laughs) While Allen was still there. Like, this was maybe a month ago. Hey, look at Doug getting hired as quick as he did. Of course, there was some alternate plans there. Doug would deny it, and Bobby would deny it, but... Whatever. I mean, it just didn't work out. I mean, this industry's. I, I don't know I've been why. Fired, Kenny. You've been fired many times, and I don't think no. I don't like. I don't. I don't know. I, Bobby Reagan at all. I have no. I, I respect what they do over there, and you know what? You could say what you want about my team. You could say about what you want to say about you know Star Racing, but everybody does things different. And just from an outsider standing in and just hearing from guys that ridden for the team for the last four or five years. He, he he came in as a super fan, and I think he's trying to pull, you know, I think he, he he's trying to, you know, look up to Mitch Payton and try to act like what Mitch Payton would do, the way he talks to riders and, and personnel, and, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. There's only one Mitch Payton in this world that can do what Mitch Payton does. No one's going to copy him or do what that guy does. That guy has molded himself into a certain, you know, a certain type of person in this industry. And you could pretend that you're going to be like Mitch Payton, but at the end of the day, you're not. And like I said, (laughs) no disrespect to Bobby. I respect him what he does. I'm glad he has a team. And you could go do whatever you want. they've stepped it up. They've done well. When you want to own your team and you want to do it, you can call the shots. If you're wrong or right at the end of the day, you could say, you know what? Suck it. It's my decision. What does Hart, does Hart do stuff that you're like, that's wrong, that's dumb, I don't want to do it? But you do, I mean, you do it or you go down that path? Uh, you know what? Yes. Okay. Quite a bit. Right. But at the end of the day, he says it to me. It's very, very simple. He goes, and it's usually all over money. Uh-huh. And at the end of the day, he says, hey, when it's all said and done, if we're short $400,000, it comes out of my pocket, not yours. So you're <laughs> going to do what I tell you. <laughs> Until you want to take it into your, put it in your pocket. Well, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't tell do you it like my that, way. or maybe he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what do you tell him? Yes, sir. Did you tell him this? You can go your own way. Yeah. Go your own way, Hart. You can go your own way. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. What? When I before I came to work at H and H, I managed another team um, for a few years. Plano Honda. Exactly. And I thought, like, I was coming into this, like, I knew everything. Like, you ain't, Hart, you're, you, you're a freestyle rider. You, you don't know how to Step do aside. anything. Step aside. Yeah, let me come in and do this. Well, that lasted about 15 minutes the first day. When he says, you know what? You could take everything you learned and all your skills and throw them out the garbage can. We're going to do it this way. This is the way I want it. Yeah. And, and you know what? I tried to fight it. But you know what? When you have a guy that has that much knowledge in business, period. And I'm not trying to blow the guy, and, but he's smart when it comes God, to business. I think you kind of are. And I'm, anything that guy tells me, I, I try to listen. And there's a lot of things that I disagree with. Uh-huh. My but daughter, she probably banged a few, but not everybody at least. I go with him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, 99.9% of the time, he is right. Yeah. Huh? There's some things that I don't let him know about that I do that he doesn't need to know about that he doesn't want to know about, like what air filters we're going to run or if we're going to run a worse connection perch or a, 
mm-hmm. or a you know or a hammerhead perch. He doesn't care about any of that crap. He's a numbers guy, and he wants to know hard cost what it's going to take to go racing. What it's going to take to sign Hanson. That's what you exactly. Say. And at the end of the day, I think I'm probably one of the only team managers out there that helps close sponsors that goes after sponsors. Well, and, you have a lot of connections. There's no doubt about it. You well, know yeah. Of, you know a so lot of people. He he knows that that. Uh, that I know what's going on when right. it comes to that, but there's in business with you know budgeting and you know just making sure everything is done right and making sure we're not going over budget and making sure the spreadsheets are correct and make sure you know our weekly expense reports are where they need to be. And dude, he is on it. Like when I turn all our expenses in on Monday, he has them in front of him. You know, later than you know Monday night, and he is freaking freaking out over thirty bucks if it's thirty <coughs> bucks, and he yeah. wants to know why. And I'll explain to him, and he goes, "Okay." So it's his money, and he does it the way he wants. Why don't to do you tell it? him you got you used thirty bucks to get you that camel toe tattoo? He was all yep. right with it. He was cool with it, right? Yeah, totally cool with it. Um. Anyway, back to the lights. Swanepoel, Wanamoto, moto. Good to see. Uh, Dean Wilson's bike in the second moto. Oh, shades of Porcel last year, just pushing out uh, coolant right out of it forever, smoking, steaming. Then eventually, Kenny coolant stopping. And nothing coming out of the nothing coming out of the overflow anymore, uh, which you knew it was only it was a matter time. of time. But dude, he milked it to the finish. It made it, but oh, it was close. And that could have. Did, did you go back by there? Were they looking at? Were no, they I never did actually. Uh, I imagine probably get the cap off was pretty uh, was lots of fun. It was uh, probably uh, built up pressure and just blew off and blew somebody's face. Yeah, off. I'm stoked for Dino, man. I'm I'm really happy for him. Yeah, no, it looks like he, t- titles titles looking good. Yep. What about uh, Alex Martin? He wrote good second moto. Man, good he wrote awesome. Alex. Yeah, eleven yeah. ten mods team. Just Durham Martin. Martin actually passed Durham. Um, now I like Durham. We had him on the show. He's a good kid for sure. He's gotten a lot of hype and a lot of uh, talk. Um, but Martin quietly has been turning it on and has just passed him in points. Really? So yeah. Ping. Ping. Yeah. Why are you calling me on a Monday night? Dude, you I didn't know what time you start the show. I thought I was calling. I mean, who starts the show before 7? We do, because we want it to be on the East Coast. Oh, uh, well, all right. Dude, you're killing me with this. At least I knew there was a show this time. I'm like, oh, he's got a show tonight, but I can probably catch him right now before he gets started. It's probably 7. Yeah. That's showtime, right? 7. It's, around here, right. around here, showtime is 6. Well, it's early. And I get my employees here, Kenneth Watson and Tits Legendary, here on time. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Ping. Hi, Ping. Hey, Ping, what about Fasciati filling in for Christian Craig? Is that happening? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good. I'm I'm anxious to see what he does. Yeah. I'm surprised he's allowed to do that. I mean, uh, whatever. Fox and Blackfoot and all that. I mean, that's. I think everybody wants, you know, the best for the guy. What's the name of the team he rides for? Blackfoot Yamaha. Blackfoot? Yeah. Aren't they Hondas? They used to be for years. Now they're Yamahas for years. For years they've been on Yamahas? Yeah, and then for years they were on on Hondas. I just remember the Blackfoot Honda, Joe's kid. Yeah. And they got their truck broken into and someone stole all their crap. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Did you get that, Joe's kid? Someone stole all their crap? (laughs) I made a good one there, Pink. That's funny. Joe's kid? Um, Hey, what (laughs) what about your guy Hanny on Twitter? To read, calling him a phony. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, this is a really funny story today. I'm, I, I went surfing today. Oh. I had the day off, so oh. family went to the beach. I'm out there surfing. I bump into this guy, and 
we started talking about bikes, and he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I was just down in Australia, and I met this, uh, I went to this race, I met this kid, super nice kid, just a uh, really, really good guy. Uh, he said, what was his name? Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know, I was thinking anybody but Josh Hansen. He goes, oh, Josh Hansen, you know that? You know who that is? I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, uh, well, he was taking my daughter out. He was trying to get my daughter's pants, but, man, what a nice kid. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of just went with it, but thinking, wow. Well, that, All right. Both of those guys, those are Kenny's guys. Hanny and well, Reed. I'm just saying that's funny. Like, because if he didn't, if that dude didn't have a hot daughter, Hanny would have like, you know, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have spent two seconds talking to him or hanging out. But Ken, like, Kenny, did you feel like it was two of your kids fighting and you wanted to break it up? No. Okay. I I know what happened there and. Josh took it the wrong way. Reed, they text. They got it worked out. It wasn't. He thought Reed was talking crap on him uh-huh. after, after his after his thing. Like he did. You guys see what happened? Josh Reed, tweeted. Josh, Josh twittered, "Hey, I think I should do some giveaways or something like that on Twitter." Okay. And then Reed says, "I hate when people try to to be phony and and be like a secret or something." And Josh took it all out of context and got pissed. Yeah. So they they talked. It's okay. no big deal. Everything blown it out of proportion. It's nothing. All right. Yeah, there we it's go. It's no big deal. Twitter fight. Who Twitter fight? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. You do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you and Stroop, but you guys worked it out. I did. I worked it out with Beaker and Barsha. Barsha's on the show tonight, even. It is, Billy. Yeah. Man, that's just, that's just you know, that's uh, really patching things up. Showing the love, I like that. What do you think about the Southwick? You got any uh, any thoughts? Um, no. I, to be honest with you, I haven't even had a chance to look at any of the TV of it or anything. Um, I don't know. Was it super muddy? How muddy was it? Nah, it wasn't super muddy. I've seen worse. Yeah, it wasn't like Southwick swamp, like sloppy, no, sloppy. Yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't Southwick swamp, sloppy, sloppy. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little weird. Southwick's always kind of weird results, though, you know? Right. You always kind of go, huh, that's weird. 46-year-old forty-six year old John Dowd. Now you were on his jock, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? You're just always talking about it. You know, I don't know. You love that guy. Well, I mean, I, how do you not like, like I like me some John Dowd. I'm just saying. How do you not like John Dowd? Wow. Kenny likes John Dowd. Everybody, who doesn't like him? I like John Dow because he, like he pulled his wife from the drive-thru at the McDonald's. How many people you know? got her. Yeah, how many people you know that met their wife that worked at the window at drive-thru? Yeah, give me a, a Whopper or give me a, uh, give me a Big Mac, a fry, a chocolate shake, and your phone number. And, pu- and then pull it down. Until I got Pookie. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, guarantee you, I don't even know where you met Pookie, but I guarantee you met her at a dirt bike race. Okay. Not, not a, not she a was shopping for a rider, and she ended up with you. <laughs> well, a mechanic. If yeah, you can't, if, you can't have a, if you can't have a star rider, why don't you have a star mechanic? Star mechanic. Yeah, that, that's every woman's dream, <laughs> to marry a motorcycle mechanic, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Since there, there's so much time with the guys. There's so, they spend yeah. so much time together. Uh, all right, Ping, we're going to go. Justin Barsha's coming on next. So. Yeah, go. Well, so what's our deal for tomorrow? Uh, Show? Not in the morning. Check your email. Wygant's flying. So, Ooh, okay. We got to do it tomorrow night. Call me later. Yep. See you, bud. See you guys. See you. All right. We're going to come up with our next guest, uh, Justin Barsha, here real shortly as soon as Tits uh, gets, gets busy and gets to work here.
Um, Justin Barsha of the Geico Honda team, who who should have probably went 3-1 this weekend. If he went 3-1, I think he would have won the overall. But his bike let go when he was kind of all alone in third place. So, bummer for him. Uh, can you get our next guest on the line for, for us, for uh, us, Tits? And, uh, Kenny, I'm going to take that phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it. I'm going to break your phone. Uh, Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm there. What's up, bud? Yeah, I was wondering if you got a black eye this week from John Dowd's cock. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, whatever, dude. Dowdy's cool. Uh, Mil- Why would you even put that guy on the phone, dude? Uh, tits, dude. Tits. Milan, Milan is Milan. You there? Oh, oh g'day, guys. This is awesome. First of all, I just like to say g'day, all of you. This is an awesome show. Eh? It just gives us something to do on a Tuesday here in Australia. Yeah, thanks, bud. What time is it there? Uh, it's um, ten o'clock in WA. Um, just, I guess my que- my question would have been perfect for um, Pingree because I just wanted. I noticed some of the girls' bikes are in the same truck tent as the the factory guys like say Tara Geigers um, do they have like their own little box van where they get dressed in that or do they hang out with the guys in the truck no nah, they hang out in the guys with the truck they all have like sporting uh, underwear on you know what I mean like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- oh, I, I think so I, I guess I really don't know but I've seen the chicks in the trucks change and that's what I've always seen and they're not usually pretty shy about just hanging out yeah I wonder if Kate I've got a glimpse of Ashley's three guns yeah, I don't know. We, we could ask him. He just left, though. He put a headset down and left. So yeah. uh, I don't know if he, if he quit the show or what, but he, he left. Hey, Kenny. Yeah, no, just this guy wants to know if time, you, This guy wants to know, Kenny, if you've ever seen, like, the chick racers in their underwear or bras. I don't know if you know, but uh, Jackie Hudson used to ride for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we used to have a peephole. She probably <laughs> oh, never knew God. about this, Jackie. But we used to have a peephole. Elliot and Tedesco would fight over the peephole. Oh. And they used to look at you when you were changing. But you know what the bummer thing is? They all wear sports bras underneath, so they never take – they come to the track with the sports bra, and they wear, wear like bicycle leggings. So you don't really get to see a good show. But, dude, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not into that anyways. I'm not the peeping Tom. Hey, are, hey, are you in Australia right now? Yeah, mate. Hey, are you, are you going to go check out the Jim Connor, the Ken Block uh, thing? Yeah, definitely. Dude, you need to check that out. That is some cool-ass shit right there. I've never been a big like fan of that, but if you get time, tell all your buddies to go check it out. It's good. De- definitely. Hopefully I can catch you at the Supercross if you're coming down still. Yeah, I'm probably going to go to the last two events. It's, just, it's a total coincidence. Hanny's going to do the last two, but then Kenny will be there too. Total coincidence. <laughs> all right, thanks. Pro-Circuit or H&H? There you go. Come to our party. Last round, we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have a big party. <laughs> all right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling thanks, in. Thanks, guys. See you. See uh, All right. Let's get to our next guest uh, on the line, and that would be the none other than the second Moto 450 winner, Justin Barsha. Do we call you Geico Hondas, Justin Barsha? Uh, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> uh, Geico Honda slash Factory Honda, uh, Justin Barsha. Wow, what a ride, man! Uh, winning Southwick uh, second Moto. What a what a, what a day! Even though you had some bad luck in the first one, winning that second moto had to have been pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. It was a pretty incredible day. I uh, I really uh, I enjoy riding that 450. I think you, everyone can kind of tell, and uh, it was definitely crazy. You know, start off first moto, I had that little problem, and mm-hmm. second moto, I wanted it, and uh, I know I can ride in the sandy mud, so that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, how bad was the track for you? Like, I mean, I imagine you spent a little bit of time at Southwick, being where you're from up there. How bad was it? Have you seen it worse? Is, 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 was it gnarly? 
Yeah, I think that was probably the worst it's ever been for me anyway. Uh, I think I, when I got home, I watched uh, the second moto, and uh-huh. uh, I kind of looked like a squid. I had my feet down everywhere, so uh, <laughs> definitely wasn't pretty, but it was fun. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think everybody. I saw uh, Metcalf in one section. He was literally skiing every lap, you know what I mean? And he's just like you, one of the best riders out there. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. What What's the deal with uh, uh, your adaption to this 450? I mean, the experts like myself and Kenny Watson here, before you uh, got on the bike figuring, you know, fourth, fifth, sixes, uh, but uh, you've done so much better. What's the deal? What, what? Why do you think you've done as well as you have? Honestly, I have no idea. You know, my goals were to be top ten, and, you know, I talked with everyone, and that's, you know, what kind of Honda wanted is top mm-hmm. ten and be safe and be smart and, uh you know, I got on the bike, and it was it's just it's extremely easy to ride. Like, I feel like I, I can ride it effortless, really. It's pretty incredible, the 450. I just feel like I can really flow on it really good, and I don't ride over my head. It's just uh, it's, it's really crazy. I didn't expect to be uh, up in that top three battle with these guys, so it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't even really, when you watch, you, you don't seem like you have any sketchy moments. I mean, obviously, this weekend you probably did at some point, but... It seems like you're holding it together. You know what I mean? Like none of this uh, flailing around out there. Just a real smooth uh, rider. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, Dilla, I watched the race, and uh, I was like, wow, I really didn't have a lot of mistakes, and usually I do. And, uh, you know, obviously Southlake, I, there was, it was pretty damn sketchy. So there was a few moments there. But, honestly, I, I feel like I ride the bike really well, and it's, I just, I'm having a lot of fun. Like these last few races, I really just enjoyed going to the races and hanging out and racing. Hey, did you ever? Th- do you have you ever thought like, you know what? If if I could get out of my contract and just ride four fifties all together next year, would that be an option for you, or do you still want to stay down and and defend your title and go from there? Yeah, that's a, a super tough question. Like, obviously, I would love to ride for that team and you know, and do that. But I definitely also want to defend my championship. So it's like, it's fifty-fifty. But I definitely, you know, I'm definitely going to race the two fifty. You know, I have my contract and stuff, so mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be. So you know what? That's why we ask those super hard questions on this show. I don't want to ask you an easy question, well, Portia. Yeah, how I'm going to ask you another question. Shut up, Steve. I'm talking. Okay. Hey, how is it? to work with another dude besides Schneike because I know that's been your guy for a long time. Was it kind of weird, yeah. like, just going to the line yeah. and not having him there with you? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's crazy. It's way different. You know, I love Schneike. Uh, we're both from New York. I've known him forever, and uh, he's, you know, I, I really have a lot of trust in him, and going to someone else is crazy. You know, Big B, he's an awesome mechanic, and, you know, he does a great job for Trey, and I really appreciate him, you know, being able to help me out and stuff. He does a great job, too, but it's definitely weird not having Schneike. You know, he's still at the races, and it's funny. I'll come off from practice, and I'll be like, buddy, I see this on the bike, and, like, you need to change this, this, and my something with my riding and you know he's just knows me very well and he's uh you know it's definitely a crazy change for me not to have my mechanic so yeah you know yeah. what though on the other on the other side of that I, I would think that it's kind of cool to have big b there because he's also you know you worked with he's worked on the same team as you so you kind of knew the guy already it wasn't like having some random dude you didn't even know so that kind of probably helped out a little bit 
Yeah, definitely, exactly. You know, I definitely I know Big B for a while now, and yeah, he, you know he's been on the Geico team, and he moved over to the 450 team, and uh, yeah, he's a great guy and a great mechanic, and I put my trust in him also. You know, so you know he's a great guy. I really appreciate the help they do. Yeah, you're stoked. You you could have been stuck with Gothic J. That would have been yeah. a real. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Gothic went one one this weekend. Ashley yeah, Filek. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Ashley Filek. So he, he got demoted. He got demoted to Ashley. Ashley went one one. What do you no. mean demoted? He went one one. That was, I thought Dino. I thought Dino was no. The, Dino hasn't been a mechanic for a while. Did you not pay attention? What are you talking about, dude? Dino was at X Games with her. No, they have a Japanese guy that was working for it every national. All right. Well, maybe I don't know shit. Sorry for asking. Fuck. <laughs> shoot, shoot me in the head, man. Gothic J. There's nothing wrong with Gothic J besides the big dragon tattoo on his back. <laughs> dude. Have you seen that thing, Barsha? No, I haven't. He's, I know he's, he's a really nice guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I have a lot of bad things he's to say a, he's about a him. Just ask me. <laughs> I worked with him for three years at Yamaha. He just got a, a shoulder-to-shoulder dragon tattoo. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, so, yeah, uh, you know, one of the questions was about you riding the, the 250s. But really, how old are you? 19. Yeah, dude, you, no. got, you know, you got yeah, a ton of time left in your career to, to ride the 450s and it, it, no doubt you'll be making the jump to the to the Honda truck. I imagine they'll probably lock you up into some sort of multi-year deal. But, uh, you know, so why not defend your title and ride another year? I do wonder, though, it's going to be a little tough mentally for you, right? No doubt about it. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely going to be tough to go from something that I'm at now and then back to, you know, the Geico team again and going from a four, factory 450 to our, you know, light spike. But uh, you know, just, I think you know. the the biggest thing I'm going to take from this is the experience I'm getting and, uh, you know, working with Kehoe and all the guys over there, we're going to bring stuff, you know, from that team over to our team. And I think it's just going to be, I, I mean, it's going to be tough going from that to that, but we're going to, you know, we're yeah. going to get it dialed. So, so what does this guy do? Out. Next year he lines up for the first East Coast round. He's sitting on the line. He looks down. He has Lipanovich, uh, you know, Stewie, you know, uh, what's the other kid that writes for the team? 66 kid. He has all these guys. He's lining up on the line now with Filippoto, Dungey. Well, whatever, dude. That's going to be like, he has so much confidence going into this thing. I, I'm i going to have to pick him to win the title next year. Whoa, just like that. Just like that. There's uh, no way. The only way he's not going to win it is if he takes it from himself. Well, let's not start stuffing uh, each other's dicks quite yet. I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. Hey, not that you've really been around other guys out there too much, but do you notice a different mentality in the 450 class? Do you notice either yeah. either, either with the lappers or the or the guys you're racing with anything like a little different? They're not as much spazzes, yeah, put it that way. Uh, Mentality-wise, huge difference. Um, like the top ten in the lights class are all going for the win, and it's it's like you know the Villapoto, Dungey, Reed. You guys just break away in that beginning. It's like it's, it's weird. And then when you actually you're saying lapping guys, they're really tough to pass in 450 class. Like they are bulldogs. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so it's a hard, a little harder then to work through the pack or lap guys yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially this weekend at Southwick, it was very tough. I, uh, I was pretty bummed out on a few guys, but you know, we yeah. got it done. <laughs> hey, let's call them out right now. Let's call him out. Who are you bummed out on? Come on, Kenny. <laughs> you guys always do. You try to get me to talk smack I, on guys. I don't call people out. I just race. I'm not trying to get you to do that. I I, I do not want to upset you at all. It'd make for riveting radio. I, I'm very happy that hey, you Barsha, at least talked to me. Barsha's voice kind of reminds me of Sheiky a little bit. New Yorker. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, growing up, was Scott Sheik one of your favorite riders from being up there? Yes, they were all. All those guys from New York are badasses. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I imagine. Well, Sheik, Sheik was probably a little bit before his time. Yeah, he was actually, but yeah. I, I I know who he Claverick? was. Claverick, what's that track? What's that track up there? Probably by you, Claverick or Cleverick or God, what's the name? Yeah, of that? you got. Think he was more of a Frozen Ocean guy, maybe like Canary uh, and no, that. Wal- Wal- Walden. Walden, yeah, I grew up at Walden. That was that was my compound. That's <laughs> where that's where Sheik rode. Hey, yeah. uh, um, you've been uh, you've been twittering some photos, and I think I saw a video too of your track in Florida. Jason Baker, Dream Tracks, hooked it up. It looks like an awesome playground. Yeah, it is awesome. That's why I was kind of—I was bummed. I was stuck up north for a couple of days. I finally got home today, and then when I got home, the first thing I did was hop in my skid steer, do a little track work, do some watering before I uh, go to bed. And uh, yeah, my place is awesome. Actually, Jason's coming out next week to redo my Supercross already, so we're getting prepared. Have you seen this track, Kenny? That's uh, bitching. It looks uh, like a it looks like a like a sight bike track. It, exactly, it, and Jason does such a good job of like cleaning the sides of the jumps and. It looks like a drawing almost. You know what I mean? It, it he does a he does a great job. Hey, well, maybe I do want to get you to talk shit a little bit. Not, but let me just ask you this: What happened with you and the MTF thing? What went down with that? I mean, do you want to talk anything about it? I know it's a couple years now, but what was the deal with that? We never really heard the story. Wait, isn't his track at MTF? No, his track's in Florida somewhere. Oh, I thought you were on yeah. the MTF facility. No, something happened. Yeah, it's, it was a crazy kind of deal. I don't know. Like, okay, he doesn't want to talk I, we, about it. No, we we can talk about it. It's fine. Like, we're it's, everything's all settled now. Yeah. And stuff like it was. I was there since I was you know a little kid, so it's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, I was working with Bailey a little bit, and uh, I kind of thanked him on a podium one weekend, and you know I must have slipped and not said MTF or something, and you know someone called them and started a big thing, and I went home and kind of was like. If you want, I said, kind of, if I wanted to take my, you know, career that way, then to pretty much get out. So, you know, that's kind of what happened. And, and I, I heard that, but I thought that was, I thought I was only getting half the story. I thought there's no way that if a kid thanks Bailey and didn't thank MTF, that they would be so harsh with him. I really ridiculous. thought I wasn't getting the whole story. <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely sucked. And uh, but it, everything is you know way better now. I talked, you know, Big Brian actually came over and helped out at my properties. You know, cool. it's, it just doesn't change. You know, we're all family, we're all friends. You know, right. Colin and Big Brian are great people. You know, they, yep. you know, I couldn't have got to this point without them. So you know, obviously, I appreciate all the things uh, they did for me. And you know, it, they definitely helped. So, hey, so where's your where's your track in Florida? It's in a, a little town called Greenville. It's uh, an hour from Tallahassee. It's it's a little town, all farms, so it's pretty cool. No one bothers me. I have some really cool neighbors, and it's quiet. So do you fly in and out of Tallahassee? Is that your airport? Well, I was doing Tallahassee, but now I fly out of a little town called Valdosta, Georgia. It's only 20 minutes from me. Oh, okay. really? You can, so you connect in Atlanta or whatever from there? Yeah, I always fly into Atlanta. I got a little puddle jumper here. <laughs> you, uh, I thought, um, I thought you could have bought Ferry's property. That would have been a great buy for you, for anybody, really. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But I think it was probably too much for me. Uh, come on, dude. You're good. You, you're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're gonna be good, anyways. Uh, hey, back to Southwick. Did you see Ryan Dungey ahead of you uh, in the in the second moto? Did you kind of know what was up with that deal? Well, I knew that he had the the gate pick next to me because he was pretty really bummed out throwing <laughs> some hands and stuff. Uh, bummed out? I, I, 
I didn't know he was in front of me in the race, and, uh, you know, I was just riding my own race, so right, right. I wasn't trying to catch him or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, he was like uh, maybe 10 seconds, so not quite enough for you to see him, you know, to wonder what was going on or whatever. That's what I was wondering. Um, he pretty yeah. much, you guys pretty much stayed the same, you know, through the whole race. He was just ahead of you just a little bit, and, uh, yeah. and, and he rode a great race, no doubt about it. Hey, how far did you lap up to this weekend? Because that's a big, that's a big deal. Like they get lappers, and they're, they're, it gets gnarly at the Southwick, yeah. at the Wick. Do you know what you yeah, lapped up to? I think it was maybe like eighth or something. I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like eighth. Southwick isn't the widest track out there. No, it's yeah. crazy. Like once you start getting like past like 18th, 19th, and you get into the teens, those guys don't know if you're a lapper, even if they're throwing blue flags. They're they're not they're not moving yeah. out of your way, dude. Blue flags, especially at Southwick. Yeah. Especially at Southwick. Yeah. Blue flags are yeah, pretty was, much useless. Yeah, it was crazy for sure. Like when I was going through those guys, they were still going really fast, and it was muddy, so it, it, the track got that one main good line. So it was really tough to pass, and you had that thick mud. The, my roll-ups were about done by the end of the race, but it was crazy for sure, crazy race. Yeah, Michael Lessi, uh, X-Brand goggles. He had after the race, after the first moto, he had half a pull of film, and that was it. Half a pull, and it was done. Um, Didn't he throw his goggles the first moto? Second moto. When he crashed, he yeah. threw them. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you want to talk to Justin Barsha, 702-586-7857. We don't have him for much longer, so uh, give him a call if you have a question. Dude, it's um, late for Barsha right now. He should be sleeping, the growing kid. 10 o'clock? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's past Come yeah, on. Yeah, 10 o'clock. Gee whiz. Um, uh, what, 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 so Steel City this weekend, do you like the track? Um, how do you think you, what kind of stuff do you, do you think about it, and uh, how, how do you prepare for it? Yeah, definitely cool track. Uh, kind of, I've never raced it as an amateur or nothing like that, so I can't say it's a home track. But uh, right. I definitely like it. I think uh, it's a, a bit slicker, so I'll have to be a lot smoother on the 450 this weekend. And uh, definitely, my whole shots are going to be key. I've been getting good starts. That bike's like a a jet, so just get good starts and be smart and smooth, and you know, be up there. It's awesome. Yeah, I always said like when people are, when we were talking like. What's Barsha going to do? And I, I called it. I'm not trying to be anybody and say I told you so. You but didn't call it. You said fifth or sixth when we were talking about it. What did I say? I said he's probably going to adapt to the 450 better because he's not going to over-rev it and ride over his head on the thing. He's going to respect I it. I don't remember you saying that at all. Tits? Yeah, I don't remember you saying he's that at all. He's talking shit. Of course I did. Don't, hey, be a, don't be an asshole, dude. You know I hey, said how, that. How's, uh, how's the Honda guys? Double D, Shane Drew, Eric Kehoe? Good guys, getting along. It's, with them. Uh, it's, a, it's a very great team. They uh, they have their stuff going on really good. Um, I'm I'm impressed. They they know what they're doing, and you know they're factory Honda, so I yeah. shouldn't be surprised. Um, hey, Colton Fasciati got fifth uh, first moto. By the way, I'm not sure if you're aware of that Canadian. Because yes, I know I see all your tweets. You love those guys. I'm just <laughs> trying to get them some publicity. I mean, nobody cares about them, you know. So I got no, I know. Those guys are fast for sure. They did a good job. <laughs> Does Shane Drew talk about his Canadian uh, racing experience at all? Uh, no. We, uh, I haven't heard too many stories yet at the Honda yeah, Pit. <laughs> yeah, you need to. You need to get them. Hey, let's uh, let's get to some calls real quick, and then we'll let you go. Matt, you there? Yeah, what's going on, Steve? What's up? You got a question for uh, Justin Barsha? Uh, kind of, man. I just, you guys talking about Steel City. I'm heading up there this weekend. It'll be the last match I'll get to catch this year. All right. And I'm just looking forward to riding the 450. And uh, not really a question, I guess. It's pretty pumped right. to go and watch them ride wait, the 450. Wait, I like watch them on the 250. So wait till you see this. Time. Yeah, wait till you see this dude ride a 450. It's uh, he's on. <laughs> he's on it for sure. It reminds me a lot of Fasciati out there. <laughs> well, hopefully, he pulls, pulls a good start like he has been all year and uh, stays yeah. up front. Right on. Thanks, Matt. All right. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Uh, Tim, you there? 
Yes. What's up, man? You got a question for uh, Justin Barsha? Yeah, Justin. Hi, this is uh, Tim. I just wanted to let you know I was at Unadilla and uh, was uh, in the first meadow after the uh, part where you crashed with Dungey and screaming, you know, just letting you know that, you know, we were there cheering for you the whole way and uh, everybody was cheering for you and just, it was just a great ride and uh, near the end of the moto, screaming for the lappers to get out of your way. I don't know if it helped or not or hurt, but if it hurt I apologize, but uh, just just a great ride. We we were just, just loving it the whole time and I just uh, would like to let you know it, it was a great ride and we loved seeing you ride, Tim. ride the 450. Tim, where do uh, you like Scott Sheik as well? You're New York, New Yorker guy, so Sheiky and Barsha. Uh, not not so much. Uh, more of a Dave Kratz guy. Oh, Dave Kratz. David Kratz, Scranton, PA. Wow, throwing that out there. Yeah. All right, thanks, Tim. All right, thanks yeah, a lot. Thank uh, there you go. Hey, uh, did you get a chance to talk to, or did Ryan Dungey at all uh, talk to you at all about uh, Unadilla? Anything like uh, at all about the stuff he was saying? Nope, oh. zero words. Okay, All right. zero I, words. You know, I I think you were I think you were kind of bummed on that, like legitimately bummed on on that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to know if 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 uh, if anything was was said or whatever. So, um, bummer deal there, I guess. Uh, yeah, definitely good deal. Hey, how much do you deal with the Geico guys week in and week out at all, or are you, is it just? I mean, do you talk to anybody over there, or is it just sort of uh, uh, you're with the Honda guys now? Uh, I kind of just been with the Honda guys right now, really. Uh, you know, I go over there and say hi to everyone. You know, I've been there for a while now. Yeah. I was an amateur there, so I know all those guys really well. I still, you know, go hang out and stuff. But uh, definitely try to focus on the racing during the weekend, though. Yeah. All right, last call for Justin Barsha. Sorry, everybody else. Uh, Dan, you there? Yeah, I'm here. You got a question hey, for uh, Hey, during the race, Emig uh, made a comment about hooking Barsha up in his early days. Uh, just kind of curious what, what he's got to say about that. Yeah, definitely. That is uh, extremely incredible. Actually, I was that was my first sponsor from Shift. I was uh, up there for Fox Ride Day, and Emic was there, and I was chasing around on my eighty, and uh, he came over to the truck afterwards, and was all, "Hey, man, you rip! Uh, I want to sponsor you." And that was my first sponsor, Shift Riding Gear. So, wow, that is a true story, well, dude. How cool is that, Fro? Uh, yeah, cool. Extremely cool. So, hey, hey, good luck, man. You're doing great, and uh, hope the best for you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Dan. All right. All right. And with that, we'll uh, we'll let Justin Barsha go. Factory Honda's 450 second moto winner, Justin Barsha. We uh, we thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, all you Pulp MX guys. I'll see you next weekend. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks. All right. No problem. See you. See you. Justin Barsha, factory Honda uh, rider and a guy who's uh, on fire. Can he just? Can he? Okay, Southwick, his track, you know, we know he rides good there. Can he go 1-1 at Steel City, can he? No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I don't think, I, I just, I just think with Dungey this kid's and. kid's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I believe in him. I just think yeah. right now he needs a little bit more seasoning, mm-hmm. but I think eventually he can run with those guys. What kind of seasoning? Montreal? No. Lowry's. Lowry's. Uh, I like um, their their Lowry's. Uh, oh gosh, um, what is it? They're like barbecue. Uh, barbecue. You're gonna die fat. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs>
Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com. We're going to take our first commercial break of the night. We're going to come back with Moto Concepts Yamaha, Kyle Chisholm, and hopefully Kenny ingests some more coffee and uh, gets to be back to the Kenny that we all know and we all love. See you guys in 10 minutes. Hey, this is Michael S. You're listening to the Pulp Mech Show with Kenny Watson and the other guy. Thanks for listening to the Pulp MX Show, presented to you by BTOsports.com with Steve Mathis and Kenny Watson. Keep in mind, this show will inform you, enlighten you, and will enrage you all at the same time. Please take precautions. Whatever you need for your bike or body, BTOsports.com is your destination as we carry all the leading brands. BTO has you covered with the best selection, best service, and best prices around. Make sure to punch in that code M-A-T-T-H-E-S and any order over 100 bucks gets a Mathis-sized discount. BTOsports.com is proud to be on board the Pulp MX show and make sure to check us out on the web at BTOsports.com. Check out our current special for free shipping on all international orders over $799. Works Connection has been around 22 years, providing top quality protection for your bikes, which includes our quick adjust clutch perches, work stands, and skid plates. We're proud sponsors of the rock star Makita Suzuki, as well as Hardin Huntington, and many other teams competing on the highest level. From Steve Lansom in 1990 to Ryan Dungey in 2011, we've got you covered with top-notch products made right here in the U.S. of A. Check out our website at worksconnection.com. And when you order, enter Pulp MX for a 20% off discount. As a motorcyclist, one will have certainly come across the name AGV, most probably because Valentino Rossi, one of the world's fastest and most talked about racers, wears them religiously. Well, the legendary Italian helmet brand, which started manufacturing helmets in 1947, has decided to return to our sport with two motocross helmets, the MTX and the new AX8. The AX8, with its carbon Kevlar fiber shell, has a sneaker, more aggressive styling, amazing cooling and ventilation, and only weighs 1,500 grams. This helmet has been developed and used by Gautier Paulin, Travis Pastrana, Davey Millsaps, and 2008 MX1 World Champ, David Philipparts. The AX8 retail price starts at $349. You can check them out at all Parts Unlimited dealers or directly at agv.com. In 1973, Don Emler started FMF in his Hawthorne, California garage. 38 years later, that garage is a 90,000 square foot state-of-the-art manufacturing facility where proudly everything is still produced 100% under one roof using only the best American material. The only thing more important to us at FMF than winning is our customers. So here's a big thanks to our fellow riders for giving us the 2010 Reader's Choice Award in every major U.S. motorcycle publication. It's the passion that drives us. So thanks for making us number one. FMF, built in the USA, proven on the track. The solution to safeguarding your bike, your tools, and everything else is easy. It's Vivint Alarms and Home Automation. Whatever it is you want to protect, Vivint is one of North America's largest security companies. And on top of the peace of mind you get from having everything protected, you can also get home automation as well. Imagine controlling everything. 
From your thermostat, lights, to cameras, from your phone. Vivint lets you do all that and more. Ryan Villapoto and even Mathis himself have and use the system every day. Pulp MX Show listeners save 100 bucks by clicking on the banner on the show page. Want to learn more? Go to vivint.com slash pulpmx. The result of design, experience, and factory rider feedback. Fly Racing Helmets, Racewear, and Protective Products continue to push the boundaries of innovation and technology, fit, function, and finish. Worn and endorsed by pros Andrew Shard, Trey Kennard, and Team BTO Sports BBMX riders Michael Byrne and Jason Thomas, Fly Racing designs products for the serious racer and rider. The difference is in the details. For more information, visit flyracing.com to view its entire range of exciting products or follow Fly Racing on Facebook and Twitter. The next time you need to get your bike dialed, think about contacting JGRMX for all your engine and suspension modifications. Joe Gibbs Racing jumped feet first into Supercross and Motocross a few years ago, and using their state-of-the-art engine and suspension dynos, they are able to provide you with the best mods out there. Using what they learned from team riders like Davey Millsaps, Justin Brayton, and Cooper Webb, JGRMX can get you and your bike to the top level. Look for an announcement soon for the all-new amateur motocross team. Check them out on the web at JGRMX.com. JGRMX is a semi-proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Show. With over 20 years of experience in the graphic design and motocross industries, Tech One Designs has the expertise you need to make your bike look like the pros. Offering a variety of semi-custom and fully custom graphics for your bike, Tech One Designs delivers just what you need at the prices you want, with backgrounds starting as low as $29.99 and full graphic kits from $149.99. As a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Show and its dedicated listeners, we want to show our support by offering 15% off your next order. So go to tech1designs.com today and enter the discount code PULPMX15 at checkout to save money today. Race fans, Live Fast presents round two of the Nuclear Fallout Series. The Live Fast Cup, fueled by Monster Energy, taking place September 23rd through 25th at the Exit 28 Motorsports Park, just east of Reno, Nevada. Come watch the country's top pros as they duke it out for a $20,000 pro purse. Amateur races all three days. Best whip contest along with a bikini contest and a dash for cash. Hurry down to your northern Nevada Walmart for free ticket vouchers by stocking up on these participating products while supplies last. Monster Energy, Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Barefoot Wines, Budweiser, and Muscle Milk. All details at LiveFast.com. That's L-I-V-E-Fast.com. Spran goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Michael Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Hi, this is Michael Essie, factory Red Bull KTM rider. I depend on Free Gun to keep my junk clean, and so should you.
Kenny, I changed up the song. Who is this? Is this Bon Jovi? Halen, dude. Yeah. This doesn't sound like David Lee Roth. So don't you ever say that. It's a dream, <laughs> That's dude. only Van Halen, I know. the golden ring. Yeah, coming at you. Mobile Rex Show, presented by BTO Sports. Okay. .com. Okay. Thank you to Justin Barsha for coming on. We have Kyle Chisholm coming on uh, real shortly, along with Jimmy Button. How much silly season stuff is, is JB Buttonfly going to dish out, if any? Uh, I told him today, you better bring it. I, I don't know, but you know what he has in his pocket that what? a lot of people don't know? What? Larry Brooks is his brother-in-law. Oh, I know. It's on my list. Larry Brooks is his brother-in-law. So he might. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? Do you want to want me to read Brooks's text to me today? Oh yeah, let's hear it. Okay. This ought to be a great one. Um, I'm so sorry. I just don't have really have much to talk about right now, or should I say, I don't have a lot that I can talk about. Nothing's done. I'm just pumped that you would even like me to come on your show. Thank you. He's pumped that I like I would have wanted to come on the show. Oh, that's oh awesome. God! Uh, but yeah, Larry, you know what's crazy? Like, hey, they're supposedly going to be on Hondas on a factory Honda team. Well, I, I know that that's going on, and I'll and I'll say how much I do know is I'm looking for a, another semi trailer, and I called Honda because I knew they had their road race was going out, so I knew oh. that they had a couple trailers, yeah. and they pretty much confirmed to me that uh, they can't sell me one of the trailers just because it's going to McGrath. Oh yeah, Larry. So yeah, see, I was always under the impression. And if you're telling me that, then that makes me believe that it's 100% going forward because Honda's not going to turn down, you know, a money offer for a semi. I always thought that Larry's, like, on the fence. Like, if he can't get somebody, he's going to wait and pull off, and they're going to wait another year. Uh, but you, but what, with what you're telling me I, – I don't know. I, I don't know. That's you know? just what Honda told me. But, you know, we, got, we can get into it with Button because Button told me something totally different, that they were going a different route. So there's just some shenanigans yeah, we'll going see. on. There's we'll some see. big shenanigans going on. Big and shenanigans. I don't know if Jimmy Button really knows the silly season. I mean, I know all his riders, you know. Yeah. I, I can see – I know he works with Tyla. Mm-hmm. And I can see, you know, I don't I, – does Rattray's deal up? Yeah. Speaking of yeah. that. What? Who do you think will fill Tickle's spot? Dude, anybody that Mitch wants. Dude, I think Durham would be the perfect fit for that team. I agree. I agree. Durham would be good. O'Rourke, you there? Mathis Watson, how are you? What's going on, bud? Uh, just enjoying a beautiful sunny day down here in Australia. It's our second call from Australia. Oh, man. Australian representing today on the talk show. Yeah, I think we got a voicemail from some dude, too. Well, I mean, I'm blowing send up me- sending out Pulp MX stickers to fans in Australia. Why? Why are you sending out Pulp MX stickers? Where'd you get them from? When, when, when did you send me? You're giving those away? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have sent you a whole box or a whole package, and you could have just handled the Australia. Do people Australian. even listen to the show besides you and the other guy? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I think it's two of us, to be honest, in total. But yeah, I don't think, t- I don't think we're too big in Australia myself. Oh, Kenny, we cannot wait for your appearance at the round of Super X. Oh, God, it's going to be awesome. Hey, I can't and wait. I can't wait uh, until you go up to Kenny and uh, and you say, Hey, Kenny, g'day, mate. I'm O'Rourke from the show. And Kenny literally just looks at you with a blank stare and then walks away. Uh, he will rock star the shit out of me. I have no doubt. Well, not so much rock <laughs> Would you star, expect like, anything less? I'm just going to look at you and go. I'll, I'll, I might even say a couple words like, who cares? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. And, wow. And, and then walk away. Get me to the airport. This place sucks. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> no, I won't. You're hey, right. No, I, I won't. I've got a question about um, 
national numbers. And uh, I was listening to your three-minute podcast with uh, Dowdy. Hey, you know what? You should ask about numbers. You should call Lindsay because I'm sure he already has every number already tallied for next year. Uh, yeah, Tits has, Tits has his mic on right now. Everybody can hear him. Let's call my wife. Get my wife back up on the line. Go ahead, Rourke. Hey, can you, when you when you call in and Tits answers, can you cut the tension with a knife? Can you can you feel it? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like talking to me. I can. They tell. used to be buddies. Now oh, really? Fighting. What happened? Ah, they're fighting. It's a long story. I'm not fighting. Rourke's not fighting. All right. What's your what's your question about the numbers? I'm sure okay. Steve knows about so, it because I don't. Because Paul, you know, Paul. Once again, put another valiant effort in to keep yeah. his national number. Real great. And um, I'm just wondering, like, guys, like, no one's taken up number four, RC's old number. Is that retired, or is there an issue there with that? You know, number? well, for one, I believe when he reti- when he retired, they said they were retiring the number for five years. Who? AMA did. Who's number? RC. But I guarantee you they don't remember that, and I guarantee you that it's probably open if you want it. But who wants to follow that? I don't know. Mm. Dude, no one will take Lambie's number either. No, it's it's still, Oh really? But Brownie was three. Um, and then RC four and then there's a couple of numbers that are sort of you know yeah, not in the mix, but uh, I think guys that, that deserve to no get one, it. No six, one's gonna take Lampson's number. That's six, a big number to eight, take. Six eight. No, eight was uh, Langston. I think it's up though. You know? Hey O'Rourke, did you Maybe. send me that chest protector by the way? Man, I sent you the chest protector and I sent you two little surprise presents in there. For, one for you and one for Watson. Nice. Nice. You should get them this week. All right. Um, so, anyways, yeah, about your question. I don't know. Yeah, RC. Good luck with the next guy that takes that. Yeah, it's a bit of pressure. But, I mean, I, don't, I, I, I mean, Daddy's cool, but I, I don't know about these guys just hanging on to these numbers forever and ever and ever. I, I, I didn't that. like it. I was not a fan of it. Renard, Sellards, um, Damon Huffman. They were done racing, and nobody could take their numbers. But if you say you got to earn 25 points to keep it, I'm okay with that. Because if you're good enough to get 25 points and you come out for some races, then I'm okay with you keeping your number. But I wasn't okay with it before when the dudes did nothing and kept their numbers. I mean, we all know there's one number that should have been retired, and that's Big One Five. Thank you. Thank you. Is that your number? Tim Ferry. When, uh, when he retired, that number should have been hung up permanently. Correct. All right, O'Rourke. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good show. Hey, thank you, bud. See you. Yeah, bye. Dude, if I was an up-and-coming kid, yeah. I would say I want number four because... Well, you got to win a title to get it, but... Yeah. So what? Say, okay. I want to... This is the best ever, and I want to try to carry it. All right. Maybe Dino will try and get it next year. And leave the 15 open. I like it. No, that would stay... That would keep us... He would keep the 15. Um, Sinjin. What's going on? What's up? Hey, I just called just to talk about... Jimmy Albertson, how cool he was! Like I saw him at uh, Glen Helen like, two weeks Wait, ago. Wait, is this a, is this a <laughs> is, is this call like is this a new call or is this from the this last? Is, this is from the last three shows. Yeah, from the last three. We weeks. just keep running no, the listen, same. Hey, 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 I haven't <laughs> talked about him in like two weeks because we've had the break. It, yeah, so we haven't been shit. on the show. All right, so listen, well, everyone that doesn't know it's pretty cool what he did. All right, so on Thursday I just met him and he like super cool gave me his, like a set of his gear. Did you, then, did, you have to, was, did you have to blow him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does Yeah, you like that, don't you? How does Dick hey, taste? Then, okay, shut your mouth. Let me talk. And then that weekend off, uh, he came and did a local race out at Glen Helm that I do. And, like, he was super cool, hung out with me the whole day. He was, like, real cool and not a fucking dick or anything. And talked and wasn't, wasn't a bitch or anything. 
So I just wanted to, you know, give him a good reputation because he was real cool. Hey, uh, he gave you his uh, his gear, right? Didn't you Twitter a photo of his gear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His jersey and his pants. Dude, he's a good dude. Jimmy Albertson's a good guy. No, no, he's real. I thought he'd maybe be a little bit of a dick, and, but he's like exactly how he is, like how he talks, like in interviews and shit. That's how he is, like well, in real life. Um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, would any other rider let us do Top Jimmy video with the cigarettes and the booze? No. Yeah, I don't think so, no. Um, actually, I got a tweet today that somebody wanted me to do a, a Top Jimmy-like video with Dungey. Oh, fuck <laughs> Dungey. I don't like him. Hey, he would you never, watch your mouth. He would never do that. He would never do oh, it. Oh, shut your mouth, tits. I don't like Dungey. Sorry. You little fucking bitch hey, for crying hey. about Barsha. But, uh, yeah, I don't really feel like Top guys that much, but I just wanted to say, you how's know. Jer- hey, man. how's Jersey Mike's? Right, uh, it's good. Everything's nothing's been weird yet. It seems cool. pretty solid. All right. What's the number one sandwich at Jersey Mike's that you see yourself making all the time? Number seven, which is like a fucking turkey sandwich. That's pretty good. What kind of bike you got, Tinjin? I got a 250 FCRF. I thought you had to get, get in a Cowie or something. We got to get you some Pulp Mex graphics, yeah, yeah. bro. I, I was still, I'm still trying to get the money. Oh, and another thing. Some cool kid on Twitter, my pipe, the exhaust broke. Like, and uh, he just sent me one in the mail. Like, and I didn't have to pay him or anything. What? What? Some guy, fan of the show? Yeah, yeah, guy of the show. I said I'd send him twenty five bucks just for shipping and being real cool. But yeah, I sent me a white bros exhaust, dude. I tried, so he was super cool. Pulp Mex show helping people. Dude, we need to get Sinjin a set of graphics, bro. Get him a set of graphics, and Kenny. We need to get him Pulp Mex graphics. All right, Tech I'll One Designs. Those babies on. Tech uh, One Designs. Get him. I'll work on it for you, Sinjin. Why don't you email right. me? Hey, email me. Email him your All number. Right, email him your number, and we're gonna put your name on it. Sinjin Pulp MX. So and people, maybe a big sub sandwich, so people know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'll be good. Maybe old people will just try to clean me out and shit. That's all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, is that, hey, Kenny? Are you anyone? Are you guys going to the Paula Amateur National this weekend? What's that? <laughs> what? Yeah, we'll all be there. Uh, you well, know I, you're gonna... I don't know. Maybe Kenny's going. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's Kenny gone, doesn't go so... to a pro national. Hey, you know where you're going to find me this weekend? What's this weekend? Labor Day? I don't know. I don't know. I'm Canadian. You're going to find me in Havasu, buddy. Unless they're uh, not having a, a... Only chance I would go to any race if they had a works race, and then I would just go by in a boat and look at some guys on dirt bikes. <laughs> You'll find me at a Paula or a Lickin' Pussy. All right, buddy. Enjoy. Thanks, bud. Whatever Stay you right. do, enjoy yourself. All right. See you soon. Uh, Steve, what's up? Chilling, man, dude, close call. Fucking Irene almost like wiped out Jersey, and like the power just came on like two hours ago, so I'm not missing the show. So oh, I'm, like, perfect, still... bro. You're yeah. so lucky. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm happy, dude. I almost missed the show. Yeah, but uh, I want, yeah, I wanted to comment on uh, what you said. Like, I think it was either the last podcast or two podcasts ago, ago about the um, like the tracks and like how they're like changing things up. Like when I went to Freestone, like. I didn't really, like, want to stand next to anything or, like, I had nothing in particular I wanted to see because, like, it's a new track. You know, like, there's no, there's no like, famous obstacle. But, like, when I went to, like, Unadilla, you know, I, I stood next to the, uh, the sky shot and, like, what's that shit called? The gravity cavity? And, like, that shit's, like, legendary. And, like, what you were saying about, like, Steel City, how they changed up, like, uh, yeah. Natural Boulevard or yeah. the High Point, one of those well, tracks. Well, what we were talking like, about... I feel- let me just re- refresh Kenny here if he's paying attention. Uh, myself and Pingree and Wygant were talking about, Kenny, about how these national tracks, they're getting rid of, like, these iconic obstacles just because, well, whatever. Washugal's catcher's mitt, Chuck's son jump is gone. Um, Donnie Schmidt's jump is gone at Millville. Uh, help me out. What else? I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Troy, yeah, Ohio, the Widowmaker, yeah. no longer around. Yeah, because they don't race at Troy, Ohio. I know. I'm just trying to. I'm what about Glen Helen? She want to go back? The elevator, Gatorback's gone. Dude, right? yeah, the elevator's gone. I spaced out for a second. Did you talk about last year how they called uh, Loraco's Leap the elevator jump? Yeah, the parking lot, parking lot jump. Yeah, that was that was awesome. No, yeah, hey like Steve, it, you're right. I totally you're agree right. with you on all that stuff. Like, I think it's bullshit. Like when I when I drive like 500 miles from my home to see a national race, like I go there to see like these things I see in the magazines, like these things that I grew up like watching. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. So it's like I think that's total bullshit. And like the new tracks, like I feel like eventually when they add maybe like I guess when what is, what is it? One of Pennsylvania is going to lose one of their nationals. Like if they don't move it back to Gainesville, it's just going to be probably like another Supercross track made in the field. You know, like Pal. Well, I don't know. I've never seen Pal. But I, like Freestone was like Ohio in Texas. You know, uh, like yeah. You know what? Track. Listen, Tony Miller at Freestone has done a fantastic job with that facility. That being said. That's yeah, no, I agree. That's, it's a good track. That's but no it's one's like, no. being a national track is like huge ass hills, like enormous right. natural terrain jumps, like you know, not like a huge supercross track. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to ride on it, but it's not like Glen Helen or yeah. That track know. is nobody's favorite track. Nobody goes, oh, Freestone, dude, that's bitch, and I love that place. You know what I mean? It's sort yeah, of yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll equate it to Cheese Pizza, which is what I said about Lakewood. Cheese Pizza is good. I like Cheese Pizza, but I prefer pizza with toppings, and so Lakewood. Texas, they're just cheese pizza. They're just plain. You know, yeah, wasn't Lakewood a national track like back in the seventies though? Uh, like, no, it was in the eighties. It was, but it wasn't at the same location. It was uh, down the road from the from the current. Oh, uh, really? But it was, yeah. yeah, but it was a track in like uh, nineteen eighty to eighty three. They held they held nationals. So, word, word. yeah, dude. So like, I just think it's kind of like you know, it's kind of ruining the sport. Like hey. it's like going to English Town and not seeing the elevator. Like the elevator is what makes English Town English Town. Yeah. Know? Hey, like, Steve. Not to get all personal on you, but you want some underwear? Um, sure, man. Whatever. He sounds really yeah. Some free gun underwear, dude. <laughs> by, by the way, we just gave away our first pair to Matt Ward. Oh yeah, right on. And and we're giving three sets away, three sets to three different people. But Steve here from New Jersey doesn't seem very. Hey excited. Steve, were you? What's that track in New Jersey called? What's it called with a? It starts with an A. Act. Acco. Acco. Were you there when Lawrence was riding there? Nah, I saw the video you guys posted on Racer X, and like everyone was talking bad shit. But we posted yeah, a video. the only. Yeah, there's a video on Racer X. Someone posted it. I don't think uh, it wasn't his friend, but uh. People were talking mad shit, and apparently he commented and said, like, you know, he just, like, came back and, like, you know. Well, I forget what it said. I but, seriously doubt know. Jason Lawrence is commenting on a Racer X video. Yeah, I don't know if it's really him. That's, it's, it said Jason Lawrence, but I don't, you know, I don't yeah, know. No but, chance. No chance. I, yeah. Um, yeah, Steve, we're not going to give you the underwear. You don't, I don't feel like you're grateful enough. No, I'm grateful, dude. I mean, if you want to send it to me, uh, you know, I'll give you my email address and all that. Or I'll, like, you know. Tits is saying no. my address. No way, man. Tits is saying no. All right, Steve, thanks. We got our next guest on, though. Good talk. Uh, For sure. Take it easy, bro. See you, bud. Our next guest uh, came back this weekend at uh, Southwick with minimal prep and uh, brought it home in a top 10 position, and I say that deserves a spot on tonight's show. Moto Concepts Yamaha, Kyle Chisholm. Chisholm, what's up? What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm turning. Uh, I'm turning up my uh, my volume because so we can all hear you. So you don't have to. You know, turn it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna be yelling as loud as I can so you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, your voice is still a little jacked up from your um from your accident that Houston Supercross. No doubt about it. You um you speak very quietly now. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't yell at anybody anymore. But I can try, but I just yeah. doesn't come out like I want it to. Uh, no, I I, uh, my me. voice is actually a little not as good as I. I just had surgery like about 
little over four weeks ago, and I can breathe like night and day difference, like I'm back to normal. Uh, the voice I said would take you know a little time to recover. I still be healing for another month or so. So yeah, uh, hopefully the voice comes back to normal. But at this point, I'm not worried about it. I'm glad I can breathe. Hey, people don't realize um, you went through a lot after Houston Supercross. You crashed. You uh, bruised your chest. You bruised your lungs. Uh, very bad injury. They put a breathing tube in you at one point to to get you going. Um, you've had a lot of different doctors and a lot of surgeries and a lot of people looking at what exactly was causing your, I guess, lack of uh, ability to, to suck in enough oxygen, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a mess. I'll take up your whole show telling you everything. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it um, you know, like you said, I had the accident in Houston. Uh, my chain broke. I went over the bars and got ran over and uh, put me in the hospital. I, you know, pretty much kind of tore my lung apart and uh yeah. obviously bruised it and collapsed it but it like kind of ripped it or something i was bleeding a lot inside and uh bruised my i bruised my left one the right one was the one that was all jacked up so had uh two draining two tubes for just the stuff like the fluid and blood to drain out and and all that good stuff and uh they put me in like an induced coma for like a day or two so i was on a, I was on a ventilator for like a week and uh that's where the issue kind of started. I kind of complained of uh, like a sore throat because I was in the hospital two weeks, and the week that I was actually awake, I was kind of complaining the whole time that my throat hurt, and uh, they didn't really give me an answer why, and obviously didn't think anything of it then. And uh, you know, I, I was just kind of waiting around, healing up. I couldn't really train a lot, obviously, because my lungs. And uh, finally, got the okay to start riding like the week after the Seattle Supercross. So I only had about three or four weeks before Hangtown to get ready, and. Uh, so I was, like, doing as much as I could. I got through the first race. I got, like, 13th, which was whatever. You know, I just outside the top 10, which is where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, after being out for that long and all this stuff, I didn't know if I'd be able to be riding. So I, I was like, you know, I'll take it. Uh, I went to Freestone and just felt like I wasn't still where I wanted to be, obviously. But I thought it was just my lungs still healing at the time. And uh went home after Freestone, back to Florida, and I had my last checkup uh, with my lung doctor. Uh, everything was good as far as my lung. Everything was healed. Um, ribs were all good. Um, kind of told them how I was feeling. I just felt like my throat was really constricted. And uh, So we had like an off week before high point, so they went in, put me to sleep, and uh, went down with a camera down my throat to see what was going on and uh, got to my vocal cords, and they wouldn't open uh, enough to even get the camera down. So yeah. at that point, I had to go see an ear, nose, and throat doctor, like a throat specialist. And in New York City. That's where it all went. Yeah. That's where it all went crazy. I, I uh, ended up seeing like five different doctors before I figured it out. They were all telling me. I saw one. The first guy I saw uh, went down there. They stick this like thing with a camera on there. It looks like a TV cable or something up through your nose. They don't like. They don't really numb you or they don't put you to sleep or anything. They just kick this thing up your nose all the way down your throat. And uh, you can. It's kind of cool. You can kind of watch it on the screen as they're doing it. And then they. Uh, first guy I saw was like, uh, you have vocal cord paralysis, like the, like basically it's saying my nerves were damaged, there's a nerve on each side that controls them to open, opens your vocal cords, which opens your airway, you know, when you breathe, and um, told me that they were paralyzed, so I'm like, great, and he said it, it could take up to a year for the nerves to come back and all this stuff, and I'm like, he's like, come back in two months, we'll see how, it's, uh, see if it gets any better, and I'm like, I'm not waiting two months, I saw somebody else, told me the same thing, I went to Virginia, saw a doctor, Told me the same thing, but he told me I needed to get an EMG test, which is like a nerve conduction study test on my 
on the nerve, but we couldn't find anybody there to do it. So I came back home, saw somebody else. They couldn't get me in in Tampa until like October. So found somebody in New York City um, on Long Island, flew up there um, like the end of July. Because um, like I said, this was like the fifth doctor. They did the EMG test, which is they had to like stick needles in my neck to like shock the nerve and see if they were working. And it was like big relief that both nerves were good. They were working. Uh, they did CAT scans to make sure like, I guess it's like a joint that opens them. So make sure the joint wasn't dislocated or anything. That was all good. So basically what it ended up being was uh, scar tissue grew that there's the two joints that open, which opens your vocal cords, uh, grew the joints together. Um, so it was getting worse, which is why like after hang down, it kind of just was progressively getting worse. The more, more I trained and stuff. And, uh, how much, went uh, in and, uh, how much, what, go ahead. how much, uh, like how much did, did they give you a percentage on like how much air you were only able to get or how much, you know what I mean? Like, did they give you a percentage of, of how bad it was? They, they told me it was probably, I have like pictures and stuff, but it was probably about like 10% of what, of what my airway should be. Really? Um, That's it. Of wow. what, of what it was. Yeah. Like I said, it was getting the worst, just the scar tissue was building up. And right, right. The, the doctor told me basically when they shoved the breathing tube down my throat in Houston, obviously I'm thankful because they were sa- trying to save my life. Yeah. Uh, but um, they obviously maybe kind of cut it a little bit or uh-huh. just damage it yeah. you know, a little bit. And when that was healing, you know, maybe they cut it a little bit. Um, they obviously it was in there for a week. So it started healing. Um, I couldn't really do anything. So I wasn't, I was like out of breath if I just like stood up and walked around, obviously because of my lung at yeah. that point. And uh, yeah. it just kind of grew together and was, like I said, getting worse where they wouldn't open like hardly at all. And uh, so he went in there and uh, just basically had to, it was orthoscopic so they didn't have to cut me open or anything, which was, I was in and out the same day. Uh, like I said, this was just like like four or five weeks ago that I had surgery and uh, went in there, cleaned everything out. And he actually ended up finding a mass, like called it a granulation mass. Uh, which was like growing under my vocal cords, which he said was probably from like a balloon or something like blows up when I put the breathing tube down you. And that was like, hmm. it said could have been rubbing on the, in, on my throat. And that was blocking like a third of my airway. So he cut that all out and, and, you, and basically cut a bunch of crap out of my throat. And uh, he like injected with a steroid. So the scar tissue wouldn't, you know, to prevent it from growing back or anything like that. So when, so, you, when you got done, was it an instant, hey, I'm better, I'm fixed, an instant, like, I'm so much better? Yeah, you know, like, when you wake up out of surgery, like, in, in the recovery room, you're kind of like, you wake up, but you're not you're not all there. Yeah. And, like, I still had, like, a, the oxygen mask on and everything. Like, was, like, as soon as I woke up, the first thing I, you know, opening my eyes after surgery, and, like, it was, like, instant. I didn't even, like, yeah. I don't know, I didn't even have to think about it. It was just, like, something that you take for granted, like, every, just breathing, you know, just a normal thing. It was like for me, like night and day difference. Like I could actually breathe again and back to back to normal. It's uh, it's so funny. Like, like um, it's funny because uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, stories, Kenny, and maybe you have some too. Maybe with Ivan or, or somebody or or Josh Hansen, your new writer. There's a lot of stories. <laughs> like you guys, as professionals, you just can't go to one doctor. Like you think, okay, all doctors are the same or whatever. They're not. They're like. You really need to look around and get the best guy well, for I think your he situation. Went to the same doctor, if the doctor would have told him what he wanted to hear and said, "Yeah, I know what's wrong with you. Let's fix it." No, but they were all saying, "Yeah, two months." He's like, "No way." Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, okay, I don't want to bring this show back to Tim Ferry again, but I'm going to do that. You know, he had this wrist injury, and he was 
going to three, four, five doctors, and they were telling him, dude, you're, you know, you're done. Uh, can't do much about it. Let's try this. Let's. He goes to a guy in Wyoming. The guy's like, oh, yeah, I can fix you. I know exactly what's wrong with you. Fixes him, and two months later, he's, like, new again. Like, this is after eight months or a year of trying to find a guy who could help him. And I don't know. I just always think, like, maybe with Ivan, I don't know, Ivan might have had something to do, something like that in his career. It's just you got to find the right guy. Hey, Chiz, so yeah. how long were you on the bike before you decided to go race Southwick? Uh, I started riding Monday after Unadilla. So wow. I rode uh, Monday, Tuesday, took off Wednesday, rode Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so five days. And then I rode like two or three days a week up to Southwick. So it was either seven or eight days uh, on the bike. So let me ask you a question. Before. If it was any other track but Southwick, would you take more time off? Because I know that you grew up in Florida, and, and I think you ride the sand pretty well. <clears throat> would yeah. you have just said, you know what? Because you've always had – I remember back when you rode – the light spike, um, when you did your own thing on the Cowie, you did really, yeah. really well there. And yeah, it uh, it obviously like played a big part in me coming back this weekend. You know, I, I knew I wasn't 100% ready where I want to be, but then at the same time, like I thought about it, like or I looked at it, like there's only three races left, and there's no more weeks off or anything. So it's like, you know, I only have three three more chances to really get out there and mm-hmm. and race this year. You know, and so obviously it was like kind of an advantage, I guess, for me, if you want to call it that, to to come back at Southwood just because it's one of, I guess you could say one of my better tracks. I actually really don't like that. I actually really, really don't like it. I just do good there. Yeah, you're just and, a good uh, sand rider, huh? Yeah, I really don't like the dirt, and I I don't know. I never I'm never comfortable there for whatever reason. It's just totally different sand. Like mm-hmm. at at home, like in Florida, there's not like there. It's like pretty hard packed and slippery there. Like it's yeah. not like. No, it's not I've never sand. been to Lamo, but it looks kind of like home is more like that kind of sand, like that deep, heavy, you know, sand. Where did you ride so, and prepare for it? Did you go to, to Kroom? Uh, yeah, I was in I was in Kroom uh, that whole first week pretty much. I was, I was just mud on it in there, and it was like 110 degrees and hot and down in a pit and just brutal, not very fun, but I was like, even if I wasn't racing Southwick, that's where I would have been because that's where I needed to you know, get, my bu- get myself back in riding shape. You and, know, uh, uh, you know, back get, get in uh, back in ni- the winter of 90, 1988, there was a young yep. Canadian there pounding out motos. Did you live at the ho- hotel right there, the or across the street? No, the, we stayed the Holiday Inn, right there, just right yeah. out the back door. Yeah, and I saw Barnett. I know you ride out of the hotel, dude. I, <laughs> and I saw Barnett when he was making his comeback, and and Honda was there, and it was just like I was like, oh my god, I was riding on the same track on, as these dudes. Dude, every time I've been there, dude, it seems like guys come out of nowhere on quads and jump across the track. And I think, it, yeah. it can it can be kind of sketchy. You got to go there like during a weekday when nobody's there. And usually, if there's like some quad guys, like if we have a couple of people out there riding, they'll be like doing donuts out there in the in the middle of the pit. And like you get out there and start like motoring by them like five times faster, and they'll usually pull over and watch you. So it's kind of um, not not too bad. But uh, yeah, for those that don't know, crew is like just a big. It's like a st- it's actually a state park, and there's like I don't know how many, like hundreds or thousands of acres or something like that. But in one part of it, there's a huge sand pit, and you kind of just just whooped out everywhere. It's not really any jumps, just is that, big sand books. And you see you Troy Adams there? Track. Was Troy there? <laughs> Troy, <laughs> Troy Adams. Yeah, he's, Troy, pound, he's pounding out laps. I, ro- I rode at uh, Randy Yellow has a track like that backs up the crew, but it's his own private property, and uh-huh. Troy was out there. Uh, with it, helping a kid, uh, teaching a kid when I was out there yeah, last week. And he's not riding. Got to see him. <laughs> no, he wasn't riding. He was just teaching. 
He's, he's saving, he's saving lives now. He's Troy Adams on a scale of 1 to 10 of talented guys that never got what they should have out of their career. Dude. Up any, there. He's pretty dude, up there. You go to any practice track, Troy was with the best guys in the world. Yeah. And, and I, something happened yeah. when the game yeah. dropped at a stadium when there's people. It just didn't work out for him. Good guy. Great guy. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Yeah, Kenny, you know, because he, he wrote for you. He yeah. was, he was, uh, I, I, he grew up in Florida, obviously. He's a little bit older than me, but I've known him since I was like on 60s. You know, I, I never really raced with him because he was a little bit older than me, but definitely yeah. a really, really good guy. Yeah, I would say out of cool all guy. the guys that, wrote, that he's probably one, one of my favorite guys to work with. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's in the top three for sure. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, uh, are you going to go back to the team that you're on this year or what, what's your, uh, what's your situation? Like, have you, have you talked for to those guys? Are they going to have you back? I have no idea right now. Um, really? I talked to him a little bit. Um, I would definitely, you know, wouldn't mind, you know, being staying where I'm at and uh, riding there next year. But I don't have a, I only had a one year deal, so my deal's up this year. And uh, they've been obviously really supportive of supportive of me, you know, being hurt, you know, pretty much all year. Yeah. And uh, definitely sucked, you know, because it was going Supercross was going really good the first few races and got hurt and. Kind of looking back now, I wish I wish I wouldn't have raced the like three or four outdoors that I did because yeah. I obviously I wasn't a hundred percent, and it was like after freestyle we knew what the problem was, but I was still trying to just like tough it out and deal with that in the meantime, and it just got you were pretty to much the point yeah. where it got to the point where it was like I told the team just like you know I'm I'm not healthy, I'm out there just riding around in 15th place, which is not where I should be or where I want to be or where I think you guys want me to be. So it got to the point where we just kind of had to all kind of talk and like, dude, you know, I, kind I, of make a, make a plan and like let me get healthy because it's not doing anybody any good to ride around in fifteenth place. You know, that's not where I want to be. And at Lakewood, I and, thought uh, you were. I thought I thought at Lakewood you're going to throw yourself down in the pit. You were so you were so you know mad, frustrated, upset. Yeah, yeah, that was the last one I did, and that was one that I we we talked actually before that race, and I really didn't want to. I knew that one. It's hard. It's hard to breathe there as it is. You know, being normal because of the altitude, and I knew that one would be tough. But you know, I, I wanted to be there for the team, and I wanted to. I wanted to be out there racing. So we just kept, you know, kept trying. But it just kind of. I just feel like it kind of. It maybe made me look bad to people for getting a ride for next year or whatever. But you know, we made the right decision. I was out there. You can't can't take anything back. And uh, you know, I was out there trying. You know, that that's that's the kind of person I am. I don't. I don't want to give up, and I don't want to be sitting on the couch. It's uh, do everything I can not to be, but it just got to be too much and was getting worse, and we had to get it you know, sorted out. And Luckily, we did, and enough time for me to come back for a few races. Uh, wish I had a lot more time to prepare, but you know, I'll, I'll take what I got and uh, just make the best of it. Let me ask you a question. Like After the, after your, uh, the race was over, your team manager, like, what did you guys, like, was he pumped with you? Did he say, hey, you know, good job this weekend? He like, what did your team manager say to you after the, after the race? Was he, like, pumped on you? Yeah, I mean, they were, they were happy with it. My, my kind of goal, we didn't really actually set, we set, we didn't, David didn't want me to set a, set a goal or anything, you know, and which I kind of agreed with him. I, I just want to go out there and do my best, see where I'm at, and kind of build on it and whatever that is. You know, but in the back of my mind, I, I wanted to be top ten. That's what I'd be happy with. And uh, I didn't ride great, and I didn't get good starts, and that was kind of why I was where I was. I want to be a little bit further up in the top ten. But uh, like I said, we'll take it. They were, you know, obviously happy just to have me back and uh, being back to myself and being able to actually come to the race and you know and be able to race and do what I you know do what I love to do and 
they're they're pumped just on that. And was I Mike there this weekend? It was a decent result to build on. So. Oh, so Mike, Mike was there. Mike was there this weekend, and yeah. David, that's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Kenny, Mike uh, and TV were there. I don't know how much Kyle knows or can say, but rumor in the pits is that Moto Concepts Yamaha may be switching brands. Yeah, next year. Chiz, if he stays there, could be on something else. We'll see. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I know. I'm sure, just like riders, you know, everyone kind of explores the options and right. uh, see, right. what, see what see what's out there, and you know, if there's something better, maybe you know, maybe not, maybe they. Stay where they're at, and uh, I think everything's kind of up in the air still, as far as I know, on on all of that kind of yeah. Like everybody's kind of sorting it hey, out, and you're feeling it out. Your number's permanent, right? You're going to be eleven. You're you were in a yeah. permanent. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, was, yeah. I can't see. I can't see. Like, I think like I think Tommy's a great rider, but I don't think I know Tommy's not staying there. I know he hasn't been really happy. Um, yeah. But like for you, I cannot see those guys not rehiring you coming from a guy like. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for you. I think you do a good job. I know you have a good support group behind you with your girl and your family. And I cannot see, no disrespect to Moto Concept, because they do what they got to do. I cannot see them getting a, a caliber rider better than you. You know, why would they go yeah. outside the box when they have already have you there? Yeah. That's, what, that's, yeah. what, that's my theory. Yeah, I would, I would like, to, I like to hope that. Like I said, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything signed for next year. Yeah. And, you know how everything is until it's signed and and all that. Hey, I'll um, be, be kind of content then, but yeah, hopefully, you know, it all works out. You know what's frustrating? Every time I go over to your truck, your chick is hating on me nonstop. So I know, dude, isn't your chick about you at home, dude? dude it's so frustrating. What's the deal? I heard your girl was like on. She's like a reality TV star now or something. What was going oh, on? Oh, my wife, very very excited to see uh, somebody <laughs> she knows on a reality show. Wow, she wasn't yeah, that no, she she was on, me on. She was on the head like, for you. We're getting married in October, like. And three weeks, four, whatever. It's a couple weeks after Paula. I think it's October 34 days and, from uh, now. 34 days from now. Yeah. I'm well, counting yeah, down. She knows the date. She has a countdown. And, uh, no, yeah, we're getting getting married then. And she was on AS to the Dress, which is like a, I don't know, it was up in Atlanta, her and her mom and some of her bridesmaids went up and doing the girly thing, trying on dresses and, and all that. So it's a little, they make like a little TV show out of it on one of the wedding channels or something like that. Get, I always get it, roped into watching it at night anyways. But Did she get a free dress out of it? Yeah. Yeah. You get a no, free dress? she actually she actually didn't end up getting that dress. She uh she actually ended up getting like one of the first ones she tried on somewhere else. They like put the deposit on, on it but they they were gonna give her like a deal a deal on it or something like that, but she didn't end up getting it anyway. Yeah, it wasn't like a killer killer deal for you. Dude, I bet you that dress looks good on your lady because your lady's hot as shit anyways with a, with a nice <laughs> wedding dress. Dude, dude, you're gonna be pumped on your wedding she night. Keeps hit, she keeps hitting <laughs> on me, dude. She keeps hitting on me. Yeah, right. Dude. God, oh it's so gosh. irritating. Hey, I know, um, uh, Chiz, uh, uh, you know what's really cool? Y- you you wrote at Chad Reed's, and that that's yep. that's pretty cool because there was some. Some hard feelings there uh, that go back a few years at, at Salt Lake City Supercross, and it's, I think it's really nice to, you know, I know you feel bad about it, but what what went down and uh, and all that, and it, they weren't happy with you, but dude, it just goes to show that in the end we're all, you know, a, a kind of a big family, and sure we have some disputes, but you're you're able to ride at Chad Reed's house, and, and who 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 saw that coming? So uh, props yeah, for you guys I, to make it up. I, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, he's he's definitely a really good guy, and. Uh, I didn't really know him that well, even a few years ago, or whatever. And all the crap went down. Stuff from I liked it. Water under the bridge, and uh, we, you know, we we talked a little bit. I've talked yeah. to him quite a few times since then, and he's, you know, I, I really earned a lot of. I already had a lot of respect for him, obviously, as a rider and all that. But 
you know, definitely gained a lot of respect for him, you know, lately. And after all that, you know, he never said one word to me, you know, after anything and, you know, you know, good or bad. And, uh, mm-hmm. definitely respect him a lot for that. And it's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe a two-two racing. A lot of respect for him. Yeah. Two-two racing in your future. Oh, wouldn't that what? be? That would be awesome. Oh, and then see you go into the number seven like you went into the twenty-two by accident. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh man, I don't know about the last part, but yeah, that'd definitely be cool to have chat. Hey, dude, someone just wrote in the chat room. Yeah. They that someone said in the chat room that uh, when I asked you about uh, what did David say when I asked you after the race, it was they said he left the race or something. What? what, what yeah, that he mean? he ended up leaving like right at the end of our moto or something like that. Oh, right. Um, I talked. I talked to him afterwards a little bit, and uh, Mike. Mike was still there. He ended up like all the freaking map, as you know. Kenny, yeah. were you? At, you weren't at the race, were you? Yeah, you didn't see me. No, I didn't see you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you I, I there, was there. You? I watched he, you on dude, TV, he, he bro. Doesn't go to I was there. He doesn't do national. I thought you were. So, I thought you were supposed to go. I was I going. Was to I asked some stuff. It, I didn't make. He was going to take Lindsay's uh, racer X job. Uh, see, that's what I thought. I was like, you're lucky you didn't go. I didn't, I didn't think you were there. I thought you were supposed to be, and I never saw you. Yeah, I and, would uh, definitely would have came by and You picked you a good one to not go to, I guess, Yeah. With the, with the old hurricane and everything. So, yeah, he booked his flight and got out Saturday. Um, I was supposed to go out, like, Sunday morning. They rebooked it for Monday morning, so I already had to stay, like, a day late, and then that one got canceled until, like, Tuesday. So oh. me and Tickle and obviously both of our – well, his wife and my fiance. We drove like at ten thirty Saturday night. We drove. We rented a car, returned our car, rented another one, and drove like nine hours to Pittsburgh. And uh, we ended up getting out Sunday. So hey, uh, the drive was not fun all night long. We uh, we got taking turns driving, and uh, that wasn't fun. But it was nice to be home Sunday. Dude, what is the deal? Tuesday. What is the deal with your guy Tickle and Nico Izzy? Are they just gonna keep fighting? <laughs> keep fighting at every track, like every few months? What is the deal? I don't know. I know. Dude. I I do know. I was I, I've known Nico for a long time. I haven't talked to him lately or anything, but obviously I talk to Brock all the time, and I know he is trying to kind of stay out of it, and you know he's not kind of bringing it upon himself. But yeah, they need to bury it. Getting or kind just, of caught in the middle of it, but yeah, they need to just like either beat the crap the out box. of each like, other. Yeah, I don't remember if you said it. But somebody said put him in a boxing ring and let him box yeah, it out like, or something. Uh, just get it over with. What, what's the? Yeah. What is it over? Is it over? I don't know what it's something? over. I really don't know. Maybe Chiz doesn't want to say. Yeah. But. I don't H- want to say anything. All right, hey, Chiz, let me ask you another today. question. What's how's Brock's spirits over the whole lights thing? Does he feel like he got the shaft? Uh, obviously, it's kind of frustrating. I know he told me he just kind of found out for sure like this week. So it's kind of like he knew. Obviously, there's a chance that he wouldn't, but. Yeah. At least what he said to me was that they were still figuring it out, and then he kind of got the, the for sure, you know, he's out this week. So Factory definitely kind of, yeah, definitely kind of frustrating for him, I think, uh, just because it's so late, and now he's kind of like start from scratch. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll land somewhere good, and um, did really good this year in Supercross. He's been struggling a little bit outdoors, um, but you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, I, I don't know, he's just struggling a little bit, but he's. Yeah. Still the same guy, obviously, and uh, it's the class is tough, and he's just having kind of a little string of bad luck and a little slump, but he'll he'll come around. Let's uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Greg Albertson, you there? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, top, top Jimmy's brother calling in. Yeah, yeah, I'm avid listener for sure. <laughs> you got a question for Chiz or for Kenny? Uh, maybe? No, I, I wanted to, I wanted to say Chiz, you know, great job this week, and I saw that, and it's just I hope 
he's not one of those guys waiting around for a ride at the end of the year. You know, it'd be a shame to, for a guy like that, that caliber, to have to wait until, you know, he's going to land something, but to have to worry and wait until October. So, uh, Southwick with sports, uh, he only is going to do last race, so it's good to see him do good at uh, Southwick. So, hopefully, you know, people don't forget that he was putting it on the boards in practice, you know, at, uh, you know, A3 and Houston and stuff. So, hopefully yeah, absolutely. Uh, people, people can, can remember that and not, not have to worry about, you know, maybe the struggles he was going through with the chest injuries and whatnot. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of why I wanted to get out there, you know, not much prep time, but I just want to put my face back out there and hopefully get some good results here at the end. And, you know, like you said, Supercross was re- really good. You know, my my speed has always been kind of, you know, I'm a solid guy and feel like I finish races good and I'm there, but my speed may be off from where I, you know, where I want to be sometimes and something I worked really hard on. And, uh, was right there and, uh, and, you know, putting in the top five and, and times, you know, with those top five, you know, fast guys and, uh, got hurt. And then it was, that's, that was kind of my reasoning why I was kind of a little bit bummed that I was racing the outdoors, not healthy was because I don't want people to forget about, you know, my, you know, right. how, how I can ride. So hopefully I can show them in these last couple of races and, and not have to worry, worry about a ride. But, um, yeah, until that day comes, we'll be just trying to put in some results. Greg, uh, uh top Jimmy. Didn't have a great weekend, huh? No, it was a tough weekend for, uh, for the little bro. Yeah, sure. yeah, no doubt. He was riding all right. But it's pretty hard without your suspension guy and your team manager around, huh? Whoa. Oh, well, I, yeah, I, I, you said it. <laughs> I didn't. No, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, everybody, everybody seems great over there. You know, it was just uh, a rough weekend for him. You know, he usually can come on, you know, put in the motos, and he, he had a misfortune at the end of the first moto. But, yeah, yeah uh, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, Jim, Jim Lewis never would have done that. <laughs> no, Jim. Jim's a good guy, you know. But I guess you know, I, I was I felt like you this weekend. You know, I was watching the race, uh, Coors Lights and whatever. So I really didn't have much worries other than you know maybe getting a phone call and having to rewind the TiVo to you know ask about some clickers. <laughs> so uh, maybe a little suspension help for the little brother. He called me in between motos. So, I uh, I, I can't. It didn't much matter, I guess. I can't believe it. Uh, Kenny said, uh, I I like the team manager and the suspension guy over there at the Valley. Good good guys, friends of mine. That's brutal. They left. Brutal. Um, you know, I could have left at one thirty, and I'm a freaking media guy, goggle guy. You know, and I chose not to. I can't believe on a track like Southwick, they just were like, "Peace out." I really can't. I'm sorry. I gotta f- find out what the deal is, but uh, not not cool. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bashing those guys either. They're both my friends, and I'm just talking nonsense right now. I'm talking shit on them, but I don't agree what they did, and there <laughs> has to be a reason why they left. But yeah, like I said earlier, you know, like. Me being a team manager, my job is to be there when the truck gets there and I leave when the back door is shut and everything's loaded up. It's my responsibility because if anything happens, I need to be there to, to take care of it. When you're not there to take care of it, who is there to take care of it? One of your mechanics? It's not their responsibility or their job. And to put one of your team guys in that position isn't fair to them. So, yeah, no doubt. It's, it, I mean, it was a tough call for everybody. I mean, everybody's got work to do, and I know the team's under a lot of going through a lot of changes next year. So, I mean, there's good reason to be back in California and get things rolling. But, I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, I don't – I'm not saying they're giving up. But, you know, they've had, you know, maybe some not-so-great results the last few races. And it's just the point of the season where you got to just keep putting it in, you know, and you got to realize, you know, hopefully it's your passion. I know these guys are both passionate guys about the sport. And sometimes, you know, you know, there's other guys that made sacrifices, you know, that you guys were talking about driving, you know, Chisholm, you know, and, you know, they wanted to get home. So, you know, they, they packed up at 1030, you know, at night and they drove to Pennsylvania, you know, a lot of people did that. And, you know, 
I, I and mean, like, like Kyle, you know, he, I'm sure he understands the importance of getting home and getting a few days of practice, extra days of practice in before, you know, Steel City and the predicament he's in. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had to make a, he had to make a call. And as an athlete, it ain't fun staying up all night and having to drive, you know, that drains you. But, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't want to hijack the show, but, you know, maybe Kyle can talk a little bit about, you know, having to make that sacrifice to get home. You know, that's just some, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I know they, I, I don't know the deal, the story behind them leaving or whatever. I'm sure there's reason for it, but, uh, I hope so. But yeah, definitely, definitely takes a lot out of you, uh, driving all night. Luckily brought me and Brock kind of switched on and off, but, uh, still, still wasn't that great. And then, uh, we had end up. Then we sat in the airport all day waiting to fly and flying home. It was definitely a little bit of a hey, energy did you, zapper. But did you go and have some of that Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Uh, right? No, I, uh. dude. We got there and like my flight wasn't until like that like late afternoon, and we got there in the morning because Brock's flight was like earlier in the morning, and they said that they were going to like close the roads and all this crap. So we're like, let's just go. So we got there and they wouldn't let us check our bags until like four hours before. So we had to sit like outside, like where there was nothing, for like out oh. for a few hours. Dude, I would have went and got a hotel. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I would have went and got a hotel and thrown it in my lady hey. a little bit and had a good time. Thrown it in your lady. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I made, that, I made my lady. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. Hey, are, you, are you banking like the Hart and Huntington manager there? I don't know. Sometimes I know you're a privateer at heart. Sometimes you got to buy the yeah, real estate for bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to let me explain. I made my ladies, both of us, sleep in. We, we found, like, these two chairs. Because, you know, at the airport, all the freaking chairs have armrests. So you can't, like, lay down. So we found, like, I don't know what they were. They look like chairs from, like, the 1950s. We found two of them and, like, sat in one and put our feet, like, put our feet out onto, like, the regular chairs that were already there. Yeah, I made us I made us sleep on that for a few hours. She wanted to go get a room at the, the Hyatt that's, like, attached to the, you know, where we stay after uh, Steel City. And I'm like, we called, and they have like a day rate of like uh, 110 bucks or something like that from like nine to five. And I'm like, oh. I'm not paying 100 bucks or 120 bucks for a room to go <laughs> take a shower and sleep for a few hours. She was pissed, so uh, I got the I got the cold shoulder there for a little while. But hey, I'm gonna I, pick I was, out. I was banking gonna, like Kenny, I would have went and got a room. But hey, I, I'm gonna pick I, out I right now. Budget. I've seen you in the airport many a times. Flip flops, basketball shorts, and a <laughs> basketball jersey. Yep. That's, that's what Chiz was wearing. Hey, that's, that's what I'm wearing right now. And your hair was just totally messed up. I see this guy in the morning. I'm like, dude, look at this guy. He looks like he just crawled out of bed, and you're just like half asleep well, unlike, walking to your game. Unlike Kenny's, I, I rider, probably did. unlike Kenny's riders, you're coming straight from the after party to the airport. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh, uh, no, you know what? Yeah, no, that's, that's me. Hey, so. uh, Greg, and, and again, uh, Chiz, too bad Greg called and he's hijacking the whole show. But, uh, Greg, what, what's, what's, what's top Jimmy got going on next year? Is he talking to some guys? I mean, he's got to be doing uh, – got to be know, getting some I, attention. He, I think he's, he's just stuck in limbo again. You know, it's just like, you know, you're, you're, he's put in that position where, yeah, right now he's, the, you know, our 10th place guy. And until he breaks up into that, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th spot, then you're, you're waiting, you know. You're waiting on everybody else. You, you're in line, you know. And he'll get a ride. On paper, I always tell him, you know, he's a, he's a great guy and he's a nice guy, but that, that doesn't get your eyes. And Kyle will tell you that too. He's been in that position, yeah, and you just gotta you just gotta wait in line and you know take what you get. So you can be a nice guy and say, oh, this guy's great, but people really don't give a rat's ass about. You know, it's all about results. So even if you're a nice guy and you do everything right, 
and you get ninth place at the end of the day, and the guy that gets eighth is a complete fucking dickhead. <laughs> ninth place guy, ninth place guy is still waiting on the eighth place yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh my God, it happens uh, every time. I think I got a, so, no, then, I think I got a noise quote out of that. Yeah, and then you got the you got you know the teams complaining about these riders, you know they got, and it's funny how every team thinks their program is going to change the rider, you know, change the rider that had a couple bad years or the rider that oh yeah. well he he used to drink all the time and be on drugs, but you know, and, and granted it's it's worked out once or twice in the history of motocross, but I mean, yeah, gotta look at those guys and they don't really yeah. bounce back, you know, and and yeah, I'm all for second chances and all that too, but yeah, there's a and, point you know, where you gotta. Exactly, it's the third and fourth chances, but you know it is what it is, and you know it's hard to look past raw talent when when somebody's got it, and a lot of these guys want to take the chance, and yeah. sometimes they luck out that the rider made a change in their life. You know, they're not the, the team is themselves; they're never going to change a rider. So until yeah. you know, until the rider steps up, and maybe you got lucky, and that rider looked in the mirror that that year and said, "Here, this is the year I'm getting my shit together. I'm going to do it." You know. Yeah, Kenny's uh, Kenny's seduced by a certain rider's talent as well. And he's gonna give him a four shot. Well, I mean, he's earned it. He's earned his stripes. If you're, I mean, a handsome that I absolutely look at what he, he put in. No. I mean, he's he's back on the map. Great like, shot, you're back. It's, it's, that's a no brainer in my mind. No brainer, Greg. Uh, no brainer. Yeah, it's a no brainer. That that fits so uh, good. You know, right. obviously he was in LA. He was doing the whole the hills or whatever. You know, LA. I, I just. And obviously, to me, it looks like he found, you know, his medium, his moderation, you know. You know, he can still have fun, and now he knows, you know, whether it was Mitch Payton or himself or whoever gave him that guidance, he can go, you know, do what he needs to do, and he knows the work he needs to put in to get the results he's been getting, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, you're right. You've got some good good points there, Greg. Um, all right, man, we're going we're gonna to move on. Thank you. We've got our next guest coming up. All right, well, uh, thanks for the underwear, and um, <laughs> no. I didn't get the jerk. Circle jerk shirt or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> That's all right. I think you got like they're like uh, maybe Star Trek fans or like Dungeon and Dragons. I don't know where you get your fans, Steve. Dude, uh, Coy Gibbs tells me every weekend that uh, complete weirdos come up to the truck and ask him stuff about the show, and he says all of our fans are weird and he and they scare him. He tells me that every weekend. Yeah, but I'm he gonna, loves I'm him. Sure I'm going to pick up like 600 followers from this. Yeah, and, and, but Coy will tell you this: they scare him, but he loves taking their money when they when they buy some mods from <laughs> JGR, JGR yeah. mods. Yeah. That's right. All yeah. right, th- yeah. thanks, Greg. We'll see. Hey. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. See you, bud. Hey, Chiz's chick wants some underwear. Greg, Greg, uh, she's yeah. in. Yeah, she's in. She's in underwear. Hey, yeah. guess what kind of underwear I have on right now? Yeah, free, none. Free gun. Free ball, none, well, zero. None was, none was a good guess because it, it, it is my time to have none on right now, but I'm not talking to you guys. But I have some free guns. Nice. Some, uh, I have some ladybugs on right now. I have some girly ones on. Nice. Fair. All right, well, you guys enjoy yourself. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Kyle, thank you for calling the show. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the Pulp Mech Show. Uh, super yeah. appreciate it. Good job this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I, I like uh, – I hope, you you know, everything goes well for you the rest of the year. You're one of the good guys in the sport. And – uh we cheer for you. Yeah, good luck, Chiz, yep. with everything, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. And right. I'll, uh, Kenny, you going to Seal City? No. No? Going to Havasu uh, that weekend. Havasu. Big weekend. You have fun while you can. Superhouse will be here soon. Yep. <laughs> All right. Hey, congratulations <laughs> right, thanks, on your wedding, too, by the way, yep. bud. Yep, thank you very much. Mathis, are you coming or not? Uh, yeah, I think I am. I don't know. Uh, i got to f- figure out this Montreal Supercross deal. But if yeah. It, it doesn't... Yeah. yeah. That's fine. No, no rush. Nothing. No. But yeah. No. Uh, Timmy's. Gonna, Timmy's going to be there, right? 
Uh, I'm sure he will be. It's only a few miles away. I know. Believe me, if he's there, I'm there. I'm, I'm trying to make it work. I'm only like two miles from his house right now. Aren't you jealous? Yeah, can you go over there right now? <laughs> I'll go over his files. I'll let hey, you know what he's doing. He texted me the other day, out of the blue. I see how it is. That's it. That's <laughs> all he did, dude. That's it. I have no idea what he's talking about. So that's awesome. He's he's keeping you on the uh, on the leash, trying to keep you on your toes a little bit. I think. I know exactly. All right, Chisholm. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, bud. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, Kenny. See you, Mathis. All right, take care. Oh, I noticed how you didn't say bye to you. I get no respect. <laughs> Hey, that's what's Kyle Chisholm, Motor Concepts Yamaha, uh, on the show. Greg Albertson, also, thank you for calling in, Greg. Uh, some good points there as well. Um, uh, hopefully, top, if Top Jimmy and Kyle, Kyle Chisholm got rides together, he'd be like the all-time nice guy team. He'd go over there. They'd be like, hey, do you need a sandwich? I'll make you one. There's water in the cooler if you need it. Uh, both, uh, both good guys, no doubt. Okay, we're going to uh, come back with Jimmy Button, Super Agent Jimmy Button, uh, coming up next to give us his take on a silly season and everything that's going down. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a commercial break. You've been listening to the Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com. See you in a little bit. You're listening to the Pulp MX Show presented to you by BTOsports.com featuring Kenny Watson and that other guy. Thanks for listening. Please support our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Whatever you need for your bike or body, BTOsports.com is your destination as we carry all the leading brands. BTO has you covered with the best selection, best service, and best prices around. Make sure to punch in that code M-A-T-T-H-E-S and any order over 100 bucks gets a Mathis size discount. BTOsports.com is proud to be on board the Pulp MX show and make sure to check us out on the web at BTOsports.com. Check out our current special for free shipping on all international orders over $799. Works Connection has been around 22 years, providing top quality protection for your bikes which includes our quick adjust clutch perches, work stands, and skid plates. We're proud sponsors of the rock star Makita Suzuki, as well as Hardin Huntington, and many other teams competing on the highest level. From Steve Lansom in 1990 to Ryan Dungey in 2011, we've got you covered with top-notch products made right here in the U.S. of A. Check out our website at worksconnection.com. And when you order, enter Pulp MX for a 20% off discount. As a motorcyclist, one will have certainly come across the name AGV, most probably because Valentino Rossi, one of the world's fastest and most talked about racers, wears them religiously. Well, the legendary Italian helmet brand, which started manufacturing helmets in 1947, has decided to return to our sport with two motocross helmets, the MTX and the new AX8. The AX8, with its carbon Kevlar fiber shell, has a sneaker, more aggressive styling, amazing cooling and ventilation, and only weighs 1,500 grams. This helmet has been developed and used by Gautier Paulin, Travis Pastrana, Davey Millsaps and 2008 MX1 World Champ David Philipparts. The AX8 retail price starts at $349. You can check them out at all Parts Unlimited dealers or directly at agv.com. In 1973, Don Emler started FMF in his Hawthorne, California garage. 
38 years later, that garage is a 90,000 square foot state-of-the-art manufacturing facility where proudly everything is still produced 100% under one roof using only the best American material. The only thing more important to us at FMF than winning is our customers. So here's a big thanks to our fellow riders for giving us the 2010 Reader's Choice Award in every major U.S. motorcycle publication. It's the passion that drives us. So thanks for making us number one. FMF, built in the USA, proven on the track. The solution to safeguarding your bike, your tools, and everything else is easy. It's Vivint Alarms and Home Automation. Whatever it is you want to protect, Vivint is one of North America's largest security companies. And on top of the peace of mind you get from having everything protected, you can also get home automation as well. Imagine controlling everything, from your thermostat, lights, to cameras, from your phone. Vivint lets you do all that and more. Ryan Villapoto and even Mathis himself have and use the system every day. Pulp MX Show listeners save 100 bucks by clicking on the banner on the show page. Want to learn more? Go to vivint.com slash pulpmx. The result of design, experience, and factory rider feedback. Fly Racing Helmets, Racewear, and Protective Products continue to push the boundaries of innovation and technology, fit, function, and finish. Worn and endorsed by pros Andrew Shard, Trey Kennard, and Team BTO Sports BBMX riders Michael Byrne and Jason Thomas, Fly Racing designs products for the serious racer and rider. The difference is in the details. For more information, visit flyracing.com to view its entire range of exciting products or follow Fly Racing on Facebook and Twitter. With over 20 years of experience in the graphic design and motocross industries, Tech One Designs has the expertise you need to make your bike look like the pros. Offering a variety of semi-custom and fully custom graphics for your bike, Tech One Designs delivers just what you need at the prices you want, with backgrounds starting as low as $29.99 and full graphic kits from $149.99. As a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Show and its dedicated listeners, we want to show our support by offering 15% off your next order. So go to tech1designs.com today and enter the discount code PULPMX15 at checkout to save money today. The next time you need to get your bike dialed, think about contacting JGRMX for all your engine and suspension modifications. Joe Gibbs Racing jumped feet first into Supercross and Motocross a few years ago, and using their state-of-the-art engine and suspension dynos, they are able to provide you with the best mods out there. Using what they learned from team riders like Davey Millsaps, Justin Brayton, and Cooper Webb, JGRMX can get you and your bike to the top level. Look for an announcement soon for the all-new amateur motocross team. Check them out on the web at JGRMX.com. JGRMX is a semi-proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Show. If you live your life loud, then Kicker audio components are for you. Kicker has been behind the sport of Supercross and Motocross for a long time now and is a personal sponsor of some of the biggest names the sport has ever seen. Names like Jeremy McGrath, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, and others rely on Kicker for all of their needs. Kicker's been around a long time and is known to bring their best into each and every product they make. Whether it's speakers, amplifiers, subwoofers, or any other product, we have you covered. Check us out on the web at kicker.com and remember, live it loud.
Race fans, LiveFast presents round two of the nuclear fallout series. The LiveFast Cup, fueled by Monster Energy, taking place September 23rd through 25th at the Exit 28 Motorsports Park, just east of Reno, Nevada. Come watch the country's top pros as they duke it out for a $20,000 pro purse. Amateur races all three days. Best whip contest along with the bikini contest and a dash for cash. Hurry down to your northern Nevada Walmart for free ticket vouchers by stocking up on these participating products while supplies last. Monster Energy, Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Barefoot Wines, Budweiser, and Muscle Milk. All details at LiveFast.com. That's LiveFast.com. Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Hi, this is Michael Essie, factory Red Bull KTM rider. I depend on Free Gun to keep my junk clean, and so should you. Coming at you, Pulpo Mech Show, presented by BTO Sports. Hey, thank you to our uh, our sponsors, BTOSports.com, X-Brand Goggles, JGRMX, FMF Racing, AGV Helmets, Works Connection, Vivin Home Automation, Tech One Designs, Fly Racing, Free Gun, Kicker. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Kenny, for, for coming on also. It's a pleasure to be here with you, sir. Did you see the Twitter where the guy? T- I think I retweeted it. It had the it had the set tape in the in there. No. Dude, guy, shut this off, dude. A guy tweeted a photo. Dude, you want to know something funny? When I left here the other night, I got in my car and this freaking song came on the radio, and I was like, <laughs> "Best story ever, ever." It's right up there for me. I love it. It kind of reminds me of my dad. I'm traveling with my dad, too. Like, he's pretty gnarly like that, but it's nice to see. Uh, hey, guys, uh, right now we got our next guest coming on. Former factory Yamaha rider. Former, former national. Factory Suzuki rider. Factory Suzuki rider. Former national winner. Factory Honda rider. Probably only guy whose grip f- came off in the middle of a triple jump in the air. Now turned agent, Jimmy Button. JB, what's up? What's up, boys? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Uh, I always feel so honored when I get the uh, when I get the text or the email saying, "Hey, you want to come on tomorrow night or next week's show?" So I like the always always happy to uh, to be in your guys' little crew here on a on a lovely Monday evening. I like to think you're a friend of the show, JT I Button. I would like to think so. Um, who else? Berluti. Thanks for the reminder on the uh, on the grip at Houston '93. That was yeah. killer. Oh, Dean Gibson, bad deal. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a guy on Vital. I think he's on Vital, and I think his name on Vital is Trailblazer or T Blazer or something like that. That's been posting all these videos from right. like 
94, 93, and 92. So I've got to go and relive those mm-hmm. old races. Some I won, some I had my grip fall off. And <laughs> hey, dude, I've seen that on Vital. Out, but nevertheless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, B-Bag. Hey, I was I seen some of that, dude. And the best one I've seen was the Golden State National at Brona Oaks, bro. Did you see that no, one? No, was it Carlsbad? Carlsbad? Yeah. That was dope. Jimmy Button, factory Honda rider. Yeah, 50J. Did you, did yeah, you, dude. J, dude. Did you see hey, that video? That was, yeah. hey, that was pretty badass back then. It was me, Budman, Jimmy Gaddis, Fro, Chad Pedersen. Dude, that was a big deal back then because we used to, the eighty expert class. We used to race on Sunday when the one twenty five, two fifty, and five hundred pros race. And that was like our one time a year that it was going to be on TV. The American Sports Cavalcade. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was pretty cool, dude. That was pretty big for a twelve year old. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> yeah, you. Was were. that the first time? Was that the first time you were on TV racing? I think so. The interesting part about that is is that I whole shotted the second motor, just got this gnarly whole shot. And Mitch Payton gave me a hundred dollar bill after the race is over for ripping the whole shot because I was, I was on full PC stuff. And dude, he gave me a hundred dollar bill. I thought I was I thought I was going to go buy a Ferrari. I thought I was that rich. <laughs> um, no, the guy uh, Tony Blazer there. He he sent me. I hooked him up with some stuff. He's literally sent me all those races plus another fifteen to twenty DVDs. I where does so, he get them from? I from Jesus. I think they're seriously a gift from God. I've been watching them nonstop. I've got. I've watched a bunch on the plane, and I want to do another one of those classic commentaries with you, Jimmy. Over who knows what race? Because I've got Dude, so, this many, guy needs fu- so many good ones. And you know what? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the back here for just a, for just a hot second. Dude, I gotta tell you, like I've been kind of like it's been great for me because I've been able to kind of actually like relive and go kind of watch my career, like the early stages, because that's pretty early. That's like my. That's like my second year being a pro or whatnot. And every time I, I had, like, good equipment underneath me, like, I was I was pretty seriously in contention to be up front for podiums or wins. I'm like, geez, man, if, I, if I'd just been able to keep a, a good bike underneath me, I wonder what could have happened in this whole career of mine. Yeah, I watched uh, 94 Gainesville, and I'm like, wow, JB's on it. You're JT Gear yeah. 34. You ran top five. Well, you ran top three for a while, battling yeah. with LaRocco or Cardozzi. I got like fifth or sixth. That was my first 250 race ever. Yeah. I got like fifth or sixth first motor. And second motor, I was up front. And f- funny enough, is I was right with, uh, with Dowd, and I remember this clear as day because I was right up front with Dowd and Brooks. And there was that big step up, that elevator jump yeah. at uh, a Gatorback. Dude, and I stuck the thing into second gear right as I was going up the face of it, and my bike just just totally wound out. And obviously, you can tell by the videos, I yeah. came up, I don't know, a good 10, 12 feet <laughs> yeah, short exactly. and just completely cartwheeled myself. Yeah. yeah. But um, no. I was so pissed when I came back into the pits, and uh, the guys in Suzuki weren't too happy with me because I pretty much tacoed the bike, and I mm-hmm. destroyed a set of works, forks, and frame, and... I was so mad. I'm like, don't worry. I'll go win Daytona next week. And I, did, I actually did it. So that was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what's crazy, Jimmy? If you think back, like, what if if I would have had good stuff under me? And now I think about the guys like nowadays that, that have good equipment, and they don't realize what they have. And that's something I always try to tell my riders. Like, looking back at life and trying to tell them to get away from your team onto good equipment? Exactly. <laughs> So you're saying, Mike, I'm you're kidding. An idiot. You're I'm an idiot. joking. But what I'm trying to get at is living your life 
wondering what if in the past isn't a good feeling. That's what I always try to tell my guys. Like, dude, wondering if you how good you could have been if you tried. Like now, that's what yeah. I try to talk to Hill about. Like right now is the time because if you look back at it and wondered, I wonder how good I could have been if I gave it everything I had. And looking back no, at life, for sure, you don't you don't want that. I mean, I I kind of got uh, um, I, I kind of got put in a, a weird, awkward position on a couple of different occasions during my career. It certainly wasn't for a lack of trying because I mean, you know, I mean, when Suzuki fired me, I had won you know three races. I had like. 13 podiums that year. I mean, shoot, if someone does that and this, you know, right now in this day and age, no matter if they're a nice guy or they're a complete douchebag, they're going to get a raise or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've just, I got caught in a kind of a weird economic situation with some guys and whatnot. I ended up losing my ride. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I was maybe a little bit over-enthusiastic a few times in my career. And, well, that's the only thing. I, I maybe put too much on the track. I don't know. One, uh, and, and that same race that I talked about, Gainesville, want, you want to talk about what you, something you guys are talking about. Winner, first 250 moto, Brian Swink. Beating yeah. everybody. There's, yeah. There's dude, a, Swinkster was a bad dude. I think that if Brian... I think if Brian hadn't got so bent out of shape on uh, just how things are going and, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that, you know, he... You know, maybe made a wrong decision in leaving PC and signing with Suzuki. I mean, I don't know if, if you know. I know that he'd kind of mentioned that a couple of years later. Yeah, I think that, that that maybe kind of worked against him a little bit from a mental aspect. Dude, but Swink was bad. He was so fast and just super hardcore. But I think you know, I think he just got bummed out on a few things and it really started to work on him. You know, from the mental side, but. He was awesome, man. I raced against him a lot, you know, as right. amateurs and as pros. We raced a lot, and we were teammates, uh, you know, Suzuki for a couple of years. And I always thought Brian was cool. He was funny as could be, and you know, fun to hang out with. And you know, the guy actually did work pretty hard. He just, you know, got a bad rap in there, but he yeah. was a bad dude, that's can, for sure. Well, can you imagine, like, put yourself? Uh, I wasn't a mechanic yet. I started in '96, but can you put yourself '94 uh, national opener? Kudowski, McGrath, Larocco. Uh, Dowd, et cetera, et cetera, and Brian Swink comes out and works him. Well, maybe not works yeah. him, but wins. Wins, yeah. wins the first month, yeah. you know? Um, that's some serious speed. Hey, have you listened to Steve's podcast with him? No, I haven't. You need to I listen. Didn't even know he did one with Swink. Yeah, you need to listen to that one, dude. It's 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 kind of, uh, if you know Brian, it's kind of tearjerper, man. It's kind of... It, it, it grabs it grabs a hold of you, man. I don't, th- I don't think Jimmy wants to listen to it. <laughs> no, I think Button should listen to it because Maybe. you know what? He's the type of guy that knows Brian very, very well, right. and that might yeah. be able to do something for Brian. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link, JB. Um, yeah, please do. Uh, please do. Hey, let's uh, let's talk uh, present day. We've done enough. Oh, of that. damn, we're done reminiscing. I know. Well, we, we, we can keep going. But uh, no, oh, cool. also, uh, 96 J- – Japan Supercross, you rode well too. I watched that the other day. Bradshaw wins. Everybody go. I think it's that one. Everybody goes to Fukuoka. Uh, I don't know. It's an outdoor stadium. It's kind of muddy. No Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo. Bradshaw wins yeah. the first one. You rode pretty good though. Um, but weren't we teammates on that race? Didn't you uh, moto the Yamaha team? Or is that Suzuki? Yeah, I, I rode for Moto House Yamaha. Yeah, we were teammates. I worked for Lewis. I remember. That's right. The, the guy next to me, he's like, oh, we need to change fork springs. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the forks off. He goes, we do this way in Japan. He flipped the, he flipped the bike upside down like, like we was a BMX bike changing the tires and pulled the fork the, the fork springs out from underneath. 
We're, we're all looking at each other going, really? Yeah, that was uh, Moto House. Dude, those times were fun, man. You know, a lot of these kids these days don't get to experience Hey, do you remember the, did, do you remember you know, the after party? Japan and going to Europe so much and racing against all the different guys and everything. So. Hey, do you remember the after party when we went to that bar and we opened up that glass case and it had all those like ninja swords and crowns in there and the guy came into the yeah. bar and freaked that out? On, dude, that was like on a... I think we did... Did we do that the night that we got there, like a Wednesday night or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. There was nothing to do in town so we yeah. really found that. It was like an English pub or something. Yeah, and then we had to walk back to the hotel and we are walking through that park with all the bums and J-Bone kicked this bum. He was in a sleeping bag and Jeremy walked by and kicked the guy and the guy jumped up like Bruce Lee. It was fucking funny as shit. <laughs> Jeremy took off front of the guys. Like, ah! Awesome. Uh, um, everybody was tongue and fighting. Yeah, Swink was like, "Whatever, Albrecht, you're a pussy." We'll have to get Jay Bone on the show to clarify that. I bet you he wouldn't want to hear that story. Oh, he would never know. He's he, perfect. He doesn't like those stories nowadays. Yeah. Um. Hey. Okay. Silly season. Here we go, Jimmy. You're you're an agent for for many riders. Some of the top riders in the sport. And. uh Things are getting a little. Do you find it uh, a little more activity right now? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty crazy actually because stuff started really really early. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would say for the way the economy is and what's happened for the last two seasons, <laughs> it started like massively early because hell, I remember two years ago right now everyone was thinking the sky was falling and there wasn't even going to be dirt bike races anymore, but. Mm-hmm. We got through that whole deal, but uh, yeah, this year started really early, and then it, and it kind of like it hit the skids, it hit the brakes really quick. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that um, there's a lot of uncertainty with uh, with Dungey and James, and you know, I think the only certain thing is that Chad Reed's going to be on his own bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and that uh, Villafuerte and Weimer are all set up. You know, and I think you know, a few of the lights guys have multi-year deals and whatnot. But for the most part, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people are waiting for the domino to fall with uh, uh, with Dungey first, and probably James second. With you know everything going on with his team and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's been it's been yeah. interesting. You know, and there's there's a lot of good stuff going on. Really, I mean. It's amazing that there are, right now, I would say there's probably more rides than there are riders. Oh, yeah, really? But yeah. I, I would say so, but I don't think that there's there's more good rides, especially in the lights class. Because mm-hmm. in the lights class, there's really, you know, at, that, at this point, you know, there's only a couple bikes you can be on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and all those places are pretty much full with, uh, with really good riders. Um. Would you say, I mean, the Dungey to KTM we think is, is pretty much going to happen, right? I mean, we all know, we, th- we think it's done. Or, or, or do you have if information? It does, that... If it doesn't happen, I'll buy you a steak dinner. Yeah, okay, perfect. All right, I'll take Hope you up you on that, too. you have a lot of money. Um, um, we'll, do, we'll go to that restaurant in that movie, The Great Outdoors, that John Candy went to. He had to finish that old, old 69er. Old 96er. Well, Button pulling that out. Uh, no, you can't pull nothing over uh, Button, dude. But, uh, but James is an interesting... Interesting case. Let me let me run you through some scenarios that I've heard, and you can say if you if you haven't heard them or if, if James A stays on Yamaha, stays on his team, goes racing. B goes to factory Suzuki. C goes to JGR on a Suzuki or a Yamaha. Are those three scenarios? Have you heard all that? 
You think I've heard all three of those, and I've even heard more. Have you? Oh, Jesus. Which, which leads you to believe that no one knows what the hell they're talking about, and the only people that do are James, his immediate crew, and, right. and team, and uh, and whoever it is that he either is or isn't negotiating with. Right, so you know, is he holding... My understanding yeah. of his whole deal is that he had another year uh, with L&M, but L and M is, uh, you know, as everybody knows, is no longer what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically M at this point, <laughs> and uh, so you know, I don't, I don't know what how that thing is going to play out. I mean, I, I could see it working a few different ways. Yeah. And I could also see it working a few ways where it ends up in a uh, in a courtroom. No, I don't think that's you know, court's not good for anybody. I mean, everyone likes to threaten it. Oh, I'll sue you. I'll take yeah, you to yeah. court. This, that, and everything, but. You know, as, as someone that's been in a courtroom, whatnot, I mean, the only people that make money in a courtroom are the attorneys. So. Well, well said. You're right about that. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, there's definitely some stuff going on there, and we should know soon, from what I gather, from people I talk to, but I've been hearing that soon for a little while. So um, yeah. I guess we know that, uh, that he's not going to ride for Larry Brooks's new team, and that's about it. I mean, everything else is open. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, well, I, think, yeah, I, mean, I don't think he can. I don't think he could go to Cali. And yeah. Uh, yeah. he's not going to go to LB's team. He's not going to go to Factor Connection. Um, yeah. He's not going to ride for Chad Reed. Um, uh, yeah. Let's see who else can't he ride <laughs> for. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a bit, I guess. You're right. Um, you know, I, I can't see him going to KTM either. You know, with Dungey going over there and them having, uh, you know, Roxon. You know, Kenny's coming over next year and yep. he's going to. You know, he's the uh, the next great hope, I would say, for KTN long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and with Marvin, you know, who, by the way, I think, you know, I think he's going to have a good season if he can stay healthy. I, I, got a, I got a big belief that kid's pretty good and pretty talented. Unfortunately, I think the injuries really... Uh, Why, do you represent him or something? cost him a lot of confidence and whatnot, but that kid's pretty good on a dirt bike. Do you represent him or something? Nope, not at all. I just yeah. I, I've seen him ride a supercross track, and um, you know I've seen him healthy racing Grand Prix and whatnot. The mm-hmm. kid's got tons of talent, so um, I would like to have seen him healthy just to see what he could have done over here with the guys. Of course, our tracks are different. They're so much rougher than the Grand Prix tracks. Yeah, but uh, I still think he's got uh, a lot to give. Um, so, we good to see him next year healthy. What What can you tell us uh, about your, your brother-in-law Larry Brooks and Jeremy McGrath's team? I mean, obviously you're probably sworn to secrecy on some stuff, but it's going forward. It's going to happen on Hondas. Is that? Can we even confirm that? So the interesting part about that is, yeah, it's my brother-in-law and MC is my boy and right. all this other stuff. But I. You know, I think probably a lot to do with the fact of what I do and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else is I don't have a ton of information on the whole deal. Yeah. My understanding is is they are going to do something. Uh, I believe they're still trying to work out a few kinks in the armor. But, um, you know, with Jeremy being part of it, the the Honda thing is, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I would call that one a, a no-brainer. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, now, see, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, knowing Larry... And uh, you know a lot of people like him. A lot of people don't like him. You can you can take it or leave it for whatever it is. But uh, tell you what, there's uh, there's no other private team out there that's won Supercross titles like he has. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to put a good crew together of engineers and mechanics and mm-hmm. and uh, suspension guys. This that, and the other thing, and put all that internal staff together to 
to go after championships. And fortunately, you know, over the past, he's been in a great position to go after really good guys that are championship winning guys. But you know, for next year, um, you Wait, know, he's going to have a back in, year for back in, for Supercross. Hey, button, for back it up. A that he can hire for outdoors. That hey, he can go win a championship Dude, for him. But him. Uh, for Supercross, you know, he's going to have to have a little bit of the building year. Let our guest talk, Kenny. Let him. Finish. Hey, he's not a guest. He's our friend. First of all, <laughs> let's take Larry Brooks's career backwards when he first became team manager. He went from he yep. started KTM, got McGrath, started Chaparral. Chaparral, okay. Didn't win anything in Chaparral until McGrath got there, and Jimmy Button killed it. Okay, killed it. Okay, did McGrath thing. Went to KTM, did a good job there. Okay, won a, won a championship. No. No, his no. wheel broke. The wheel broke. No, no, no. no yeah, he no, was no. ever Langston. He, he won that title with, um, with uh, Langston. No. Uh, yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Won the 125 Adler title with Langston. I was going to say Nate. he would have won it either way because it would have either been Langston or Rhino. I was going to say. And uh, then he okay. tied for a championship with my boy at the time, Josh Hampton. In Supercross. In Supercross. And then okay. he started his own gig. Okay, and when he did his own gig, he he surrounded himself with the best riders he could get. He went out and got a good sponsor, and he got yep. Chad Reed, James Stewart. Yep. Okay, Larry Brooks is a good team manager. He knows what he's doing. But with those type of riders, you better win a championship. <laughs> you know, those guys For are sure. good. But I think Larry's going to have his hands full because there's really slim pickings. What do you think Larry does? Do you think Larry and Jeremy say, you know what, we're going to build on this year and we're going to build a base of a team and take guys maybe that aren't going to win but just build a program and then next year go after the banger? Or what, what do you think is left out there for him? I see him going I for Purcell. I, I mean, here's, here's my position on the deal. I think you go – You think he's going to get Purcell? I do. Because you got to find two guys. So there's some guys that are available that could go out and that could contend for a 450 outdoor championship. Um, but for a 450 Supercross, all those guys are already signed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got four guys, basically, really, that can do it. You got Dunge, you got RV, you got Reedy, and Stewie. And and Kennard. And, 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 and Trey. Yeah. And you got Trey. But Trey is Trey's locked up to Honda. Right. So those are really the main guys that can win Supercross races, that can contend for a championship uh, in Supercross. You know, and I think you go, you're going to be on good bikes, you're going to be on good equipment. You go this year, you build your team, you work out any kinks that you have in the team. And next year, you know, you, you keep whichever of those two guys did really, really well. And then uh, then you go, you know, you go drop a million and a half, two million bucks on a, uh, on a big name rider and you give them what they want. You give them the freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go after a super fan out their title. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I see Purcell. I see it. I, Larry would be tempted Purcell, by that. I think Purcell's one of those. He's that. Uh, he's that kind of weird catalyst. Yeah. that's going to be in the mix on something. Um, Do you think he rides? I could, see, it? I could see. I could see Purcell ended up at Suzuki. Actually, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you, so you think Purcell is definitely in play for an American Supercross and outdoor ride? No doubt about it. I would. I would think so. I mean, yeah. you know. Did he have a, a terrible season? For sure. Did he have some things he probably had to work out, you know, mentally as well as physically? Absolutely. But, dude, that kid's incredible on a bike. Whether it's indoors or outdoors, a guy can ride. And everyone that said, oh, he's he's lazy, he's washed up, he's this, he's that. I mean, all those people that talk and chat about all that stuff are just retarded because you don't win like he does, and you're not a world champion. And, I mean, 
Hell right. had his had his bike not broken and, and stuff like that. He probably would have had a couple outdoor championships as well. I mean, the, the guy's too good to discredit, and he's definitely uh, he's definitely a hell of a rider. I mean, look, he he won last weekend. You know, right. you know, he said he got his bike working, and he won. You know, he won. You know, I wouldn't say like walked the dog on everybody, but yeah, you know, he beat Kerry only for Sard, and those guys are bad dudes. So yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, what about uh, uh, Chisholm was on earlier? Told us that Brock Tickle has gotten the word that the rule is not changing. He has indeed pointed out of the 250 class, he's got a yeah. contract with Cowie. In in your in in your eyes, does that automatically put him on Factory Cowie because they honor that deal, or does it does it end the contract? Does he go shopping? What's a Brock Tickle going to do? I think uh, I think it's Jack for one. <laughs> I think the rule is completely screwed. You know, it's uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of guys out. The way it's set up right now, it's going to take nearly the entire top ten on the East and the West out after next year. I've seen the points. I've seen all the points for like the top forty lights guys at this point. And if any of them do worth a damn next year, they're all going to point out. Just the way the rule the rules written, it's the rules jacked. The rules always been jacked. It's been modified and tweaked and done this and done that all these times. But the rule is screwed up. I mean, you know, I, I think Brock, you know, the great he won the championship, but when you really look at it, he only won he's only won two supercross races. Right. You know, he's not really ready to go to four fifty class. I mean, even even Ricky, look back to Ricky. I mean Ricky went undefeated in the lights class or 125 back then. And he still said that he needed another year in the lights class to uh, to get himself to a point that he could jump on a 250 and, and be competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the same thing is going to happen with Brock. I mean, the kid works hard. You know, he's a good kid and everything else. But, you know, you need you need time to develop. And some kids develop really young. I mean, James, you probably could have put James in the, in the 250 class immediately. You know, he could have probably his fifth race. He probably could have rode the 250 class right. and been up front. But yeah. you know, those uh, you know James and those guys are freaks of nature. You know, they're not the normal average guy. And yeah, it uh, you know that big class is is tough. You know, it's tough to run up front and and, and do what those guys do. So I feel bad for Brock, and, and I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. Is he going to end up at Cali on the on the as the third bike? It could happen, I think, but. Uh, I think there's probably a couple other options out there for him. Yeah. Um, you could be end up with another Jeremy Buell, who certainly had a promising career, and now years later, everyone kind of agrees that Jeremy Buell kind of got screwed. Yeah, that's true. It, it's so true. I mean, there's, and there's, there's dozens of those guys that you, can, uh, yeah. that you can go back through and pick out. But, you know, I, I, that's the whole thing I don't understand. It's like these guys, you know, them staying in the lights class isn't going to hurt anybody. You know, and it's not really going to affect because if you can ride a 450 and ride a 450 very well, that's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to end up. But if you can't and you're pointed out, your career is over. You know, and that's to me, that's just not right. I mean, if you're a good lights guy, you know, who cares if you're in the class for nine years or ten years? You know, it's not a feeder system like it used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, back when. Back in the day when it was created, there was no work spikes. There were no factory guys. It was a true feeder system, and everybody went from amateurs and whatnot straight into the the, the big class, you know. But right. 
Um, I, I think it needs to be changed. I don't think there should be an east and a west. I think there should just be, just like it is outdoors. You know, there's a white class, there's a white supercross. And if you ride it 10 years and you win it three times, Great. then you're a bad dude. Yeah. You know, and the guys that are good 450 riders. And the 450 class will always be the premier class, the same that it is outdoors. Here's you know? the here's the drawback to that, and the, the devil's advocate, and I've and I've heard people say this: you cut that class and make it one, all of a sudden you have you lose jobs, you lose rider jobs and mechanic jobs, because teams all of a sudden just go, hey, I only need two guys, just like a 450 team, because you know I have two good strong guys. You don't need four guys anymore, two for each coast, and it'll cost riders jobs. That's the that's the flip side. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, I mean, I I do see that, yeah. but. Um, it, it's also one of those things that, you know, a, a guy that can win the white supercross class, his paycheck isn't as big as, as Ryan Villapoto's. Right. You know what I mean? So the 450 class is always the premier class. So, I mean, I can take that with a grain of salt because you got a hell of a lot of guys that were really good guys. I mean, extremely good riders mm-hmm. that are riding for 75 or 125 or 150,000 bucks that can go win supercross races. Mm-hmm. You don't see one guy making under a million a year that can win a, that can win a 450 race. Right. Yeah. Good so, point. A massive, so, I mean, a massive you know, difference. You can afford yeah. to have four guys, whereas, you know, you could do four lights guys for. You know what, half the cost of doing one four fifty rider, right? When it really comes down to like salaries and budgets and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, you're getting better so, value I mean, for your you buck, right? Uh, but you know, Steve, you could slice it up a million different ways, yeah. and you know, and, and hell, Kenny knows. Kenny's a team manager. He knows what budgets are and what it costs for a top guy versus a medium guy versus a a bottom end guy. I mean, you know, yeah, wraps his coolers too. Wraps his coolers, Kenny. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, what about uh, what about Tyler Rattray? He's one of your guys. Yeah. I always thought, and I think a lot of people thought, that he's just going to stay where he is. I mean, he's certainly in contention for an outdoor title each and every year. He had a good Supercross year, a couple of podiums. It seems yep. like a natural thing for him to just stay where he's at. And I'm sure Mitch would have him back and Cowie. I mean, he's done well, good representative. But I keep hearing that he's shopping around. Keep hearing this, and I'm not sure. Well, doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I'm his guy, so I wouldn't call what's going on shopping around okay. per se. Right. Um, we have definitely been approached by you know everyone at this yep. point, and uh, you know, and we're just waiting for you know we're really just waiting to have everything on the table from everybody. Right. You know, I think take a really calculated look at, at what uh, all the options are and. You know, it's not so much, hey, what are we going to do in 2012? It's like, hey, you know, how does 12 affect 13? And how does yeah. 12 affect 14 and 15? And 13 affect 16? And, yeah, yeah. And so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just taking a good calculated uh, calculated guess at, uh, at how everything could play itself out. And what's the best option for us? You know, what's the best option for him as a racer, him as a him as an individual? and. Mm-hmm. You know, and his financial stability with his, uh, you know, he's got a family, he's got a you know, wife and a baby that's a year old now, and, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to go into it, but yes, I mean, um, I, mean I think that, uh, you know, Cowley definitely has a, a great asset in him, I mean, he's, you know, mm-hmm. he works his ass off, and he does a job, and, you know, he, um, you know, he wins races, I mean, he's won four races this year in uh, outdoors, and you know, got a couple of podiums, and 
it's funny, I hear all the time everyone's like, you know, Tyler's been in the class for so long and so long and this and that, and man, you should be pointing it out, but this is his first season racing Supercross in his life. Yeah, no. I, 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 like ever, he got he got on the podium, he got a third place at A1, and that was his first Supercross he's ever raced. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because he is a world champion, and he has been here for a couple of years, but unfortunately, the, you know, when he first came over, um, in 2009, he was never going to race Supercross because of his deal, the way everything went with KTM and whatnot. There was really no time for him to test and get ready. And then, uh, you know, and then last year he got hurt, you know, a week before the first race, and he was he was riding great. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I think last year he could have had a really good season. And uh, and this year he did, you know. He had a couple of podiums. Yeah. Was always uh, really quick in time practice. And a couple of things that happened in the races that, you know, maybe cost him some positions. But all in all, he had a great Supercross season. I'd like to see, with his size and maybe being a little older and not having the, the – um... I'm going to cut your balls off to pass you mentality in the two. I'd like to see them on a four for the outdoors. He'd be, he'd be yeah. legit. He'd yeah. Be, he'd, I mean, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I mean, that would be, that would be a delight for everybody. Cause I think he's strong enough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think he could, I think he could go into the four fifty class, uh, outdoors and really contend for a championship straight away. Yeah. Uh, we asked Kenny this a lot on the show, but you know, he, he doesn't always know. So let's get the real scoop on Josh Hill. Uh, from from you, um, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But let, let's let's talk about Hill. What do you think? Uh, on track to come back? Josh is, you know what, Josh is doing good. Um, you know, a year ago, you know, all of us were really concerned that uh, that maybe it was it was lights out and career over. But you know, Kenny and and Terry and the, and the boys over at H and H, you know, really really did Josh a solid and said, hey, we don't want you to see see you do something stupid and. And end up putting yourself worse, and you know we're going to uh, we're going to sign you for a couple year deal, and you know, we're going to stick behind you and help you try to get back. And you know Josh has finally really turned that corner. He, he had to have a bunch of operations and and uh, get himself to a position that his body was going to start working. And you know when you have nerve damage like he did from that compartment syndrome. I mean, I know as well as anybody, nerves take a long time to heal. Yeah, yeah really And fortunately, you know, fortunately, he's, uh, that healing process um, took a long time, but it, 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 it did work, and it did heal, and he's, and he's doing better, and he's, he's walking around pretty well now, and I think that uh, I think he's probably going to be ready to be on a bike, you know, on a full-time level here in, in a number of weeks. That'd be good. Which, That'd uh, be would, cool. Yeah, which would give him plenty of time to get ready for Supercross. Um. I don't think that he's probably going to have the instantaneous speed right when he gets on the bike, but I think over you know a course of three or four month period, like you'll have to get ready for uh, for Anaheim. You know he'll probably you know he'll probably get pretty damn close to where he was before he got hurt, and yeah. hopefully throughout the Supercross season he can you know have some good performances and and get himself to uh, to where he should be, especially you know. Hopefully, by maybe halfway or even maybe a little bit before halfway in the season. Um, 702-586-7857 if you got a question for Jimmy Button about your favorite rider. I'm going to drop a name on you guys right now that no one has talked about or thought about, but I think could be a solid rider. You ready? Tim Ferry. Tim Ferry. Oh, believe me, Tim Ferry. Well, no, not Fasciati, but we can talk about his fifth if you want, and he's filling in at Troy Lee Honda. We can talk about that. Uh, Blake Wharton. Probably going to be out at Geico. Looks like they're full. 
Um, yeah, I could see, I could see those guys doing, you know, doing a fifth rider and maybe even doing a, a supercross only type of deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because they'll probably have, you know, an amateur kid coming up to ride the last three or four nationals, kind of like what they did with Bogle. Right. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I, I think a lot of these lights teams want to have a, a fifth guy these days because injuries, I mean, yeah. injuries, man. I mean, there's yeah. so many times during the year that these guys are getting injured and they'll only have one guy in the truck or, or hell they'll have, you know, look at Honda right now. I mean, they got no guys in the truck. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. you know, we've had kind of the Geico team has, has pulled those guys out of the water a couple of times, you know, with Kevin and with, uh, with Barsha. And with Trey but, last um, year, yeah, and Trey yeah. last year. Um, I know if you're Rockstar Suzuki and Dave Gallon, you're just pulling your hair out. You just haven't had a chance to field your team. <laughs> it just no, hasn't, you know, sure. stops and starts. And hey, hats off, i got to say one thing, hats off to Jason Anderson for pulling it back around. Absolutely. Riding good, mm-hmm. yeah, riding good. Yeah. Um, good you know, to see because, you know, that kid That kid was, uh, was great as an amateur and, a lot of times you have that deal where you come in with a lot of hype and you get your first ride, and it seems like a lot of those kids kind of fizzle out, and I think you probably had some uh, some interesting waters that he had to walk through in the beginning, and I think it maybe screwed him up a little bit, but it looks like um, looks like he's on a, on a better path, and he's riding pretty well, and it seems like he's got a little bit of staying power now uh, during the motos, which is, uh, which is great, so hopefully he can continue to do well and, you know, get himself back on the team for next year. I mean, I... I don't like seeing any of these kids come up and, and fizzle out. I mean, we need good riders in this sport, and we need these kids that are these amateur prodigies to to hold the water and uh, and come through for us and, and provide some good entertainment and you know and, and do a good job. So I'm glad he's uh, I'm glad he's turned the corner. Um, Alessi, Short, and Brayton. Is it uh, flip a coin? They they each offer you something, and they each specialize in something a little better than the other guy. Uh, but all three guys yeah. are up. Right. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get with each of them, right? You know, I never they each have their, uh, uh, you know, their advantages and disadvantages. You know, it's uh, that's a tough call. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I feel bad for Andrew with that situation that he's in right now, with mm-hmm. the elbows and his wrist and or hand or whatever it was that he broke. You know, uh, out testing. Uh, that's tough, especially when uh, you know you're starting to test some supercross stuff. You know, before the outdoor season's over, and, right. and you know you have. And I heard he had some sort of a mechanical, and that's what caused him to go down or whatnot. So that's tough, um, especially as him because I'm sure he wanted to finish the season off on a high note. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a hard deal, man. Uh, what about Millsaps? He's your guy, David Millsaps. Uh, yeah. Is he sort yeah. of on hold with the whole James thing, and then we'll go from there? Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, you know, we've been talking to some people about him, and, and I think Davey's, uh, Davey's high enough on the totem pole that I think something good is going to uh, come around to him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a lot of, you know, massive concern. And, and really, I mean, if you look at Davey's results, I mean, he was riding pretty well. I mean, he led that moto at, uh, at Redbud forever yeah. until uh, until those guys got around him. I mean, and, you know, Chad was riding just simply amazing that day, and and, uh, yeah, I mean, those guys were, you know, he's been riding great, and unfortunately he got hurt there and had to go, you know, back to his rehab. But David kind of kind of turned the corner, too, and, you know, his fitness was fine there, and it looked like that uh, a lot of those physical issues that he had, he probably worked through and was doing pretty well, so it was unfortunate to see him uh, have another injury. I think, yeah, I think Yogi was, uh, him and Yogi were finally working it yeah. out and, and getting over, you know? 
Yeah, I think they finally had really gelled and found a right. program that uh, that was working for both of them, you know, and that Davey could believe in and, and really go put a lot of effort into, and his results were starting to show that. So it just, uh, you know, it sucks that, um, you know, sucks that he got hurt, but, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, that's the sport we're in, you know, you gotta, you got to keep it on two wheels and stay out of harm's way as much as you possibly can, and and you know, try to keep yourself in one piece, but it's not easy over the uh, over the twenty eight race season that these guys have. Yeah, it's incredible. The 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 the, the greater thing is making it through um, all the way um, and without getting yeah. hurt. You know, what about uh, does Reed add a second rider in your mind? Does that, does that come together? Oh no, I mean I think it could. I think it could maybe. You know, and I'm just speaking off the cuff because yeah. I've not even asked Chad the question. Yeah, but, yeah, no, no, I, just, I think. Uh, you know, for him, if he was to have a second rider, you know, in all honesty, I think he would probably pull in one of his buddies like Burner. Right. You know, put Burner, put Burner on a, on a top-notch bike and and uh, kind of have some fun with one of his friends for the last couple of years of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see Chad riding, you know, a couple, two, three years more maybe at the most. I mean, he's got, you know, all the accolades in the world and he's done great and, um yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot more of, uh, there's not a lot of whipped cream and cherries to put on the top of the cake anymore for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, you know, he's got outdoor championships, indoor championships, world supercross championships. And I, I think Chad's probably, you know, his next venture is probably to be a team owner. And, you know, maybe he'll go do a little four-wheel race. You never know. Um, in, but, your, uh, in, in your opinion, yeah. in, in, this is great stuff. Thank you, uh, Jimmy, for coming on. In your opinion, do do we do we have the verdict on the KTM 350? Do we know that this isn't going to work? Or are you going to be politically correct? Or you know, you know what's you know what's funny about that? Yeah, is tell me. I I think like if you go if you if we were in any other type of racing, auto racing, you know, stock cars, indie cars, road racing, mm-hmm. any of that stuff for that matter, um, I think the bike works. You know, because if you go off pure lap time, yeah. You know, you go put Chad on the bike, Dungey on the bike, Bill Poto on the bike, Trey on the bike, Wyndham on the bike. You you put the guys that have won Supercrosses on that bike. Mm-hmm. And their pure lap time around the track, I think, is probably dead nuts about the same as, as their own personal 450. Right. I really do. I think they could probably be within a tenth or two tenths at the most. Um, the problem is... To me, with it not having as much torque in Supercross, especially, is a start. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, if you if you have a track and you nail it perfect and you get lucky and you get a really good start, well, I think there's no disadvantage to it whatsoever. However, doing a perfect start, you know, in 17 races, yeah, yeah, probably not going to happen with 19 other and, guys or 39 and other so, guys. So, you know, I think the 450 is an advantage because you got that torque and get to to the first corner and as you guys well know, I mean, you know, the start in Supercross is I mean, hell man, that's 90% of the race and yeah. if 90% of the time you're starting in let's call it 8th to 11th place mm-hmm. because, you know, you didn't you couldn't get that initial jump and get your elbows in front of the guys that are next to you. You know, you can go as fast as you want on the track, and by the time you get the fourth or fifth or whatever it is, well, guess what? Dungey, Reedy, and, and RV are 35 seconds in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it makes it it makes it really tough. So I think, you know, I think on pure lap time, you can go just as fast. But the problem is getting to the first corner. You know, and if it was a rolling start 
like NASCAR or if it was a standing start like MotoGP or something like that where whatever your lap time was is where you qualified and you were in front of the other 18 guys or whatnot, then I think it's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that torque issue is, to me, is probably the uh, the biggest thing that kind of hinders that bike. But I think the bike's good. It works good. And it goes around track pretty well. And I, I think from a lap time standpoint, Right. You're probably right there with the uh, with the 450, but that start kills you. Uh, let's uh, let's take a call here for Jimmy Button. Mark, you there? Yeah. Hey, congratulations! You win the uh, free Pulpa Mech shirt, courtesy of uh, the Circle Jerkies. So, okay. congratulations on that. Did you get his information? Uh, tits. Sorry, yes, I sent did. him an email. He's okay. gonna respond and whatnot. All right, you win a free shirt for for listening to the show. Thank you. What's your question for uh, Jimmy Button? Well, it's a little business-like, but I, I wonder, how do the riders deal with health insurance when they all face such gargantuan medical bills like Hill and and uh, uh, the guy we were just listening to a little while ago, Chisholm? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, my guys are all set up pretty well. I mean, I, I think every single one of my guys is on uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or Blue Cross Anthem or something like that, and I mean, the the insurance that my guys pay isn't crazy. Now, their disability insurance is astronomical, mm-hmm. but uh, their standard medical insurance, and actually, funny enough, I mean, all the guys that I have, that I'm, you know, that I work with and work for, um, all their medical insurance is actually cheaper than my own. Oh, wow. Hmm. Well, but I'm pretty screwed up too. So, hey, beanbag. What? How about how about you? When you were riding, when you had your injury, how was? Did you learn from that and know it to, to to get your guys because of what you went through? Or yeah, I learned that uh, the second that you get the policy, you sign it and, and send them a check and you FedEx it back to them. <laughs> that's not what I did, and yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, my policy, my disability policy, wasn't put into place. Yeah, so tough, yeah, tough that's lesson the thing that I learned. But you know, all my guys, I try to get them. Yeah, depending on their income level, I try to get them some sort of a of a disability program, so that uh, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid, if it uh, if it all does come crashing down one day at the track, that uh, you know that you're somewhat taken care of. I mean, even if you have a trust me on this one, even if you have a million dollar policy and and you get hurt, you know, let's just say the way that I did, mm-hmm. you're still you're still completely screwed. Yeah, you never you know. know. You never know when a backflip's going to go bad. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, or anything else. You know, I had great health insurance, like regular health insurance. But you know, you get to a certain point and you reach limits, and yeah. uh, and you're trying to go through rehab, and you reach limits on rehab, and you're still not well, and you're still not better. You know, and it starts coming out of your pocket. You know, I I wrote checks. When I was going through rehab every single Friday, I wrote a check for between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars a week, and I did that for a year until Jeez. I ran out of money. Yeah, wow. You know, I was I was completely you know by the time I could walk, you know, fairly good, drive a car by myself, and and get around and not be completely scared I was going to fall over every five feet. You know, I was I was completely broke. I think I had twelve hundred bucks in my name, but you know, I I'd done well and had made some money, but uh, you know. Yeah. Even if you have a couple million dollar policy, it's tough unless, uh, you know, yeah, um, it's just tough. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, can you imagine, both of you guys, uh, uh, all the privateers out there that are racing with zero health insurance every weekend? I, I mean, to me, I can't even, I can't even contemplate 
riding a dirt bike for fun, let alone as a profession with no health insurance. I'm sh- I- I'm with you, but I-, I guarantee you that half the riders don't have anything. That's a good story for you to do, bud. That's a really good story for you to do. That's a great. Well, I, I mean, yeah. Why don't you walk through the pits and, and do a pull? And say, let me see your insurance card. Oh, I don't have one. Well, why not? What happens if you get hurt tonight? Right. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, because oh, because I had to pay for my entry fee. Yeah. No, I know it's scary. It's I think scary. I think I think that they shouldn't let anyone race unless they have in- medical insurance. Not a bad I idea. I think you're 100 percent correct. There's no other racing series in the world that you can ride without insurance. Yeah, I think you I. Can't, you can't. You can't ride freestyle. You can't do a freestyle contest with Red Bull X Fighters or the X Games without full coverage medical insurance. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, you have to provide in, in proof of insurance before you're allowed to do these events. You're telling me these yeah, freestyle guys? Yeah, you can guys? ride the Supercross yeah. and Nationals. You know, I guess you can ride with them. I don't know what the rules are. I've not even looked into that, but I mean, I believe you probably can, or yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure you can. I didn't even know that. Wow. That's uh, good, good on the freestyle guys to do that. That's cool. Yeah, no, tell the brain dude what those guys are doing in the valley. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, good point. You know, and we've been trying, you know, with Road Recovery, with the, with the foundation, you know, we've been trying to we've been trying to implement something for a long time, you know, with the AMA. You know, we looked into doing a, a, a group policy, a group disability policy for every single rider that would race a Supercross or a National on the weekend. You know, and, and really, truly, when it came down to it, what we needed the AMA to do was to uh, to add like a twenty five dollar fee to your licensing fee at the beginning of the year, and we couldn't even get that going and working. So, whatever. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things in our sport behind the scenes is, and I think it's the to the detriment of the sport. MX Sports and Feld are calling shots. And they're promoters, and they're calling shots and making rules and enforcing rules. And I don't think that's good. AMA is no longer around, you know. And I, I'm not. A, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of all that going on. Yeah, I, I think. I think. You know, I think everyone's trying to do their best. Yes. You know, but um, I, and you know, and I'm probably a little more outspoken than I should be when it comes to the whole injury thing, just because of what I've gone through. Um. You know, and we're, you know, from our foundation side, from our recovery side, I mean, we work our houses off during the year to raise as much money as we can. So when someone gets hurt, you know, we can provide for them. I mean, we're, you know, we're doing it for Ian Treadle now. Mm-hmm. You know, he got hurt, you know, career-ending injury, you know, and we're helping him, you know, pay for his rehab and pay for, for getting things up and running and, and just, uh, you know, trying to get him to a position where he can, you know, do what he wants to do and, have a decent life. You know, hey, but, how many, uh, how many, how many uh, members does the AMA have? Oh God, who knows? Uh, what, what do you think, Bud? What, nationally? Yeah. Oh, I can't even. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Million? Where does all, million? Where does, where does all that money go to? I don't even know what those numbers are. Where does all that money go to that they pay to be a member to the to the AMA? Well, it probably goes to. I know it goes. Uh, a lot of the money goes to. Uh, to like legislation and to 
you know, like that lead wall and stuff like that. I mean, you know, they, I'm sure they've yeah, spent they, million, millions to try to get that thing turned someone, back Someone around. said in the chat room, three uh, million. So why... why they if fight the, for your right to ride in a lot of places, helmet laws, yeah. their helmet laws. Yeah. And, yeah. But how about take there's, some there's, of that money? There's a lot of legal stuff. I, I'm sure that, that money, you know, probably the majority of it goes to, I would assume. So let's say this. Let's say you're an AMA ride. You, you get hurt at an AMA race and your career's over and you're you're a paraplegic and you're stuck in a wheelchair the rest of your life. And you're out at a race, putting racing for the AMA and Feld, do putting on a show like you were doing. You you do get some sort of coverage, but it's pretty weak. Uh, let me ask Button, what 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 yeah. did Feld give you, or Clear Channel, or Live Nation give you, besides like saying here here's five or ten grand? Is that really well, enough? I mean, you get like um, you get policy. I think total disability, like I got, I think it was. 15 or 25 grand or whatever, you know, that we pretty much pissed through that in the first five minutes in the uh, surgical <laughs> ICU. Yeah, but, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, the the amounts that you get just don't last because, you know, what's uh, what's charged is just completely astronomical. So this is going back to the whole deal is why we need a riders union for the riders. Yeah. I mean, we, we need something, whether it's called a union or a league or, or whatever it is, there needs to be something to to help with the riders, you know. I think it would be, you know, I don't know if it's a profit-sharing, you know, scenario or, or, or something like that, but there's got to be a way to to help these guys, especially when they get hurt, you know, because they are. They're putting on a show for millions of people, whether it's, you know, the people that are live or if it's the people that are watching on TV. And around the world, I mean, these guys are putting their lives on the line, and, and uh, you know, unfortunately, they get hurt. You know, and sometimes they don't get hurt at the at the racetrack. Sometimes they get hurt practicing yeah. during the week. But um, these guys are putting on on a on a great show and, and risking everything for it. And you know, when it does go terribly wrong, you know, and, unless you've made good money and can set yourself up and have good insurance, you know, disability insurance and whatnot, and some other things. I mean, it's you know. It's a uh, it's a tough deal, you know. It can bankrupt. It can very easily bankrupt an individual or or a family, for that matter, pretty easily. You know what's really sad is if if and there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that that we've talked about here and there in regards to the riders getting together. But you know what's really sad is that if you had, hey guys, we need a thousand bucks a year from everybody that I don't know makes a night show or or whatever. We need five hundred bucks from everybody. You would have. Some pretty good guys probably not paying that. You know what I mean? And that's sad. No, you would have a massive amount of guys that wouldn't pay it that were making massive salaries. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, but those are the guys that are going to come back and want help when they're or whatever. Jacked. I'm just saying I, I don't like the rider. I don't like the odds of all these riders. I, I hope it happens. Don't get me wrong. Hope it happens. It needs it. I don't like the odds of this thing happening. The riders are too... Too much, too too much competitors. Too much self-centered. The they, rumor, you know. the rumor on the street is you're going to be on the board of directors for that, Jimmy. And I, and the, I, I already want to name name it what it's going to be called, and it's going to be called a league of our own. <laughs> you like that, buddy? Well, no, no, no one's reached out to me on it, but I would certainly, uh, if someone reaches out to me on it, I'll certainly sit down and talk to them because yeah, I we need something. I mean, you know, we. Again, I kind of go back to the foundation, but, you know, myself and, and Bob Moore and, and Walker and my mom and, you know, all of us, I mean, we work 
so hard to raise, you know, in what's the big scheme of things, kind of a little amount every single year. I mean, you know, it's crazy to me because I go to other fundraisers for uh, for other industries, and you know, I go to a uh, I go to a fundraiser for one night that's a dinner, you know, and they raise three and a half million dollars, you know, and in wow. ten years, and in ten years, we've you know we've raised like. You know, I think 1.8 million, and we've and we've given out like 1.2 million in uh, in money to riders. You know, so it's it's frustrating to me that see that you know people are so giving when you know they can go watch a comedian for 30 minutes talk about you know basically stupid shit, and they'll you know they'll they'll shell out ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a plate, but you know we go ask you know people to donate a grand or donate 500 bucks or whatever, and they look at us like we're trying to. Yeah. You know, steal from uh, steal from the poor when you know we're just trying to help the uh, the guys out when they get hurt. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, well, hey man, so, th- thank you hey, for I coming. Got, on. I gotta say something. Yep. Gotta say something. That Kenny and Carrie always are super solid to us, and much appreciation to that. Oh, but that was nice of you. You know that's bullshit. <laughs> no, it's not. Dude, and, you hooked up those guys. Yeah, we try. I mean, Kerry, you know, because Hart, that's something that he, he's always made a point to do is to work with, with your guys' recovery. And, you know, he's been in that position where he's almost, you know, when he got hurt at the Boom Boom Huck Jam, where he was almost, when it was almost a career-ending injury. Well, it was for four years. He didn't compete or do anything. So mm-hmm. for him to, to be able to give back a little bit, uh, I think that's what he wants to do. So... You know, a lot of people misunderstand our program and they think that we're just, you know, a bunch of, you know, tattooed idiots out there just trying to, you know, have dancing girls and do that. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's, it's you know, heart and honey, we give blah, back blah. to the industry. Blah, blah, blah. We, we, supply, we, we supply some jobs. We give riders an right. opportunity. And we, we do give back. And that's a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand also the... You know, and we represent. You know, we represent H and H and the team and whatnot. And you know, a lot of people do. You know, talk whatever that they the fact that they talk to these industry people. But you know, Carrie's program is one of the easiest programs to sell. You know, they yeah. got big corporate money. They're going to have even more of it next year. Um, you know, and really doing cool activation. You know, bringing in sponsors and doing other things with hospitality. And I mean, that's what's all about. I mean, we 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 need to get it to where. You know, every single team has a has a semi for hospitality. I mean, that's what we need. We need to get people out to these events that, you know, that are spending money on their kids and their kids are having a good time. And you know, Terry and Kenny and the boys over at H and H do a good job when it comes to that. So let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jimmy, and with Kenny sitting right here, do you think there's people in the industry and I, I, team managers, um, gear guys, um, people like that, that at this point in 2011 still don't look at Hart's team as, like, legit? Totally. Really? they're idiots. Really? You really think so? Yeah, and, it, and the thing is, here's the deal. The one thing you'll find about motocross, I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, pardon me, but I do think there's a lot of ignorant people mm-hmm. that have some positions in this sport that probably shouldn't. <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot of it is that it's just a bunch of old-school mentality. And they don't really understand the business aspect of marketing and whatnot. Right. Dude, what what Carrie and and Kenny do with their team, they do a great job for their sponsors. 
you know, it's not always it's not always about being like Mitch, you know, and winning every single race. I mean, there's there's aspects of that, you know, in, in every sport you'll see that, you know, there's, you know, in F1 there's the Ferrari and the McLarens of the world and now the Red Bulls of the world where it's about winning and this and that. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of sponsors that want to be there and want to be entertained and want to be involved because it's a great sport, it's a good family sport, and it's going to sell the products. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not always about winning every race and being on the podium and, you know, going through the laundry list of who the sponsors are. A lot of times it's about the environment. It's about the, you know, the the whole atmosphere of being around motocross and being around these younger group of people. You know, and I think a lot of people just don't, they still don't get that. They're still with that's, that same mentality from the 80s that, you know, you win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, that's it's, really sad. It's not like that. It's, a, it's about marketing your companies and, and, and marketing it to your your core demographic, and some people don't get it. You know, you know uh, yeah. this is what, when I first started there, this was Kerry Hart's mentality to me. He said, 75% or 80% of the people that come to the motocross race will go home, and in two months, they're not going to remember who won the race, but they're going to remember what the experience they had at the races, if it's sitting in the stands, sitting next to someone get, getting drunk, or it's going to be wow. walking through the pits, coming by our truck, getting an autograph, being you know letting letting the spectators come behind the tent and meeting the riders, sitting there, giving them a bottle of water, giving them a hot dog, bringing them into our program. And he said, "That's what I want to do because people won't remember who got third or fourth or even second or even one, maybe, mm-hmm. but they're going to remember that the experience. They're going to remember the experience mm-hmm. exactly. And that's 100%. what we try to that's what we try to sell. And you know, I'm not trying to like I always say, I'm never trying to disrespect other people's program because I know there's a lot of teams out there that just scratch their head at our team and go, I sp- spend millions of dollars. And do you think I, though? I know so. Like." Like I don't look at you, don't take this the wrong way. As a media guy, you're you're not going for wins. You know what I mean? Like you're there, you're gonna race, you're gonna put in good performances, you got good riders, but your presence blows these people away blows a lot of people See, away. But that's I think some of like Jimmy said, there's a lot of old school people that But how are could there. you not go to the supercross race, look at your program from the outside, stand there for five minutes? Because there's old school people that just don't get it. They don't, they don't get, get it. it, and they're they irritated just... and they're pissed off that the fact that they're not winning. And I'm talking about other team is, owners. All they see is the podium. I'm talking That's about other team owners. They all, all they see is I don't have number one place. I don't have this. Right, right. And really and truly, it, it's like uh, it's like when you talk to someone, they just don't get it. It's in one ear and out the other. And I, I think it's the same with with uh, with these people that look at it and go, hmm, that doesn't make sense. And then they just walk away scratching their heads. I mean, yeah. there's there's a team out there that I know that's thinking that right now. Why uh, why are why did they get this over us a deal? Well, at the end of the day, when you put down, um, you know, in our proposal and in, in our deck, what we have to offer: social media, marketing, you know, right. appearances for, you know, it it, it helps. It's total that, execution, it's total execution of sponsorship. That's what it, see. A lot of teams are all about, okay, guys, they go into the sponsor and they talk to them. They're like, all right, we're going to put you really big across our chest. Here's where you're going to go on the bike, and here's where you're going to go on the team shirt, and here's what we're going to do on the semi. Awesome. Okay. 
Right. Well, how are you going to execute that sponsorship? How are you going to actually bring us value? Because the only thing you're doing there, shit, we can go buy billboards on Interstate 15 right. for cheaper than that and, and to give exposure. What are you going to do to execute? And that's what you have to do. you gotta, you got to execute with these sponsors. you got to bring these sponsors in. you got to bring their families in. you got to bring the the vendors of these sponsors to the races and entertain them. That's what it's all about. I mean, this is, you know, racing is a business. It's a total business. And all we're doing is, is doing a, uh, you know, a show for, for people all across the world. So, you know, that's um, something that, again, it just goes back to that mentality of, uh, you know, everyone in box fans and you got to win or you're not going to get to the next race or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, I that. mean, there's a reason why Metal Militia is coming into the sport, too, with a full team. They see it. Yeah. They see it. They get it. You know what I mean? And they're, they're not coming in there. They're, they're coming in there to, to get their brand out there, to get Metal Militia in, in the front, and they're going to go do a team. And you know what? I'm pumped, and I'm excited to see them out there, too, because mm-hmm. they're going to activate. They're going to do the same exact thing we are probably at their level. And it's just going to bring more spectators, more yeah. people, and more involvement. And it's just like it's Jimmy said. It's it's of you, course we want to win, and we're trying yeah, to get better course. riders. No, no, not, I don't mean that. I'm not saying that you're not trying to win, but you're you know that's not you know one team that really gets it, and I'm around them a lot. JGR, dude, they have so many tours of their truck stuff to give away. Fans well, coming by. Look where yeah. they came from, dude. Yeah. Coy's been around the NASCAR scene. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's, those, dude, yeah. that's it in a nutshell right there. You've got to entertain. I got one got word to, to say. Dude, look at NASCAR. I got, wait, if but, you win one race a year, dude, you killed it. Hey, I got like, one word to say. Murdered it. I got one word to say about our sponsor, JGR. No, I got two words to say. Ready for this button? Dad, yeah. dad. <laughs> dad, dad. There it is. <laughs> Without dad, dad. No, I'm just kidding. JGR, those guys do get it. Yeah, they and, get it. And and you know what? Hats off to Coy and J-Bone. Those guys do a good, good, good job yeah. at what they do. I mean, they're pretty much in the same boat as me. They they, they want to win, but yeah. they also, you know, dude, what other motocross team do you see on TV doing a commercial? Yeah, no. Yeah. They do the radio shows all the time, dude. Five o'clock sure. in the morning, they're there. You know? That's actually... Uh, sure. That's uh, a little bit more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, let's take a phone call here. Uh, Thor dude, you there? Yep. Well, you got a question for Jimmy? Jimmy, Cyan Millville. Yeah, buddy. Do you miss it? What's that? Do you miss it? Do I miss it? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll tell you what I miss. I miss, I miss the paycheck. <laughs> I miss the part that if you aren't riding good, that you can simply just put in more effort and it pays off. Like, I miss that part of it. But, uh, and then I miss just going out to uh, to the hills. And, you know, I, I would kill to, to be able to call, you know, MC and Factory and, you know, and Rhino and those guys out and say, hey, guys, you want to go out to the hills after it rained and, and go hit some jumps? That part I missed. That's so fun. But, um, you know, I, I I certainly wouldn't miss having to scrub every single jump and, and ride like these guys have to do these days to win because you know, these guys are at such a level right now. You know, it, it amazes scrub. me every time I'm at a race. I just simply watch. I watch all these guys race their whether you're in first place or 20th place, these guys are going fast and they're all super talented. And, you know, 
you have to work a lot harder now to be up front than you did when I was racing. I mean, yeah. Hell, go, go, go watch the Trailblazers video and you'll see Bacon. how slow we were. <laughs> What's that? Tell me about Bacon. What's he, the, who? He's your boy. Baggett. He's your boy. Baggett. You're, you're repping him? Yeah, what about is him? He, is he the next thing? I I certainly would like to think so. You know, I um you know, I saw Blake when he was riding amateurs and you know, I signed him uh I signed him right when he came out of the amateur ranks, you know, when he uh he did a couple races at uh at Southwick and Still City and I signed him there and um you know do you find I don't him, think though? a lot of I don't think a lot of people saw what I saw in him. I think people are probably seeing it now. But uh, I think the kid really has it. I think that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long, long time. And uh, the kid wants to win, you know. And uh, sometimes he gets there, sometimes he doesn't. But you know, he's done really great this year. And I think next year he's going to be really, really strong to have a full year with Alden and have a full year with PC. I think uh, I think 2012 is going to be pretty special for the kid. You also signed uh, Rat Ray. How, how do you yep. feel about that? Uh, I'm I'm still stoked on on Tyler. Tyler's one of those guys. He uh, he works hard, and he's you know he's one of the most consistent, just solid guys that there is. You know, and you know he's going to be there week in week out. And you know, if a few things go his way here and there, you know the guy's going to win uh, going to win some championships. And you know, other than that, he's just you know he's a good person. I really like his family, like his wife and uh, and his his mom and stepdad. I mean, I get along with everyone really well and. Um, yeah, he's uh, just South great to work with. South I'm happy about it. Southwick was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Southwick's his track, so um, it was good to see him have another win there for sure. Thanks hey. for the call, buddy. Hey, uh, stay on the line, Thank Thor, you, dude. Stay on, the li- stay on the line. All right, hopefully he stays on the line. Uh, he's going to win a shirt. Good call. Jimmy, uh, I'd love to talk to you longer. Uh, we got to run. Um, yeah, no, I- I've only got Kenny's attention for only a little bit longer. So, um, uh, we got to go, but thank you for coming on the Pulp Show, man. Always interesting, always a great conversation. Always goes deeper than I thought it would with you. Always, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're always, we always get on some deep subjects that yeah, you're pretty smart about, and, and I like it. It's good, good times. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been around this, uh, this circus for a long time, yeah. so. Yeah, no doubt. I'm talk about, but, uh, I'll, uh, Kenny, talk to you soon. Right, and Steve, back. I'll see you at uh, I'll hey. see you at Still City on Saturday. Okay. Well, hold on a second. Let's see if you recognize this voice. That's so funny. Who was that? Ooh. One more time. One more time. One more time. That's so funny. Come on, that's dude. So funny. That's funny. That's familiar, but I can't get it. Come on, dude. Me, uh, Who would say that? Who would say that? One of your old boys that you could call to go riding in the hills. Go ahead. Hold on. I'll turn it up a little bit. I'll turn it up a little bit. Factory. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That's factory. That is factory. <laughs> you hey, like that sound? Yeah, I saw, huh? and again, getting back to those old races, and we, we got to go, but I got to tell this story. They interviewed Factory when he was on a Suzuki. I don't know what number he was, but they interviewed him in the pits. The guy could not have sounded more laid back. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> I was just like, geez, Phil. They asked him, like, could he win? And he was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> it's just was so funny. Fact. Yeah. Thanks, Button. Bye, guys. Talk Better be back. See ya.
Uh, Jimmy Button, uh, former factory rider, uh, good guy, and always, um, always a good conversation for sure with Jimmy. Uh, let's let's get this thing wrapped up a little bit, Kenny. We're going long tonight, um, but we got to get through some th- some segments right now. Um, tits, do you have queued up? Uh, stump the tits. Let's do stump the tits. What about? I thought I thought you guys had some voicemails or something. We got voicemails. Yeah, we got voicemails. Will tits know the All right, three questions for tits. Uh, his moto knowledge has been surprisingly good. We're trying to make the questions a little harder. We want him to guess. We want him to get it wrong, but he keeps surprising us. So you got the buzzer ready there? That's all you're going to need, just buzzer. Uh, I'm not going to need the buzzer. All actually, you'll need is buzzer. I've got Kenny, both ready. will Tits know this question? Will he know the name of the dealership that was one of Jeremy McGrath's prime backers in 1997? No. No, hell no. Chaparral. Yep. Yeah. Buzz yourself. 97? No. 97. No, it was Yamaha or Suzuki at Troy. Yeah. Yeah, but no, not Chaparral. Well, it's close enough, right? No, Suzuki Troy is not close enough. No. Whatever. Buzz yourself. Will Tits know the name of the rider who wore number 100 on a Yamaha Troy YZ125 that immediately won the first two Supercross championships of his career? No, the first one, sorry. No, hell no. Two questions. Who's the rider who wore number 100 for Yamaha Troy and won a title his rookie year? And what country is he from? That would be Ernesto Fonseca. Wow. From Costa Rica. <laughs> he got Tits, it. Yeah. Yeah, he got it. Uh, th- will Tits know all three members of the 86 Motocross the Nation's <laughs> dream team? No, no way. John Yomera, David Bailey, and Bob Hanna. Ah, close, close. No. It wasn't Hanna. It was not Hanna. Rick was Johnson? Ricky Johnson. I was going to say Jeff Ward, yeah. My bad. You were going to say Jeff Ward. They're all Honda guys. 86, this nation's was that the, Is that the year Osho yeah. rode the 125? Yeah, yeah. Kind of a legendary team. Tits, only one out of three this week. Yeah, well, sorry. Dude, I, I'll give it to you. I, I was very surprised on the Ernesto one. Yeah. Suck I, it. I, I'm, I'm making them a little harder. Bro. Bro. <laughs> um, hey, 702-586-7857. Give us a call. You, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up, but if you've got a question for myself or Kenny or even for Tits uh, or my wife, she's around here somewhere, uh, give us a call. Let's it do- was 98 when MC was on Chaparral, right? It was 98, yes. Okay. Uh, let's, do the, let's do the BTO Sports News. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from BTOsports.com. It's the Tweets at Tits Q&A segment where your twatted questions find answers. And these are your questions on Twitter directed towards at Titch Legendary, at Pulpomex Show. Uh, questions for myself and Kenny. Tits calls through them, gets the best one, and hits us up. So uh, what do we got? All right. Uh, DV had openly criticized the qualifying procedures since uh, Michael Satil had got the you know, the fastest 450 qualifying thing. Do you agree with him? And if so, what would be a better process? What? Okay. What, what, I don't even know what he did. What did he do? What did DV do? DV didn't do anything, but this weekend in Southwick. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know what happened. 
Yeah, the guy, guy the yeah. some whatever. So what, what was so wrong with that? The guy kicked ass. Well, DV's saying it needs to change. Why? Because yeah. that guy shouldn't have the number one gate pick because he was just lucky enough to go out in the first practice when the track is smooth. That's the way it rules are rules. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, uh, DV, Next question. DV doesn't agree with it, but. All right, fine. I mean, whatever. I, I don't know. DV's not going to have the rules changed. They're going to go, okay, David, cool. <laughs> I like David, but that's just the way it is. Uh, well, they did. That's like me going to them and telling them to they change They did the try to change it up this year by sending the chicks out very first to rough up the track. But, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out. So, um, Nash. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. What's up? Calling from, the, calling from the Jersey Shore at 1230. Yeah, it's late, bro. Are you yeah. all right, Nash? I was worried about you. The hurricane take you down? <clears throat> Dude, it, was, it sucked. I got... I had to go home, back to my house, leave the beach. It sucked. But thanks for asking, Kenny. Um, I got a question, and we need an Ivan update. What's going on with Tedesco? Uh, he hasn't started riding yet, so uh, we're looking at Ivan to be back on the bike probably in the next few weeks, and uh, he'll be ready to go. He thinks he can go ride, but we're just taking our time because we uh, – eight, we eight weeks be anything. Best in the world. Pretty Is that much. It? No, four months. What was it? Well, he's just worried. Like, his doctors are worried about. Like, they're the same guys that did Grant's knee, and they're thinking if he comes back too soon with the surgery <laughs> that he could tear it until it's healed 100%. So there's no really rush to get him back going. I mean, if you ask him, he could ride two weeks and go ride and, and do what he got to do, but yeah. we're not going to take a chance with him. Well, by all means, anybody knows that you got to rest and get ready and do what you got to do. I just saw the ad of him with a helmet cam, and I was like, hey, what the heck's up with the desk go? So, of course, Kenny, you know what's going on, as always. Yep, well, there you go, Nash. Nice. Hey, did you, did you guys have to put uh, Tits in an ice bucket because he was so on fire for Dungy after Dungy's sick ride this weekend when he came to the studio? Get the ice him down. I, uh, I think he's a little hurt that Dungy doesn't want to do the show. Like, maybe, <laughs> why wouldn't Dun- maybe Dude, Tits why thinks wouldn't- that Dungy – Associates himself with guys like me and Kenny. When actually, dude, I guarantee you, I can get Dungey to do the show if I called him and asked him. Will you please? You know what I was thinking? Do everyone a favor. Just remember, remember when we were at Washougal and everyone's like, "Dude, we can't get Dungey to do an interview." I, I don't can't. remember that. But yeah, that's what and I walked me. right into his. Put it up online. You can see my Ryan Dungey interview. No, I know you did it's one, but epic. I don't. I don't remember anybody saying, "Oh, you can't do it." Have you seen it. it, tits? I watched the interview. Yeah. See that? I can um, get Ryan Dungey. Why don't we do this for one show? I've been thinking about this. This might be fun. You want fun. me to get the guest? You get all the guests. One show. You get everybody. And we oh see what God. you do. We okay. see who you get. All right. We'll do it after Paula. Because we'll I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be around next weekend. Next week. Next okay. week. I'm not going to be on the show next week. Um, Kenny, Kenny, could you get Josh Hanson on the show? No, I'm not going to say shit. But I'm going to... We just, we just make it an all-Kenny Watson show. Like, just you... <clears throat> You can't. You you not only get the guests, you 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 the sponsor reads. You carry it. You know. No, I'm not going to do all that. Oh, I'll okay. get the guests. I don't okay. want to do all that. <laughs> That's because I'm not good at yet at doing that. So I'll I'll get the you guests. get the guests though. You'll line yep. them all up. Yep. I won't even make a freaking phone call. I'll get Nothing. the guests. <clears throat> Why wouldn't Dungey? I mean, I know the answer. How about this? Question. How about we get one? We'll we'll get one day, a blast from the past, and then we'll get a good uh, like a new guy. Like one of the top guys. You gotta get three. Okay. Yeah. No problem. We usually do three. So. Okay. No problem. But they can't be dudes right. that you know. They can't be like dudes that 
that I that we get all the time. No, like, no, there'll be. There'll, you, can't there'll get, probably be you can't get Jimmy Button, for example. Like he's he's out. You gotta be like unique, good guests. Okay. Hey, Kenny, could you get Rhino? Steve's not a fan. But he's already been, he's already been on the show. Yeah, Rhino was just on a few weeks ago. Yeah, he wasn't on that oh, long you're, ago. You're right. I totally spaced out. There. It's twelve thirty. Nash, you're tired. It's all eleven thirty, right. but it's all right. No, it's twelve thirty where he is. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. I'm with all the all the mental patients from the Jersey Shore. Uh, all right, Nash. Thanks, bud. Thanks, yourself, bud. Yeah. All right. Next question, Tits. Let's. let's all right. What, what uh, we got? Three different people asked this. Um, what's the rule? on having additional bikes to swap out or why can't you do that or whatever. Obviously this they is in reference to Dungey's yeah, deal. Yeah, they, they don't have that rule. They don't? No. So they could have Dungey could have had No, if you have right. the rule or you can't have you can't have The rule is you tech a bike in the morning and or the next the day before whatever they do it at the outdoors, you tech a motorcycle. You can use another bike through practice. Uh-huh. But after you use it, after you go through one practice, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. You you have to ride that bike. So you can't if let's say something happened. You, you can have tech to declare a bike. You have to declare. You got to declare bike. it when you go. Okay. Now that being said, what are you or are you not allowed to change on the bike throughout the day? Is it just the frame? Is pretty much the only thing. That if you change a frame, you got to go to the AMA and say, "Hey, we changed the frame. We need a new sticker and, and we need new." But you know. pretty much everything. And if you else go there and you tell them yeah. that, they're going to make sure that you change the frame, not just just yeah to get a new sticker. Yeah, exactly. They're going to go, "Hey, let me see the old frame." Let me see the number on the old frame to match it with the number that you teched, and then yes, we will give you a new uh, a new sticker. Do you know why? Like other than the what rule are you set, the AMA guy now? Whoa, whoa, whoa! These are questions that people had. Why, right. why? Other than they say you can't, but what's the? Do you know the foundation behind why you can't have more than one bike? No, I don't know the foundation behind that. No. Okay. I don't know the foundation. We went to the same class on that one. Whatever. Hey. I don't know. Don't make faces. Anyway, um, Rick the Rocket asks if you guys know anything about this quote-unquote revolutionary new 2012 CRF that's being used in Europe or going to be used in Europe. Do you know anything about it? I don't. Uh, I asked uh, Roger Roger Harvey, the Honda guy, the head Honda guy racing Honda Europe. I think his name is Roger Harvey. Saw him at Lomo. Seen him every GP in Disney Nations. Good guy, uh, real honest too. Real like like real uh, an English guy that's like super cool to talk to. I said, hey, what's this deal about a new bike? I heard he's like, we're racing the same bikes next year. I said, really? Because I keep hearing you guys have some new bike coming out. We're racing the same bikes. All right, perfect. Next okay. question. <laughs> okay. Uh, Crasher Burn wants to know. Tits, what do you think Kenny gets for guests? Who do you think? Uh. Dude, I guarantee you, it's it, he doesn't. He forgets about it till ten minutes before the show. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're wrong. I'm gonna do my homework. And I'm gonna get guests that blow your wig back. Hopefully, any, one of them is Dungy. Any any guests? I'll blow this. It'll be the best show ever with guests, <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. I like it. The only bad thing about that is that if it is true and it's the best show ever, you got to keep doing it. Ah, I can't do it all the time, but I'll keep doing it. But I can't <laughs> do it all the time. Let me guess. You're gonna get Kyle Lewis. Nope. You're going to get uh, Ray Crum nope. and Deegan. No. Come on, guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Blast no. from your past there. Nope. <clears throat> All right, Tiss, next question. Birdwell, Clowers, and Tilton. <laughs> okay. Will, th- this is from Crasher Burn. Will Anstey get another decent ride, or is this going to follow him around, or what's uh, yeah, your, what's your guess um, on his future? 
He's going to ride CLS. For, I talked to Mitch Payton about this this weekend. He's going to ride CLS Cowie for the rest of the year. But then it sounds like he's done. Um, they're just over the dad. I guess the dad's a loon ball, in the words of Dan Dunes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he'll get a good ride. He's a good rider. So he'll get something. You know, there's always that. And there's a question in the voicemails that I did want to get to. I want Kenny to answer. I think it's a good topic. Um, so we should get to those voicemails uh, ASAP. I want your opinion on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll just have a couple more then. Um, this is from Elemental Fee. He asks, has Goose lost his magic? How come so many mechanicals this year? That was his question. Because he doesn't have Berluti there as his right-hand man. That's why. Oh, man. I don't really agree with that. I do. Okay. He never had – when Berluti was there helping him, they never broke. Ouchtown population, you bro! They have um, – Berluti had a rider for a lot of times. I mean, he didn't wasn't you know when it wasn't like he helped Goose exclusively or anything. He did help. If you go back and look at the history of Suzuki, when Berluti had a rider, he had Ivan. Ivan was out when Ricky was there. Almost the whole nationals. He worked with Goose, building his bike during the week, and he was Goose's guy in between the races, servicing. Nah, I, I don't think any of this <laughs> stuff can be blamed on Goose. I'm not blaming Goose either, but I'm just saying maybe right. that's right. Thank I don't, you. you know, I don't think it. I don't think it's anything in particular. I just think it's dirt bike racing. It's like funny car racing. It could blow up at any time. They're trying to get every ounce of, you know, horsepower and everything out of those bikes, and things happen. Okay, uh, Fender Slap wants to know if there's ever been an incident like the Dungey thing before, where it's been, you know, as late as it was that the guy started the race. I've never seen it. I've seen guys get to the line right as the gate drops, you know, uh-huh. uh, pull up there, like Larry Ward at a Supercross a couple times. Yeah, I, only time I can remember it is, and this was, you could ask Wyndham if we ever get him on the show again. What do you mean if we ever get him on the show again? We were at. But you couldn't get Wyndham. We were at uh, Sacramento, and Wyndham's bike broke, and Allie yeah. took it. For, they went on the parade lap, yeah. and we came back, and we're sitting on the gate. And they're holding the gate. This was what Ryan Dungey wishes would have happened. There's like a two-minute rule. And they held the gate for like ten minutes. And I start freaking out. And I was like, hey, if this was my guy, you guys would have dropped the gate ten minutes ago. (laughs) This is bullshit. And Duke Duke goes, yes. I go, it's bullshit because you're holding it because he's a factory guy and blah, 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 blah. And they just gave me the Heisman to shut up, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. We don't give a shit what you're saying. And I was pissed. Oh, the battles you and Duke would have, I bet. Oh, God. Duke Finch? Oh, good one. Get him as a guest, Kenny. <laughs> what do you think about that one? Duke Finch. You know what one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my lifetime, though, was? I, 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 this boggles my mind. Speaking about starts, mm-hmm. Mammoth Mountain Motocross. Uh-huh. My friend, Matt Wallace, rode a CR-125, 1996 CR-125, two years ago in the Open Intermediate class and pulled the biggest hole shot of mankind over the 450s on the back of the bike going up the hill and hole shot of the dudes. I was thinking when Button was talking about the 450, but the 350, I'm not buying that because I think if you're a starter, you can start on anything. Look at Michael Lessie and Short. They started up front a lot this year. Short was was always up there. Lessie last summer was getting terrible starts. I'm talking about Supercross. I'm talking about Supercross. Oh, sometimes but, they did. Sometimes they did. But yeah. I'm just telling you, 
that 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 just made me think about when I was sitting on the line on the one twenty five pingers. Right. How Matt Wallace hole shot it, but okay. there you go. All right. Great story. There you go. Great story. Okay. Last question. Gavin MX asks Kent what the deal is with the Dodge Durango commercial towing two Honda CRFs on a trailer or something like that. You know what he's talking about? Uh, I have no idea. I've never seen it. Okay. I guarantee you from from 2012 on, you're going to see Dodge Durango's pulling green bikes. Stamp it. Stamp, Stamp it. it. That's old news, right? You yep. going to get that call or no? Just going to leave it? Mm, no? Just leave it. Okay. Um, what what uh, Dodge com- commercial was he talking about? Any Dodge commercial, if they do anything with motorcycles, they'll, you'll probably see them yeah. with Kawasaki's. Okay, yeah, there's some sort of union going on? Yeah, some there's, sort of there's, synergy. Some, there's some kind of work in the, in the, in the, okay. some work in the hey, making. Everybody, don't forget to XCO 2011 if you want to get 30% off X-Brand goggles. Um, we've got a back-to-school sale going on. X-Brand, Sweet, XCO yes. 2011. Back-to-school. So if your kid needs to wear goggles to school, you know where, you know where to buy them. <laughs> you know where to get them. Uh, uh, BTOsports.com, JGRMX, FMF Racing, AGV Helmets, Works Connection, Vivint Home Automation, Tech One Designs, Fly Racing, Kicker, and Free Gun have all come on board. Um, we... we and and let's and let's talk about that race, Kenny. Uh, Live Fast Cup, fueled by Monster Energy, up in Reno, Nevada, I eighty uh, East exit twenty eight, September twenty third and twenty fourth, ten thousand dollar pro purse Friday and Saturday night. It's gonna be a cool race, Kenny. Yeah, it's gonna be cool, and you know they have a big amateur day too. So I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, if you're driving from Utah or you know Nevada or you know Arizona, you're gonna have to head that way through the uh, I-80. And if you're on your way to the Dodge Cup, um, the big Dodge race that's going on in Sacramento, dude, stop there over the weekend and and check that race out. It's gonna be a good time. They're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of shenanigans going on. Bikini contest, uh, best whip contest, uh, live music. You name it, man. Ten thousand dollar purse. You're probably gonna get some pretty good, pretty fast guys. Yeah, I think I think what they said it's like maybe four grand a night to win, and there's two nights, so you could walk out of there with eight grand. Eight thousand dollars, tits. That's a lot of money. A lot of iPad twos, bud. Yeah, it is. Wait for next year. Are you coming back next year, tits? (laughs) For twenty twenty twelve. If you'll have me, I'll be here. What the hell are you gonna ask for for payment? I can't. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm stepping my game up. What do you want? Uh, well, we can talk about that off the air. No? Confidentiality. No, let's talk about it now. <laughs> Is there an iPad 4 coming or 3? Three? 3, right. Are you going to get one? No, uh, probably not. Okay. You need a new iPhone. That's what it will be. Uh, that hopefully will be out in September, October. So you're not going to wait for January to get paid for that? You're going to need the phone ASAP. Mm, I'll, I'll be getting that when it comes out. What could we possibly pay you with? What sort of technology? I don't know, man. Would you like a bunch of free gun underwear? Oh, what right? ever. One free, one pair of free guns every week you get <laughs> for free. For working oh, the show. that sounds absolutely amazing. I'll look forward to that. Let's uh, let's get to some voicemails. The Pulp right. Mac Show, 586-702-586-7857. You can call anytime. Leave a message. What are you laughing at? What's the matter? I'm just looking forward to getting paid in underwear next year. Whatever, dude. How about we do this every show? <laughs> Every sh- you start off every show mm-hmm. with uh, 
two hundred dollars, a two hundred dollar credit every show. Wow. Okay. And Kenneth, uh-huh. every time he's mad at you or uh-huh. you make a mistake, Kenneth deducts ten bucks. At the end of the show, uh-huh. we see what you're left with, okay. and and consequently, if you do good things, uh-huh. we give you ten dollars to the really? pool. Really. And at the end of the show, we add up and we see where you're at. Wow! Think about that—that that ultimate performance. That's uh, you know, that's, that's that's a lot of freaking money. Assuming that I don't screw up. Well, this is it, and, or make Kenny mad. Okay, or make him you, mad. Here's the you question: You both are making me mad right now. Let's freaking go. Play the voicemails. Come on. You guys are arguing. Are you going to pay him in underwear? Where, Who where, gives a shit? Let's go. It's freaking the show's dragging out. Now, People want to get going. To clarify, here. are you mad at Steve or are you mad at me? I'm mad at both of you guys because you're going to argue it. Like you're really going to get paid. You got ten bucks less. Uh, voicemails. That's funny. So I'm listening to the uh, drive and listening to the episode that I had for Loot and uh, Love Big on it. Thank you so much for playing the voicemail with the hillbillies. Like, you guys got to see the on the news in Texas, the chupacabra. Baby, look, it's the chupacabra from racing. Oh, shit, made me spit my coffee all over my windshield. So thanks for that. I needed that in the morning drive. See, and I wasn't going to play that. Yeah, how you going there, jerkies? Sorry, Brisbane. Uh, just. Query on um, Monday night show with um, Kenny blowing up about this Joss Hansen thing about reporting it in the media. I think it's a little bit naive. I think it's, you know, when you think about it, he was complaining about Monster or Toyota not allowing them or contour, allowing them to use their contour stuff. You know, it's very narrow-minded. I think what the media reporting stuff is actually opening the other doors a bit more for people. You know, I think he's sort of contradicting himself a little. But anyway, he's good. All right. Seven on the senior. Toodle pips. Martha Swanson, what's up? Damien from NorCal. Love the show. Uh, Kenny, don't ever apologize for telling stories about your time on the road as a mechanic. That was, that was gold. That was the best part of the show right there. Uh, Mathis, your, uh, your, your show with uh, Bing and Leeds and uh, JT, uh, I had to stop in the middle and just say, how does, how does Ping ask? JT, oh, hey, did you ever have uh, a guy that, that you ever just, your nemesis, who was your nemesis? Who was the guy you battled like? seemed like you came on him every time. And, he, and, and JT answers the question, and you pose the same question to Peach, and he, like, does not want to talk about it. He's like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, maybe, maybe it could have been this guy. I thought that was insane. I was cracking up, totally avoiding the question. That was awesome. Anyway, great show, both of them. Uh, check you guys out next week. I just wanted to say that Kenny is such a dick to Paul Lindsay that it's borderline awkward. I mean, it's funny as shit, but I hope they're good friends because he buses balls in such a dickish way every time you guys have him on the show. That's it. Now, what about that, Kenny? You're really hard on him. Dude. It's Paul. I mean, he's, he's, he's a nice guy. He is? He's a nice guy. And you, 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 last week, my wife was like, Oh my God! I can't believe Kenny talked to him like that. I can't believe Kenny says those things to him. And he seems to take it well. Tits. He he came <laughs> back. He he just he came back on me. He came back when he threw his little he threw his jabs at me too, about oh yeah at least I've won races and you know this and that yeah he he had know. his jabs. But, what, was the whole thing good natured or is it that there's actually some? Dude, underlying... he called. He texted me after and he said, "Hey, I hope there's no hard feelings. We've been buddies a long time." And you texted back, "Fuck off." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like someone else in this room says, I'm heartless. Right. right. So. 
that is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked open. <laughs> it, it got a little uncomfortable. Dude, that is, I don't know if that's more irritating than Fleetwood Mac <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know which I hate worse. Yeah, right. That is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked open. Oh, God. That is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked open. That is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked open. <laughs> I have no hard feelings towards Paul. Paul, being Paul or Cole, we're on the same page. He he understands where I come from, right. and I do not understand where he comes from yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. So, but uh, hey, Lindsay can still suck it. Uh, Pookie Mathis. Yes. Would you like to weigh in on Kenny's treatment of Paul last week or two weeks ago? <laughs> no, I thought it was harsh, but right. Paul took it like a good sport. <laughs> he, he does. Parts of it are kind of funny. He does take it. Yeah. Paul, 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 what, what do you got ass. in that notebook? You don't got no job. <laughs> what are you writing down? What do you got in that notebook? You don't even have a job. You don't even have a job. <laughs> yeah, he does. He passes out neck braces and runs around truck to truck like two hours before practice. Like he sprints truck to truck like the guy's running to the gate. And they take him and they throw him in the back of the truck and put their old one back on. But you know what? You don't have no job. Hey, I'll, I'll give Paul Lindsay the props. If I was running a company and I needed a guy to have passion and work for me, I would hire Paul Lindsay in a second. I will give him that much. All right. Hey, Randy Thanks. from Ukaipa. Yeah, Ryan Denji and Ryan Villapoto are acting like a bunch of three-year-olds fighting over a toy with this whole motocross donations thing. I mean, really, no one gives a shit about what number you're going to have on your bike, guys. So just put your squabble aside and uh, race for the country. Hey, was Ryan Dungey ever say anything about this? He has not. Okay, I didn't think so. And look at the look at the fan club weighing in. That's right. I gotta represent. Whatever. I know everything. Hey man, great job on the show. I listen every weekend. What? Uh, my name's Evan Brown. I'm a new announcer for the. I, I have bought Rob this guy Tomlin, left two messages um, <laughs> on the ATV uh, announcing. Makes sense. Uh, the ATV <laughs> and, uh, It's all coming together now. Great job. I'm an all-time listener. I just got my iPhone, and I'm having trouble turning it on. So because my internet's down at my house. Um, just uh, <laughs> great show, guys. Um, I'm gonna try to call in at ten o'clock. Oh, after ten now. And uh, I was going to try to call in and kind of listen to the show and, and uh, All right, buddy. whatever. Um, great show, guys. Dude, I want to hear. Guy called, I, this I, guy called again with his email and his phone number. Can you give us a drop of him announcing? Like, can he record himself? <laughs> yeah, looks like number 284 on the Can-Am blasting that turn. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he called twice, and he's very funny and, and probably a I good guy. I dig it. That's hot. Um, I like uh, to hear that if guy that, Somebody wants to listen live uh, with their iPhone, download the Tuned In. Is it Tuned In or Tune In? Tune In. Tune In. Tune I In app so. uh, from, the, from the App Store, the, the sh- and enter the show address, and the show address is on the bottom of the show screen. It's a uh, it's a number um, IP address with followed by the name of the show. Hey, Enter that and you can listen to it live. Steve, you know it'd be awesome to have Sinjin announce a dirt bike race. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, that guy, that guy out there riding around, he's riding around like a pussy. Oh God, look at that guy. 
Oh God! Look at that chicken that stands. Oh God! That guy just got his. Oh, that guy just got his ball smashed. That is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked open. Hey, we gotta have. That is the sound of an ice cold Red Bull being cracked people, open. We gotta have some people out there that can mish, mash those, mish, mash those songs together and make like a do a mix. Do a mix. Do like a techno right. mix. No, bad we, idea. We gotta get somebody out there to do that. Some Fleetwood, some Lindsay, maybe a Kenny. Listeners, you've got yeah. your job. If you guys do it for us and we run it, we'll give you something. We'll give you a shirt off tits back. One of tits's headphones. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go. I think the question's coming up, but I want Kenny to answer. Hey, Steve, just listening to your interview with Andrew Short. Got to bust your balls on one thing, though. Why didn't you ask him what bike he was riding? People need to know if he was on the 350 or the 450. Keep us informed. Bye. And I got a few emails about this, and that's why I put this in there. I did a, a podcast with Andrew Short for andrewshort.com, and uh, and he, he we, we talked about his crash and all that. It's a rider's website. Andrew didn't want to talk about what he was riding, how he crashed, this and that, which I mean, which leads leads me to believe, you know, that obviously he doesn't want to talk about it. Kind of makes you stuff look going guilty. On. Well, whatever. He didn't want to talk about it. Um, you know, probably on orders from KTM, who makes him a paycheck, and it's for a rider's website. It's not a sixty minutes investigative piece, so mm-hmm. I didn't pursue that anymore, and that, and that's why I did get some tweets and some emails about it, and this jerky leaving this message. So I want to get it out there. Hey guys, Brian, Boise, Idaho. Had a quick question for Watson. Maybe Mathis can happen on this too. Hey, just listening to uh, Unity wrap up show, and uh, we just kind of goes on a little bit about parents being under the tent, how much that's kind of a pain in the butt. I want to get your opinion on what you guys think of the, the parents staying with the kids, because for me, raising you know, your parents are there, they pay all the money, and then when you turn pro, we're, you know, it's kind of a big discrepancy, and they're supposed to take a back seat, still come, still go especially when essentially they dropped hundreds of thousands of dollars in you. And now i got a kid racing. Uh, you know, what are you supposed to do if they do it to that level? Are you supposed to take a back seat and just let them go be a professional now? Or is it better for the parents to be at the races? I can see how that could kind of be a pain in the butt on both counts. So I just want to get your opinion on that. See what Watson prefers if the parents don't really come out of the truck or if they just are kind of in the stands there for moral support. Anyways, KTO, keep it up. Good work, guys. Later. What do you think, Kenny? What's your stance on that? I mean, we used to have meetings at, at Factory Yamaha before Anaheim won, and we'd be like, hey, w- you know, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, Jimmy Perry, the manager, just keep the parents and the girlfriends and the agents out of the truck because it got crazy. You know, Reed was, was the man. Timmy was pretty good. Villaman. We're like, just if you can keep – nothing against them, but if you can keep them out of the truck, that would be great because it seriously got in our way quite a bit because there would be – you know, Reed would have his posse of six or eight dudes, you know, telling him he's the greatest after every practice. It would never work out. You know, by Anaheim, by Phoenix, it's back to the old, back to the Because no one wants to be the bad guy. Yep. But there what's your to thoughts be that, on There that? always has to be that bad guy. And um, on my camp, I am that bad guy. And what we do is we, we, we set the guide rules, the guidelines to the riders mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is your responsibility, Okay. If you're, I don't want to have to come and tell your wife, your mom, your dad, your aunt, and your uncle they have to get out of the truck. But I will come to you and tell you, and if you don't do that, they are going to be asked to leave the truck. Okay? There's a hospitality area set up for you to go sit over there and talk to them. But this is like, we wouldn't go into their office and sit on their, on their desk 
there's right. guys in here that are trying to work, and you're just it's no other reason that you're just it's there's not a big enough area for you. We designated this area outside for you to to sit. I understand that a lot of parents have had passion and they paid and they're a big part of their kids' program. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is Chris Blos. His dad, Chappie Blos, his uncle's Chappie Blos, yeah, his, his uncle. dad's Bob Blos, his grandmother have been a big part of racing in his career. They know about racing, okay? They don't come into the truck. They, they sit in that area. If, if his dad wants to come talk to Chris, he will go get Chris and they'll walk over that hospitality and sit there and talk. You know, that's one good thing, a structure that we built with our team is that they have to understand it's no disrespect, but we're here to do a job. Right. And if you have an issue and you want to talk to them, that's fine. They're your kid. But you know what? If you have a problem with what we're doing, you could come to me. Yeah. But it's not in the truck or any time. Our sport's a little out of hand with that. Well, the thing is, you, you got you to draw the line. I know, but. And, and you got to draw the but line. But not and, enough people are. Well, that's, that's their problem. Right. They have to. If not, you're gonna. If you have three guys on your team, you're gonna have a mom, a dad, a have girlfriend. Have you had to do that? Yes, you have. You've had I've riders. Had I've had to like... it. It sucks because you have to be the bad guy, but then you just have to explain to them. Listen, this is what the situation here. If Bur- I let Bur- you Bur- come Bur- here, Bur- you probably exploded on oh, people. Oh God, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, he goes. Oh. <laughs> you have to explain Bur- to them if if we let you four people in here yeah. and let this guy this four, guy's people, four people and they're four people. Right. You know what I mean? That's 16 more bodies in this truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you all go sit in the in the riders' lounge, that means it's not fair to the other guys that want to come sit there and relax. Yeah. So there's no place for them. If you go sit in or, or the media, anybody, yeah, the media, exactly. Cool if you get if you're allowed to go in a truck and sit there, there I don't have a problem if someone <laughs> walks in, right. walks in and says hi. That's cool. But you don't walk in and say hi and prop yourself up on the counter and kick your shoes off. That's not – you don't come in there and drop your purse on the on the counter and a backpack and all that crap because, you know what, if everyone did that, yeah. there's no room. So you know what? It's not my responsibility for you to use the bathroom. It's not my responsibility for us to keep your jacket, your coat, and all that crap. Yeah. No, that's not the deal. I uh, – and this could go into the informa- – this could go into the TMI um, department, but I don't use any truck's bathrooms. I use the Porta Johns. When I go, I'm just like, forget it. It's not, it's not my situation. It's, it's common not, courtesy. It's not my truck. It's not my deal. I'm tight with the well, Cali guys. Can I tell you what I do guys. when I go to the races? What? This is what I do. When I go to the races and I got to take a number two, I'll say, oh, the, all the whole JGR team is on the track. They're racing right now. <laughs> so I'll run over to the JGR truck and I'll <laughs> drop a deuce and not flush it and leave it in there yeah, and take l- off. Leave my keeper. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> No, you don't. I do that all the time. You better not do I think that. the Cowie's bathroom is the best. I've done that in the Cowie truck a couple times. Big B, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that's 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 what the deal is. But I'm just saying, you know, like a lot of people have different rules. I know if you go by the PC truck, they have a lot of traffic in and out of there. Yeah. But when it's time to take care of business, they're not in there. What about uh, when you got your rock star in there? Your 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 uh, team owner's uh, rock star wife. It is definitely the doors are shut. And there's a security guard standing at the door. What are you looking out. at me for? It, it, anybody it, see you? And it, it's crazy. Is. Like you know, for 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 our team, when Carrie has his wife there, there's a million people that want to meet her and all that stuff. So I always try to pull like, hey, this is a good friend, can blah blah blah. And I think it happened with Pookie. James Stewart's little brother wanted to meet her more than anything. I didn't even know Malcolm Sorby brought him in and said, oh blah blah, and I'm like, no no no. And I went and said, hey. And she said, okay. Then I went for Pookie and said, hey, my friend's wife's here. It's really, She's like, hey, 
It's not meet and greet hour. That wasn't okay. me. You didn't do that for me. I did do that no, for you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Steve, Steve? I, I thought you it told her. At Anaheim? At Anaheim? You, you, you shot her down, but I don't remember if you did. When, I don't remember if you no, went. I, I went. something that happened earlier in the day. You P.S. I don't care. You don't want to meet Pink. I do want to meet Pink. Okay, then you're never going to meet her then. You made that such a big deal. You'll never meet her then. I, I guess I, I guess that oh, was the you're other. You're the gatekeeper of if I get to meet Pink or not. Yeah, it is. Well, he kind of is, actually. It is. <laughs> what, you, what are you going to do? How, well, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Bump her and do her at Walgreens in I Vegas? I don't any celebrities, okay? <laughs> you, I will find them if I want to meet them. Okay. What are you going to do? Run into the jacket box? Hey, it's pink. I saw Ryan Phillippe and Seth Green. Okay. And Howard. Yeah, those are those are eight those are eight celebrities. They uh, kind of are actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are A list for sure. Yeah. What do we got? Anything else, Tits? Yes. Yeah. Parents on the. Good, so yeah, you 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 do it. You 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 have to. Yeah. You have to. Because if you don't, it's out of control. How many times is Donnie gonna just wander into your truck and not know where he is? I mean, it's going to happen. Question. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's going to happen. Like, hey, Donnie, what's up? Uh, yeah, but Donnie, Donnie <laughs> has been around long enough where he'll come in and talk to Josh about the tracker and watch video, and then he'll leave. He'll go sit out in the hospitality area yeah. with his with his wife and his grand with Josh's grandma and grandpa and his sister and her friends. They 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 all just won't come into the truck. Yeah, Is that they know the, one the rules. That you made cry. It's a difference. It's, yeah, I think there's one, a big one, difference one. that people are raised around racing and they know the rules. Yeah. As opposed to just yeah the jerkies because yeah. you're semi. I mean I've been I've been around it a lot. It a lot of times it's bro central. Yeah, but that's yeah yeah. But it's it's hard. It's hard. Like, like me as a dude, I've been around long enough where I know everybody in the pits. You know what I mean? And I go to your truck sometimes, and I'm just like, oh my god, the flat bills are too much right now. Not not it's not that bad really. Well, I, I mean maybe yeah. All right. Hey, Kenny, just got back from the Powder Mountain race. Thought you guys were going to be up there. Guess not. It was a good time, though. McGrath killed everyone. Um, and I was just watching the pre-show for Southwick, and Paul Lindsay just said that no one's ever won uh, MX2 World Championship and uh, American AMA Lights Championship. But didn't Grant Langston do that? Paul Lindsay's a douche. Anyway, adios, <laughs> see you, babe. Hey, what up, Steve? Kenny, it's Epic Matt. Just calling in. I had a question. I didn't know if I was going to be able to check it out the show tomorrow. Uh, so with the DNFs, Barsha and Reed, with the factory Honda, is there any kind of like a, like a thing in the contracts that will, you'll get paid if it's a mechanical DNF or is it kind of like their SOL? Um, I was just thinking about that the other day, like, if there's any stipulations in the contract saying, you know, if it's a mechanical error, you still get a certain amount of money. I don't know. Uh, well, let's see if you can answer my question, and I'll hopefully. Uh... Yeah, there's nothing in contracts. That, that you, I mean, they, they get paid no matter what, but they just yeah. don't get that big purse money. Yeah. Although I'm sure there's instances in the past where a rider has been hurt via something on the bike, and uh, they've been paid. I mean, some factories do the right thing, you know? Have you ever heard of win bonuses getting paid by a guy for... I guess it's never really happened what, too What much. about Metcalf from last year when, when he ran out of gas? Mm, he would have an overall bonus, I would think. And, he, you know, he, he was only the first moto. Right. So I don't think they would pay him. Who knows? It, are the outdoors only on overalls or is it by each moto? Yeah, I know they're overalls, I think. Can you, huh? Bonuses? Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, Reed was telling me the other day the insurance bonuses, the Lloyd's of London policies, they've gone through the roof. They're crazy. Um, the companies are kind of onto the guys, you know. Like if you're Stewart or Reed, forget it. You know what I mean? It's really hard to insure yourself against winning. I guess they've been obviously paying some of these things out. Have you heard that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we 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 did that last year. We had to insure an Ivan, and I'm going through that. But right that might be all right because I'm, I'm going through that right now, and it's it's uh, it's it's becoming an issue. Still and pricey, yeah. yeah. Because you know what, the the manufacturers are are insurance insurance insurancing. Insurancing, <laughs> insurancing. <laughs> they insure the riders now instead of getting the fact instead of doing the bonuses from Japan. It's cheaper for them just to take out an insurance bonus. I mean, a, a yeah, but policy. Reed's point is that those things are getting crazy. Like, exactly. Like you know, it's the insurance companies are like, oh wait a minute, we're you know we're losing. Well, that's the reason why is because the manufacturers insure yeah. Villapoto. They insure all these guys now, so now these guys are having to pay out, and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not an individual guy insuring himself anymore. Whereas you think back in the day, it was the J- Japanese. OEM right The OEMs the did it. Right. But the, the OEMs got upside down a little bit, so they started to say, hey, we're going to cover some costs a little bit by just, just in case our guys do win. It's yeah. going to save us money. Right. So struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Kawasaki, thanks to Jan from Kawasaki for taking care of the Pulpomex show. SA uh, semifinalists, the three guys are going to get a trip to, to Vegas to watch the Monster Energy Cup flights, hotels, and everything. Pretty cool of Kawasaki to do that. Yep. Don't you agree, Kenny? Yeah, Jan's rad. I've I've talked to her a couple times. Right. Why are you so nosy? Why do you have your phone showing? Uh, my phone's showing. You're you're looking over my shoulder when I'm trying to like read a text. Well, why don't you not worry about what I'm looking at? <laughs> Dude. Dude, for Dude. real right now? It's really uh, crazy. We're talking about bonuses right now, and uh, I'm getting some texts about that right really? now. Really? Insurance them, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to deal with right now insurancing. Insurancing? Insurancing. <laughs> to insure some, see? Uh, this is from Sandra. She works at Wasserman. Is that okay? I know how much it per yeah, As long as you're not uh, showing her pictures of your junk, dude. Ew. He's got photos of his junk on his phone. I We've know, already cleared, We've know. already talked about that. you got to have it ready. You never know when you're going to need it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> hey, uh, let's wrap this thing up. This might be our longest show ever. Uh, Jimmy Button went long, uh, and uh, but a good conversation on that. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Pulp and Mike Show presented by BTOsports.com. Kenny, you're not in next week? Out. Where Where are you? Going to Havasu. Okay, no problem. I guess your check's going to Havasu. It's a holiday, too. dude. Let's do the show Tuesday. What do you mean it's I a holiday? I tell you when they want to be here it's, or not. I know. Labor Day. It's Labor Day. Oh, it is? It's Labor Day. Let's do the show Tuesday. Do the show Tuesday, I'm in. If it's on Tuesday, I will not be here because I have school. Then, we're, then you guys do the show without me. I will be here on Monday if you're having the show on Monday. It's it's a holiday? Is it yeah. a big holiday? It's, it's, you know what? I'll be, like I'll, be you, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll, I'll leave Havasu. I'll leave Havasu. I don't. Really I'm Canadian, and I don't know anything about your stupid holidays, okay? I know remember. Hey, hey, I know we have remembrance. Stupid holidays? Dude, you've been here long enough. We have Remembrance Day, know. okay? We have Canada Day. <laughs> Christmas. All right, the show's over. I'm out. Here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back next week if Steve lets me. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for coming on board. Thank you to our sponsors. BTOsports.com, X-Brand Goggles, JGRMX, FMF Racing, SGV Helmets, Works Connection, Vivid Home Automation, Tech One Designs, Fly Racing, Free Gun Underwear, Kicker. Thank you, Tits. You're welcome. Thank you, Pookie. You're welcome. For coming on a little bit at the end. You look really tired. Um, yeah, thank you. Would you like to go? A nice compliment. Would you like to go see an Aerostar and go drive around a little bit? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, Kenny, thank you for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Justin Barsha, Jimmy Button, Kyle Chisholm, all good guys. 
we may be back next Monday. We may be back next Tuesday. Uh, we may be not back at all. Who knows? Maybe we'll be canceled. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. There's something I want to get off my chest, and it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine, and I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff, and I was totally nude, and it was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Concho, but I just wanted you to know that. If you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Concho.